back, everyone, to another episode of the Factor Podcast. This is episode 237. Take that, Mom. You didn't think I'd get this far. We have first out video game adaptations. Uh, I'm Brandon C. McClure. With me, as always, is Ed Magnet. I am here to get... I, I had something. I was going to say digitized, but no, that's Digimon. Pixelated. There we go. That's what we're going for. <laughs> yeah, we all heard it, right? Heard we that. all heard it. Uh, Ryan. I said pixelated. Wait, what's my last name? Eliopolis. Thank you. Hey, I'm here too. And Sparks Witty. Hi, hi, hi. Are you here to get dick? I am here to get bite-sized. Got there you said, go. Digi- I said digitized. You, you didn't start saying that though. Um, I, anyway, I, I meant digitized. We are here. We are here to talk about uh, live-action video game adaptations. All um, of them. A little later down the episode. Until then, check out the links below, guys, because we got some doozies down there. Some Ooh, description wait. links. Um, oops, I had this ready. I have so many notes. Oopsie poopsie. Keep it going. That's What's the wrong up? page. I found it. Okay, anyway, Vamp. so we got some... Man, I'm going to edit this so good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you can check out link, links, links below is our Fake Dirt's Watch for the Falcon and the Winter Soldier episode four. That's down there. Uh, we recorded episode five. That's going up uh, tomorrow. So check that out. Um, we have a baseball arcade pause menu. Yeah, we totally with, did. With Mike Diver, correct, Ben? Yep, Mike Diver, who wrote this awesome book right here. Ooh. Yeah, we talked. Yeah, we talked about him writing the book. Of course, for the audio about- listeners, it's called for the audio. Crap, sorry. For the audio listeners, it is the book is called Retro Gaming: A Bite-Sized History of Video Games and. Just for added flavor, Byte is spelled B-Y-T-E, you know, kind of like Gigabyte. Cool. So, yeah, uh, he was our first international guest on Base Arcade Pause Menu. He's all, he lives in England. Nice. nice. So it was awesome to talk with him and to talk about video games and a whole bunch of other stuff. So go ahead and take that listen. It's a really fun conversation. I can't wait to have him back on the show. Hell that, yeah. There's an audio version of that as well for you audio yes, listeners. there is. Uh, that's not in the live link, but it will be in the recorded link. So for your audio yeah. listeners, it's down there. Uh, I forgot. It's on YouTube. It's on our feed. So it's everywhere you can listen to. And for you audio listeners, we have Fake Nerd Book Club, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, Volume 2 and 3, and Lost Chronicles, um, where we talk about this the next Mighty Morphin Power Rangers volumes. Uh, so check those out. And uh, we also have a new episode of my show, Conversation, where I talk to our good friend, friend of the podcast, Ken Knapsack. Yay, 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 yay. Good episode. Thank you. Um, Very good episode. I did listen to that. Oh, awesome. thank you. Uh, Ryan, pre I'll get to it. <laughs> um, yeah, that, so yeah, I talked to Ken Knapsack about um, his experiences with fandom because he is such a such an old guard of fandom, especially in the Star Wars fan. We've had him on this show a number of times talking about Star Wars. Um, and we just kind of talked about the Star Wars fandom, why he left uh, Star Wars Twitter. Um, some good advice is in that episode also, I think. Um, really all around one of, one of my favorites that I've done. And next week I will get, I have Helen O'Hara from the Empire Podcast. And that was still a little starstruck. I, I got I got that. I got that done. <laughs> I love it. And finally, I have an article below. I finally put up a new article on my blog, on our, po- on our website, uh, fakenerpodcast.com. Uh, that's linked below where I talk about how Godzilla versus Kong's box office performance is a good sign of things to come uh, in the in the theater market post COVID nineteen. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's, that's all that's going Who right? would have thought the MonsterVerse, a, a somewhat financial failure, ends up saving Hollywood in a way? Uh, <laughs> like, I don't mean... That, that series has been saved by the pandemic. Yes. yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In a weird way, yeah, yeah. In, in a crazy way, which I thought HBO Max would have doomed it. For real, I did too, but I think you know enough people getting vaccinated. You know, theaters opening up like just a perfect time period. What 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 movie do you want more to see on a big screen than big monster fights? I, mean, I would say Dune, it's but it hard, has big monsters. It's hard to say of anything yeah. that gets you to want to see it on a bigger screen more than giant monsters. Yeah, I talk about in the article um, how basically the idea is that uh, because Godzilla vs Kong did so well while being on a streaming service for free, HBO Max. Um, it made more money than the last entry in the MonsterVerse, which is Godzilla, Godzilla King of the Monsters, which is crazy in a normal year, let alone a pandemic year where most movies are not making back their money. Yeah. Um, I think So I just think it's like a sign that people are ready to go back to the theaters. People are eager for it. And I, I just think that's really cool. Absolutely. Yeah. So I talked we're, about that. We're, we're going next week, baby. Yeah, we are. Dude, I've had the freaking theme song stuck in my head all week. And that's all the links that are down below. So check those out. Find us everywhere. Make sure to like this video, subscribe to the channel. I never say that up top, but do that. Please. So that's that. Uh, who wants to go first of the week? I, I will. will. Oh, okay. You guys got to fight to the Duel death. Do for it. <laughs> no, you can just, you can go. Look at that. I love uh, it. I did jack shit. <laughs> I feel like it's going to be a lot of that. It is. It is. So I, the only media I consumed were was just watching a whole bunch of video game movies. Funny enough, I didn't play a single video game this entire week. I love it. It was just me watching movies based off of video games. Oh, actually, no, that is a lie. I did play some video games with Sparks and Brandon. Uh, I was going to say, that is a lie. You're right, that is a lie. (laughs) That is, I, let me rephrase. I didn't play anything like uh, Pac-Man or, I did play Pac-Man 99. I didn't do any other Super Mario stuff. It was straight, it was just Fortnite for a hot second, and then Fall Guys. That was it. Mm-hmm. But as the yeah. week as a whole, um, well, I'll get into it. But the movies I did watch were actually no. Well, I'll just you just have to wait to see what movies I watched. We'll talk about them later. Yeah. We all watched the same ones, <laughs> basically. Uh, is that your whole week then? Yes. All right. Uh, I can't think of anything else the... I did besides that. And Falcon Winter Sol- well, Falcon Winter Soldier, we did that, but. Since you said, since you were the other person to to say yes. something, Sparks, yeah. why don't you go? Uh, yeah, I don't have a time to say. Uh, that's new. Um, Doctor Stone finished it. Uh, great season finale sets up where the show's going next. It's it's wild. It's crazy. The show's reinventing itself in a whole new way, all over again. I love when shows do that, especially anime. They go from stone to plants. As it's it's awesome. I'm very excited. Uh, Doctor Stone, watch it. Season one's real long, but season two's real short, so makes up get on it. it. Um, I guess the decision was that they were like, we could stretch this into a 20-episode thing until it bridges into the next arc, or we could do a very tight season during COVID and just pump that one last little season out because it's, it, it's 11 episodes. Make it extra good. It's an 11-episode season. That's it. It's almost half, yeah. Yeah. Wow. And, and end the arc, and then the next season's going to be a big one starting the new arc and everything. Technically called a new show. Um, Ooh. Because uh, it's got a new subtitle, Dr. Dr. Water. Stone subtitle, but I won't say. Um, <clears throat> we watched Falcon and Winter Soldier. Ben brought that up. Sad man. Uh, we watched Invincible. Ben didn't bring that up, but we watched it. It's great. I'd... Well, you know, Falcon and Winter Soldier, you, you can watch our fake nerds watch for that. Invincible, uh, it's good. You should be watching it. I'm not going to say much more about it. I agree. Um, 
I had a tiny, teeny, tiny little bit of time where I was doing something and I didn't need to pay that much attention to it, but I need to pay some attention to it. So I was playing a game on my Switch and I decided to spend a little bit of time playing a game called Pokemon Cafe Mix. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, this is also available on your phones. It's a free game. Yeah. Um, it's just uh, here's why I wanted to play it. It really hits this a similar sweet spot of Lil Char in the game. Oh. Uh, the art style is very much in a similar vein reminiscent. They're very cute looking Pokemon. It's just a very pleasant, chill game. It's kind of like that that like kind of connect and burst Tetris inspired stuff, but it's got kind of a twist. It's all touchscreen based, even on the Switch. So you like grab onto a Pokemon and swirl it around to connect it to all the Pokemon, pop your thing. Almost like a bubble bobble, you're connecting similar things. Uh, so, yeah. unlike, unlike a lot of other phone games, as I understand, this is not very gotcha. It's just kind of chill. It's just like a gift to Pokemon fans. You're just like, do you just want chill? Do you just want chill and do a little thing with I, your fingers? I kind of do. Great. Pokemon Cafe Mix. Uh, that's my endorsement. I'm going I'm to give it a download, see how it uh, goes. Last week, told you that we started The Good Place. Uh, now, Megan and I only have six episodes left in the entire series, so I think wow. that tells you how much we're enjoying it. It um, helps that they're like 20-minute episodes. It definitely yeah. does, but it's literally been the only thing Megan and I have really consumed when we've had just our time to ourselves. Mm -hmm. uh, it's pretty much just been going back to The Good Place. The um, show is excellent. I'm so envious of you watching it for the first time. Uh, it is yeah. a drug going into my veins <laughs> hard. Um, the show is incredible. I won't say much about it uh, because I, I think it's best not knowing anything. Um, I'm grateful that I knew nothing uh, about what would happen. So grateful. Um, what I think is impressive, the most impressive thing about the show, is that it's constantly changing itself and evolving itself. Uh in a way you don't normally see on network television. This was a network show when it started, which is crazy. Mm -hmm. uh, really good. Really happy. Ted Danson, I've always loved, but uh, I, I now affirm that he is a national treasure. <laughs> um, His performance in that show is a, is, a, is a step above. Truly. And also, uh, Darcy Carden. Janet. Is incredible, uh, as yes. Janet. Um, she deserves her. Every, love her so much. Every award. Darcy Carden. I love Ted Danson. Darcy Carden might as Janet might be my favorite character. Yeah. I love Ted Danson, but Janet's incredible. Um, <laughs> it's real quick. It's like when she talks about Jay like Jason, that's his name, right? He, like yes. how he's my ride or die. And she's like this robot. Yes. And I'm just yes. like, this is so he's good. <laughs> um, anyway. And then everything else I did was video game movies. Some of these I really directly and engagingly watched. And some of them I had kind of passively while I was having to do schoolwork and other kind of things. And it was Resident Evil, Resident Evil Extinction. Oh, he's doing it. Rampage, Silent Hill, Pokemon Detective Pikachu, Monster Hunter, Warcraft, Assassin's Creed, Sonic the Hedgehog, and Prince of Persia. So here are my thoughts on all those in a bit. <laughs> Jesus, you watched a frack ton more than I did. Goddamn. I'm going to go now. So I... Didn't watch all of those movies, but I watched most of them with him. Um, and then and then it was Sunday, and I'm like, oh, my God, uh, with work and then everything. I'm like, it's Sunday. Uh, so I haven't gotten comics in a month, so I went to the comic store. Uh, that was great. Spent a lot of money. That's okay, because I had it. Thanks, Papa Joe. Um, so I... I organize my comics, but I don't have any long boxes. So they're just back in the places that they were before, but they're just a little more organized now. So I'm still in shit, but it's great because now I see how much I have to read and how much I don't have to read. And it's a lot. Um, so I decided to read a lot of number ones because that's easy to get into. I don't have to, uh, it's been like months for some books. So like, I'd want to read the previous issue to get back into it, which I did. Oh, I was gonna do this randomly because these are all books. I like all these books. So I'm just gonna pick one randomly. How? Oh, 
Berserker Number One by uh, Keanu Reeves, Matt Kitt, and Ron Garney. Uh, this book's radical. It's one of the most violent books I've ever read. Uh, it's a very simple story, but it's really engaging, and it absolutely feels like a thing Keanu Reeves is involved in. Like it feels like a Keanu Reeves project through and through. Like this is a movie. I'm like, oh, of course, he's the star of this comic and in a movie. Berserker. Uh, the camera's here. Worth checking out. I got. I agree. Superman Red and Blue. I picked this up on a whim because I had no books in my DC pull list when I picked this up like last month. And I was like, uh, uh, I'm going to pick this up this week. Uh, and I read it today. It's fantastic. It's full of diversity in a way I didn't expect. Superman, uh, it, it's just so human in a way that I, that I love about a guy who's the most powerful character on the planet. Superman Red and Blue. I bought the first issue. I'll probably pick up the second. It's an anthology. Only red, white, and blue colors. It's beautiful. Fantastic. I need to pick that up. Once I get, when I go buy my comics, hopefully there's a lot of issues left over so I can get it. No, uh, it's, it's, it's an older comic now. Uh, damn it! I it, probably it, missed it. It's dropping this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's also it. an, damn. It's also an anthology, so you can just pick up issue two, and there's no connecting threads. It's just stories. Um, Sword by Al Ewing and uh, Valero Shidi. I caught up on this. This is still a tie-in book to King and Black. Like this whole series has been like almost nothing but tie-ins. But it's Al Ewing is so good, he makes it work. Uh, I thought this book was great. Shazam! I got Wonder Woman 770. Ooh, guys, this is God of War Groundhog Day. I think this book's radical. I'm so excited to keep reading it. Uh, Wonder Woman wakes up in Valhalla, uh, and she hangs out with with uh, Sigurd, and he, and they're just like, yeah, this is what we do. We die and we fight, and we die and we fight. And Wonder Woman's confused, and it's like a Groundhog Day. I thought it was super fun. It's a it's a again, it's like God of War, the new God of War. Uh, it's a fresh take, and I'm like, okay, this is what I wanted. It's not traditional. So, bam. It's also cool seeing like Thor and all these characters that you don't traditionally see, even though both sides of those uh, mythologies exist in Marvel and DC. They're all, it's all there. I caught up on Thor. Brandon, I'm sure you're caught up on Thor. I am. Uh, yeah, uh, Prey, the finale. Uh, this, this, I think this book's better than Venom. I think this book is insanely good. I think everything it's dealing with the characters is so cool. And it's like, it's the thing that we love about Donny Cates. It's being huge and bombastic with the small emotional stuff. Uh, this, this, I am so glad I'm picking this book up. Thor is so good. How? I got Spider-Man, Spider-Shadow. This is the new What If comic. And if you can see, there's a new What If logo. You can't see it. It's really cool. Uh, it's what if Spider-Man just became Venom? What if he never got rid of the symbiote suit? So it takes place in the in like the 90s uh, with all that stuff happening. Really, really cool book. Chip Zdarsky is the best. Yes, Zdarsky. Oh, God. I'm going to save this one for last because it's actually the best. <laughs> um, Noctera by Scott Snyder. Uh, and Tony Daniel. Tony Daniel is a big DC guy. These are both big DC guys. This is a terrific first issue. I think this is the best art Tony Daniel has ever done. It is a stunning looking book. Uh, if you don't know about Noctera, uh, the whole world, world goes dark, the sun gets blotted, and anyone who's stuck in the darkness gets turned into an evil monster. And it's basically combating that with light. Uh, it's a really cool story, really cool characters. Uh, it's a great Scott Snyder number one. Pow. Guys, this is the coolest book I've read in such a long time. It's called Ultra Mega. What it it's a it's a Power Rangers kaiju book, but like through the vein of Invincible, where you think it's one thing, then it turns into something insanely violent. I posted three images on Twitter. If you haven't checked it out, look it up because it's insanely gory. It's insanely violent. It's so weird. It involves like crazy science and religion and mythology. Uh, it's like what if adult Power Rangers uh, uh, did some weird science shit? It's awesome. It's an it's an $8 comic. It's very big, but it's like a Hellboy thing where it's kind of like each story is its own separate thing. So it's just going to be these big, like 80 page stories. Every one of you is going to love this book. If you haven't already bought it, please check it out. It is truly insane. Uh, it is, it's like Berserker, but with Kaiju. I, I loved it so much. And that's the comics I read this week. I still have literally like a hundred more to read. Uh, is there anything else? That's it. All right. Uh, so I guess my turn. We're really blowing through this one. Mm -hmm. Um, well, yeah, we didn't do a whole lot this week, though. You know what? Like, like Sparks, 
like Sparks, I will say I watched Resident Evil, Silent Hill, Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time, Warcraft, Rampage, and Detective Pikachu this week. Mm-hmm. And a couple that I didn't mark that I also saw for the first time. Oops. Ooh. But they were, I didn't mark them, so I'm not going to search for them. Yeah, yeah. But in between all of that, I did find time to watch all of Kim's Convenience. Uh, which Ooh. is a, How much is that? That is a four-season show. Currently on Netflix. It's a Canadian show yeah. that's put on Netflix. Uh, four seasons are up on Netflix right now. 13 episodes each, half an hour. Cool. It's so a, super easy to blow through. It's also... I, I haven't seen the whole thing, but I have come home and I've, wa- I've seen the bits of when Fanny's watching it. It's a really cute show. It is really good. It's it's very funny. It's very it's very adorable. Um, like I, I think taking Ben's cute reaction up, up a notch, it is uh, the family dynamics is so real and and um, uh, uh, so fun. Uh, this is the show that has Simu uh, Simu uh, Liu, mm-hmm. uh, who is going to be Shang Chi uh, in the new Shang Chi movie. It's also got oh. the, the the dad from the Mandalorian, the space yep. space pilot guy. Yep, that's uh, Appa. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I really like it. It's 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 excellent. It was unfortunately renewed for a sixth season and then canceled because of the pandemic. Um, so the fifth season that aired in, in Canada just finished airing actually this week um, is its final season, but it wasn't intended to be. So uh, that's, that's a bummer. If you follow Simulu on Twitter, uh, there's apparently some really shady, bad behind the scenes. He's stuff. not. Yeah, I've been following. He's not happy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Same similar situation to Glow. Yeah, that's yeah. super unfortunate. <clears throat> um. It's it's really unfortunate because uh, the cast is great and they deserve that full run. Uh, it's, a, it's such a unique show. Um, I really, oh, really? Like it. It's like a love love show. They were talking about like they're in like a couple of times they're in the hospital and they have different phrases and I just got to remind myself. Oh right, this is Canada. Everything's better in Canada. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> it's like America, but just like nicer. Everything's nicer. Yeah, because there's there's like my taxes pay your pay your salary at the hospital. I'm like they, oh yeah, Canada. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, it just uh it's gonna come up a, a little bit in the news um i just kind of want to ponder for a moment together about television because i've been thinking about this a lot in relation to like things i'm talking about in school right now um it's very weird that we don't really know what the system is anymore for television because we've we've more or less the majority of television has moved away from the syndication model mm-hmm. yeah. and it's very strange that we don't really know what that means on contracts and profits and how those decisions are made anymore. And I think there's a lot of weird and uncomfortable things coming out on both sides of that argument from within the TV production thing. Simi Lou for a moment uh, referencing that there's some other things that will come up a little later. I just, I just think it's interesting that we're still in this vaguety where we're not clear. There's a line in Arrested Development season four um, where uh, this is the only line that I remember from that season. This is otherwise it's awful, but it's uh, Michael, I forgot his name, Jason Bateman, talking to Ron Howard, and Jason Bateman is like, "Well, why don't we do why don't we do this story? Because if you remember at the end of the season, well, it doesn't matter. Uh, why don't we do the story as a as a as a TV show?" And he's like, "Ron Howard's like, oh yeah, that would look, work really well as a str- on Netflix because the joke is they're on Netflix now," and um, and he calls over to his wife and he says. Can you get me the streaming? Can you get me the TV show contracts? And the wife is like, network or streaming? And Ron Howard says, streaming. And the wife says, no residuals. Got it. Mm. Okay, and that's, yeah. I remember that so vividly. And I'm like, that's true because you're not getting the syndication. You're not, you're probably not getting res- residuals. It feels like 
in a way, even though it's like obviously like the 21st century modern, like the Wild West, where like you go to Netflix to make your thing, but like they own it. Almost kind of like it's working for the big two in a way. It's very, it's very weird right now because um, generally like a television show is only considered to have truly made a profit if it hits 100 episodes. Yeah, that's what's that, 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 yeah. that, that, that was That was the general rule of thumb. So it's not really clear how like television shows, especially a lot of these streaming ones that get such high budgets, mm-hmm. how they're making back their money. Yeah. yeah. That, that stuff is still so vague and unknown. And I think there's a lot of really weird stuff going on on both ends of that aisle both shows that are still obeying the syndication modeling ones that aren't well, i mean netflix is still in debt for all of time so like <laughs> yeah. I, I don't even know if it honestly matters at this point um i, I wanted to showcase some things uh show a little show and tell i got my godzilla versus kong funko pops oh uh, for your audio listeners i'm showing the kong with the battle axe so i had to get the little battle axe kong cute <laughs> um i got the godzilla with his atomic breath which I think is a really cool one. Uh, the Atomic Breath is an attachment that it helps him kind of stand up uh, with the blue. I, I like the detail there. But my favorite, guys, sassy Godzilla. Look how sassy this guy is. Oh, he's got the grin. <laughs> Look how sassy he is. This is actually yes. my favorite. I really like the design of this. Um, I think Funko really stepped up with their Godzilla vs. Kong pops, and I think this is this is the a highlight. Have you gotten yours yet, Sparks? Uh, no, mine haven't shipped yet. I have the the same sassy Godzilla he's got there, and then a different uh, Kong one. But they're the neon giants, uh, where, where Kong is purple hued and Godzilla's blue hued. Yeah, Ooh, nice. Those look those look really cool. Um, okay, speaking of Godzilla versus Kong, though, I read uh, because they dropped them the direct market. I I read my <laughs> Sparks last week, uh, Kingdom Kong and Godzilla Dominion, which are the MonsterVerse prequel comics to Godzilla vs Kong. Um, I really enjoyed those. They actually might be my favorite of both those those creatures. Um, the Godzilla Dominion one is really unique in that it's told from kind of an omniscient perspective. So it's Godzilla kind of a day in the life of Godzilla. Yeah. Um, and I thought that was really cool seeing Godzilla like um, make sure that there's no Titans getting out of hand, like making sure that everyone's kind of like resting and sleeping, but also trying to find a a new home for himself after Sarazawa destroyed his home. Um, I like that one a lot, but I really liked Kingdom Kong. Uh, I thought Kingdom Kong was really great. And Sparks talked about a bit, talked a bit about it last week. Um, the new monster is super cool. Co- Cosmotots? Co- Kamazots. Kamazots. Awesome, like, bat, giant bat creature um, who, like, makes a play for being a uh, an alpha predator like Kong and Godzilla and Kong just like wastes him. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, is the this also the comic where you get the explanation of why the storm is encompassed Skull Island? Mm, okay, cool. Um, yeah, really liked it. I think that might be my favorite of the MonsterVerse so far. Yeah, so, uh, the the character emotion story in that is so good. Those Kong ones are always the best ones. Yeah, um, and I read the first issue of Green Lantern. I didn't get to a lot of comics this week, but I read the first issue of Green Lantern. Um, Jeffrey Thomas, right? Got his name. Um, yes, Jeffrey Thomas. Um, I really hated his Future State comic. I, I I thought it was the worst of the Future State books, maybe outside of Teen Titans, maybe the second worst. Um, Teen Titans is really bad. Uh, but I and I don't really like him. You know, he talks. He does some things on Twitter that I'm just kind of like, okay, you're kind of an asshole. I don't know if I want to support your your book, even though it's cool that a, a, a person of color is writing green lantern and it's just entire poc cast of characters and i love the green lantern course so i was like maybe i'll just skip this one anyway but there was a lot of really good buzz online so i decided to check it out and sure enough it's really good cool 
and I'm really happy I did pick it up. Um, I can get over him being an asshole um, with the fact that this was a really strong number one with really great characterizations for characters that I don't even like, like Teen Lantern. Brian Michael Bendis wrote that character awfully, and he created her. But Jeffrey Thomas takes a character and breathes some really cool life into her, and she's really fun. Um, there's Simon and, and John, who are the main Green Lanterns of, of this book. And Simon That's was fine. also a character that I've never really connected with. Simon is in the book? I didn't know that. Yeah, I was about to say, about time they brought back Simon Baz. Haven't I been asking about him for a while, Brandon? Simon Baz was on the Justice League uh, Mm -hmm. just before, just after DC Rebirth, I believe. Um, Mm -hmm. And then he kind of disappeared after the Green Lantern's title had ended. Um, He's he's back. I might pick up, uh, if they're still in stock, I might pick up that issue one. Yeah, give it a shot, because I was actually really surprised. Like, Simon, Simon Baz is a character that Jeff Johns created. Um, who did not get a lot of play, especially like during Jeff John's run, but also like after he left. Um, and it, it was kind of really unfortunate because it was a cool idea. And so I was really engaged with this character for the first time in a long time, the way Jeffrey Thomas wrote him. John Stewart is a character I love, and I think he's got a good voice for John Stewart. I, I was really surprised and I really liked it. Nice. Uh, and then I caught up on X-Men and I only want to say one thing about Which X-Men. I- so this week was Children of the Atom and Wolverine. Man, you know what's really funny is I was at the store today and I and I made sure I caught up on all my books and I didn't pick up Children of the Atom number two and I'm and I'm zooming. It's it's Children of the Atom is still is still hasn't grabbed me, but I I like I like the characters enough that I'm I'm still willing to keep going. Yeah. Also, I'm like diehard for the X Men right now, so I'm probably not dropping it even if I didn't like it. Yeah, yeah. Better than X Men, bud. But Wolverine <clears throat> might be, I'll say my second favorite x-men book um i especially when wolverine is doing the stuff with the vampires i think Mm -hmm. that stuff is really cool uh and wolverine as a character is really compelling when he's going going after them i really enjoy that book that's a solid uh, one that was one of the books that i realized i was so behind on because like one of the issues i haven't read just showed up on marvel unlimited and i'm like oh my god i'm this behind on wolverine so like as i was sorting my comics and i'm like cool issue five issue six issue seven issue eight issue nine uh i'm very excited because I saw the cover of this week's that yeah. I picked up. And I'm like, ooh, Dracul. Uh, I'm I'm bummed to be behind on the X Men line, but I'm also like, every time I get to sit down and go through a chunk, I'm, yeah, I'm really happy to have a chunk. You're reading in front of me. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. 100%. So that was my exact same reaction when I was reading when I was catching up on a lot of my books because most of the books I read when I was getting my car fixed were X Men titles, and mm-hmm. as I was reading this, I was like, man, X Men is so good, guys. Yeah, I think. So I know I'm so uh, since I'm still super far behind. My favorite book that I read had to be the Kill Shaw issue of Marauders, where Kate Pride and Emma go kick the crap out of Sebastian. You know Shaw. what? Hold on, real quickly. What? Wolverine is my number three. I forgot about Marauders. Mm. I, think Marauders, Marauders good. I think Marauders is my first favorite. Guys, you forgot about Hellions? Come on. Hellions is my first favorite. Hellions. All this is going to get blown out of the water when Way of X comes out. Oh, my God. Uh, you guys, God, you guys are going to hate me because you guys know Hellions isn't my favorite. I didn't. Dude, I, I are, like you, are, you, are you caught up? No. No, he only well, read the, he only read the only Ten of read Swords issues. Yeah, I only read oh. the bit up to X of Sword or Ten of Swords. Gotcha, okay. And even yeah. then, you guys were like, oh, my God, Hellions. And I'm like, oh, I'm not too hot in the Hellions, guys. We're not talking about the X-Men. I was just really just saying that, like, Wolverine is my third favorite. Um, I really I really enjoyed that one. Good I've been ca- I, Even when I wasn't um, caught up on all my comics, I made sure to keep up with the X-Men because it can get really overwhelming if you're not reading them week to week. So I yeah. try to, like, make sure I'm, I'm always following that list and reading them and reading them when, that, uh, when they drop. 
I love it. All right, but that's it, I guess. I'm so happy. Oh my god! Seriously, talk about all four of our weeks in under 30 minutes. Well, no. We decide to talk about the entire filmography of video games. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so that'll real quickly is a comment. He loves my poncho. Thank you. Back loves your poncho. Um, okay, but let's get into our, 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 what is it? Bread and butter. I almost said main topic. All right. We're not there yet. New. So, uh, this week we saw the passing of Helen McCrory. Yeah. Uh, who, uh, started Peaky Blinders. Of course, uh, a lot of nerds will probably know her from Harry Potter. She played Narcissa Malfoy. Yeah. Um, she passed away at the age of 52 due to, to, a, to a battle of cancer. Yeah, that sucks. She's uh, married to a an, another famous actor, uh, yeah. Damian Lewis from Homeland, that guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and he yes. put a, he put out a beautiful uh, yeah. statement. I love Damian Lewis. It was That was so... Yeah. Uh, Wait, was he also in Life? That old NBC show way back in the day? Yes, that is Damian oh, Lewis. God. Oh, he was married... I didn't yeah, know that. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I didn't know that either. Yeah, but um, he put out a beautiful statement. He called her like she was like a fierce warrior, and like, man, that's I feel so bad. So young, it sucks. Yeah. Um. Okay. We're moving into some. Okay, this is casting. This is casting section, but I'm going to call this part anti-casting. Oh. <gasps> because Dominic Parcell is quitting oh. Legend of Tomorrow. Yo, man, what a wild ride of these two tweets. So I didn't. <laughs> I didn't want to step on anything. Did you see today's stuff? No. Oh, okay. I no, wrote this yesterday and then I closed it and said thanks. Totally understand. No, he isn't. <laughs> What's the whole story? So tell your yeah, part. Yeah, yeah, no, tell yeah. Your part That's and it. I'll tell the next part. That's it. That's all so I got. He, okay. he, so he, I got, he got originally made an Instagram post. I got it. I got it. I got it. Yeah. Yeah. While okay. you pull it up, he, he originally made an Instagram post saying he's he's had it with the studio. They had an F, not an outing. It, it was something. Okay. So he posted a whole thing. Uh, <clears throat> um, it's very long. You don't have to read that. No, but I want to get the part where he says the uh yeah okay uh uh yeah, sorry you go ahead yeah anyway uh he he said he was done with the show and he's not actually going to be done with the show he was a super super mad apparently like some like their their contract negotiations got really heated uh and he and he's like i'm gonna what is it he's like i'm an australian i i, I get angry i'm passionate what do you expect from me uh, it was kind of cute you got it now uh yeah well so he called them uh he said like he made one and then he deleted it and then he made another and he deleted that. It's been weird. Uh, and he said, you know, uh, to the cast and crew DM me to talk about stupid C bad C word, uh, <laughs> referring to the studio. The studio doesn't care is a statement he made in that. He then retracted uh, it though. And then, and then he retracted that and he said, uh, I, I am leaving Legends of Tomorrow on a full-time basis. I will come back periodically with a handshake deal with my boss, Phil Klemner. I haven't quit. My contract is up. Six years, not seven. I've never quit on contract. I never would. So to all fans, you will you will see me again next year on season seven periodically. Uh, nobody has forced me to make this statement. My tone was heavy and straight to the point, like you said. Uh, do I have a beef with the studio? No. Uh, <laughs> yes, I said they don't care. That's not correct. Of course they do. Just me being emotional over stuff. Sometimes shit happens. Um, I loved, I loved just like the honesty and just like, yeah, I was in a bad mood. Like, sorry. Like, it's, yeah. it's, but it was so bizarre. And so the other thing is that he also called it a publicity stunt. Uh, and then he retracted that before he made the like clarifying statements. And uh, uh, he said, let's see how much press 
this and the CW's Legend of Tomorrow could get tomorrow. Uh, me and Mick have been such naughty boys, and he pulled that away. And oh he my deleted god! That. He, yeah. Okay. So like on like the third thing, because I, I was reading all of them as like the first one got deleted, I became a new story. Um, he said, "This is the most pressed the Legends of the Tomorrow has ever ever gotten." Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He uh, straight up said that. And and now none of those are on Instagram now. All of them have been deleted, and the only one that's left is a poster of his character where he says, at DC Comics, nothing desperate here. Man, I think he's going through... I, I don't think, know what's happening. I think he's going through something. Like, <laughs> man. It, uh, is, it is wild. It has been wild. Uh, the amount of things... Like, I don't... I don't know how, like, even at your most emotional, you can flat out say, the studio doesn't care. Let's talk about... DM me to talk about some stupid bad c words and then say nah just kidding it's all good it was publicity stunt i mean i'm not at war with the studio i mean <laughs> yeah. nothing desperate here i'm sure his pr guy was like are you sure are you sure but can we can we please uh yeah like his thing about like six six years not seven like it sounds like there was like like bad contract negotiation stuff and, like he was unhappy with what they wanted to give him or whatever um, well I, I mean like there when i first heard it yesterday about him leaving the show uh, and being upset and saying the studio didn't care and everything. I'm like, this isn't the first time we've seen this kind of stuff with the CW shows. Ruby Rose, we know something's up of why mm -hmm. she left, even if we'll never know why. Something went down. Uh, China Ann McLean is another person leaving under, like, she's, now that one's less clearly connected to the studio. She's given a lot of reasons for why it is that aren't connected to that. So that could be either way. And then uh, Brandon Routh, who we know told, flat out said, I didn't want to leave. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and was forced out so there's it, it's weird it is weird. there's some weird energy going like, on i haven't watched that show in a couple of years but like that dude is like one of the best things <laughs> on that show he is like, he remains that way yeah and like that oh him and constantine playing together damn oh, dude. that makes me want to watch him now uh but like that dude is like one of the reasons you go to that show so like the fact that like the studio wasn't willing to work with them is like man maybe, maybe they don't care <laughs> maybe they really don't it's very it's very confusing i think there's a lot of like stuff we just don't know some vibes about like the the higher ups not great yeah uh and i think purcell accidentally gave a really big window into it and has kind of still sort of been doing so even as he's trying to amend it yeah um because it mean, has been wild it is wild that the only post up there right now is basically calling them desperate uh an entire that story was a roller coaster in and of itself i'm yeah. glad i put that on here because i almost didn't oh no I was oh yeah tell you too because it got it, it got, got crazy it was a roller coaster cool. days so to what happens is I write I write the I write the the thing pretty early in the afternoon on Saturday and then I shut it down and I don't look at anything afterwards so totally missed all that. Yeah, it's bizarre. <laughs> How bizarre! Speaking of DC Comics, Shazam: Fury of the Gods has cast Lucy Liu as Calypso, another mm. character that does not have a DC Comics counterpart, uh, but is also a daughter of Atlas. So it's the their sisters, Helen. What was Helen Mirren? Helen Mirren, yeah. So um i forgot the other girl's name and lucy Liu. they're Ziegler. related it's rachel Ziegler. thank you uh they're all related that's wild it's just a bunch of a bunch of young goddess or i'll say young goddesses a bunch of goddesses of, of atlas like a bunch of fates yeah like it's it's so interesting that they keep casting like not comic book characters and i guess that really doesn't matter but like it's just i find it interesting yeah the atlas uh atlas is in shazam's name uh, yeah. He's got like the the strength of Atlas or something like that. Yeah. Um, so that's also like it's got a like a family connection to Atlas. So oh, it's guess, also yeah. interesting. Like, where did you come up with these characters? What's the story here? I'm really intrigued to see something like this. Would be the first in a long time that had an original villain. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I'm stoked, man. I'm ready. Yeah. Forecasting just means that movie's actually going to happen sooner and sooner. That's cool. Yeah. Borderlands. Sorry, it, re- it reminded me. Anytime somebody says Calypso, I just think of Pirates of the Caribbean. It's a like, Calypso. You are. I release you from your bonds. <laughs> I was yeah. just thinking about that because I watched Rampage today. There you go. She's in Rampage. Oh yeah. Really? Yeah, she's the fe- she's the female person. Nice. She's the she's a scientist lady, right? Yep. Yeah, she's the female lead. Borderlands. Speaking of video game adaptations, the new Borderlands movie has cast yet another actress. I thought he's filming. Janina Gavankar. Ivankar. She's great. This is misspelled then. Um, <laughs> going to play uh, Commander Knox, who will be a new character for the movie, but is related to General Knox, who is from the, the first game's DLC. That's wild. This man. This, this, so the movie's shooting right now. So like they're just like keep bringing people on. I'm like, wow. Oh, and... she played Iden Versio in Battlefront 2. Yes. Oh, nice. Yeah. Cool. Uh, so, yeah. All right. Aquaman 2. Uh, Pilau Asbak. Sorry. You're on Greyjoy from Game of Thrones. Uh, it's been cast in the Aquaman sequel. Cool. Yeah. Indiana he's... Jones? He's a, he's a rough dude. Yeah, he, he's a he's a... He's a bad boy. That's, that's all you got. He, he was definitely a bad boy in uh, Game of Thrones. So, yep. Uh, Indiana Jones, Mads Mikkelsen has been cast in that film. Oh, uh, the new Indiana Jones film. So I didn't do a bored and annoyed, downright annoyed. I, I never remember the name of it, but I watched the movie uh, and I'm going to say it now. It's called The Hunt and it stars Mads Mikkelsen. And it's a Danish 2012 drama about a teacher who gets accused of bad things because he works for the, a kindergarten school. Uh, he's great in it. Mads is, is one of the best actors alive. He speaks multiple languages. He's great. This this is such... This casting is insane. This movie is going to be, like, awesome. These two and Phoebe Waller-Bridge, like, oh, 100%. Yeah, I'm really excited for this movie. I hope it's good. Is he... Boy, I hope so. ...a bad guy, because he's always a bad guy. Uh, I would love I it if he wasn't. I would, too. too. I Me want too. him to be, like, this movie's Sala. Yeah, I would. I would love if he's not just, like, the German bad guy or something. Yeah, I'd be into that. And then The Last of Us, Gabriel Luna has been cast in The Last of Us for HBO uh, as Tommy, who is Joel's brother. That's great casting. Yeah, for for uh, Pedro Pascal's brother, I think that's great. Uh, mm. We last saw him in Terminator Dark Fate. Yes, He was playing an emotionless robot, but he was really good at it. He's awesome as Ghost Rider on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. He really killed that season that he was on. Um, I think this is great. I think that dude's excellent. Yeah. Cool. Blowing through this. X-Men. We're going to go to bed. The new X-Men lineup for Jerry Duggan and Pepe Larraz's X-Men number one has been revealed. The winner was Polaris. The winner of the vote was Polaris, much to Uh-oh. our chagrin. Man, man, if you aren't familiar, uh, just real quick, there was an X-Men poll for who's going to be the newest member of the X-Men, and they allowed Twitter to decide this, which is just your biggest mistake, because even though the X-Community on Twitter is great, it's small compared to the people who just watch regular television. And The Gifted is a show that premiered, and Polaris is on that show, and she's honestly the best thing about that show. That also means that she won this poll in a landslide by people who don't even read comic books. Yeah, uh, I had a discussion with um, Megan's sister, Katie, mm. who listens to our show. Um, and she didn't know about this, and so I explained it to her because she's Polaris, she's a huge fan of uh, a, a panel of her from X Factor is her wallpaper nice. on her phone. Um, I love it. So she's really unhappy that she's leaving X Factor. Uh, so and, is Leia Williams. <laughs> uh-huh, yeah. 
Uh, and uh, we had a discussion like the way they should have done this is to have like some kind of code access for a website or something where if you bought one of the comics, mm. you had access to the voting uh, to make sure that it was just comic readers that were voting on this. People who were actually gave a crap and knew what was up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Leia Thomas is, is leaving X Factor. No, 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 no. no. no, no no, but you said the you said the 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 writer was also leaving X Factor. No, no, he, no. He no. said he's, he's, saying, he's said mad. The, the writer's him. mad. No, Leia Williams because Polaris is her favorite character. Yeah, yeah, and it's a shame. Uh, uh, but yeah, like that, there should be some kind of like specific in comic access to the voting so that it's only comic readers who are voting because taking it to Twitter is dumb. That <laughs> there's one. Right there. If there's one thing I've learned from any of the internet historians' vi videos, it's the <laughs> video he did on business that if you decide to put a poll of anything to Twitter, they're gonna mess it up bad. Hundred percent. Yeah, that's a Ben. I love that you know internet historian. He's one of the best on on YouTube. Must Dude, must you showed me internet historian Ryan. It's thanks to you that I know this. We all I'm remember best. Bodie McBoatface. Bodie McBoatface. <sighs> the real name of a, of a boat, <laughs> thanks to Twitter. <laughs> Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think that's actually in that video. Uh, yeah. Anyway, we, all that being said, uh, it's really cool that Polaris is on the X-Men. That, yeah. That's also still really cool. So the rest of the team lineup, uh, Cyclops and Marvel, if you've been following X to Swords, that makes sense. Um, Rogue, Sunfire, Sink, and Laura Kinney Wolverine. So um, uh, not really spoilers for the newest X-Men, but the team who are in the vault, they get out. Spoilers, they they don't die. Heroes get out well, and they win. We see, I saw the cover, so I can only... Wasn't that cover... That cover was released, like, months ago, too, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 Anyway, like, they're going to be part of the team, and this this is such a unique team because uh, Sync is somebody who can, like, use... Who can, like, use anybody's powers. Uh, and Rogue is also somebody who can use anybody's powers. So, like, the powerhouse of this team is insane, and the... And the the synchronicity, is that the right word? Like the syncing of this team, syncing on the team, really funny, yeah. hilarious. Synergy. Synergy, thank you, synergy. It is awesome. And it's giving these smaller characters, like X-23, Wolverine. She's called Wolverine. That's great. Thank you, Jonathan Hickman, for doing that. Man, I cannot wait for you to read those X-Men issues set in the vault. Oh, I, I don't. I did. Oh, okay. I haven't. I have so, no. Don't so you know that, you know that uh, one of them remembers... <laughs> Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Don't get too crazy. Yeah. Th that is the one X-Men comic that I did catch up on. I really like that book. I'm really excited for Jerry Duggan and Pepper LaRoz to take over the X-Men. I really like this team. Cool. Yeah. Uh, I don't expect Pepe to be on it more than one arc because that's a dude who who spends a lot of time making comics. And he's one of those guys who doesn't stay on a book very long. Um, so I hope he's got at least an arc in him and I'll be happy with whoever's next. Yeah. I think that's great. Yeah. Um, I, I won't read the solicitation. It's really nothing. It's being like, look, we have X-Men now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We know. Um, Amazing Fantasy is being relaunched uh, by Kara Andrews. Kari, uh, like Atari, because that's what it says in his Twitter profile. Cool. Um, Writer-artist on Amazing Fantasy, a five-issue miniseries. Um, that's going to see Red Room, Black Widow, Teenage Spider-Man, World War II, Captain America go to a fantasy world plucked from their timelines. Sweet. Uh, I am such a fan of this. Kari Andrews is... Uh, He's a really unique dude. He did a 12-issue Iron Fist series that, that I really, really like that I'm gonna, I wanted to make for a book club. It's really it's really dark and sinister, but that dude has such a unique art style. It's very dirty, um, which a lot, rubs a lot of people the wrong way, but the fact that he's doing this book makes perfect sense for him, like doing like an old-school type of fantasy book. Um, I'm, I am 100% on board. This is my type of book. Sounds really cool. Batman Secret Files. Guys, did you think we needed more Batman books? No. Always. Well, um, remember... 
No diversity character has as an is going to get an ongoing, but they will get one shots. Hell yeah, I guess. Because Batman Secret Files is going to be a series of one shots that are uh, going to start with Batman Secret Files: The Signal, aka Duke Thomas. Oh, um, going to come out July sixth, written by Tony Patrick, uh, with art by Christian du- uh, Deuce Dutch. D U C E. Deuce. Sure. Deuce. Deuce. Um, it's going to follow Duke Thomas as he comes back to Gotham, Th- Gotham City and it's like, look, this isn't my Gotham City because he's been on the outsides for a while. Yeah. Uh, Duke Thomas was introduced in, in the, for those of you who don't know, he's one of the more recent Batman sidekicks. Um, he's a metahuman. I think the Scott only one Snyder. on Batman's team. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, right. by Scott Snyder. And then we'll be followed by Batman Secret Files Huntress, who I actually think is white again. Because uh, oh. she's been black for a while. Yeah, uh, Mariko Tamaki uh, is writing that one, who's currently writing Detective Comics, uh, with art by David Lapham. Lapham. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a good team. Okay. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna read this one real quick because it's really short. Uh, we'll see Helena Bertinelli gain her own superpower with a rather horrific origin. A parasitic a parasite implanted in her brain allows her to witness events through the eyes of the victims of vile Gotham City's newest villain. Yikes. Okay. That sounds kind of cool. Yeah, sign the brain. That's that's gross. But you know, like, hey, DC Comics, give us some ongoing. Throw us a bone. I mean, they could cancel one of their other seven Batman books, but you know, they're not going to do that. I know. No. And they'll they'll, can- they'll cancel the good one too. <laughs> yeah. They'll be like, okay, Tom Taylor, you don't get Nightwing. Oh, don't say that. Oh, anyway. oh I'm sorry, I put that one in the universe. Bring that back. <laughs> or, um, or they say, okay, Tom Taylor, you might not get Nightwing, but you're going to get Superman. I mean, I wouldn't hate it. Oh, oh, sweet babe. You know what I was thinking about? I was thinking about the Injustice comic that he did before Superman. Like, mm-hmm. it's a flashback to before Superman went crazy and he just helps a kid with his bike. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I remember that. It's such yeah. a... so good. Skybound. Go no, no, no. I was going to go on a rant because I, I, I want to say it was Ryan or Sparks or one of you, one of you three t- retweeted something. It wasn't from Tom, Tom Taylor, but it was from a Tom King run. I want to say it was from... Uh, uh, Superman man, or no, it was from a, it was from Tom King's Superman book. Up in the it sky. Was really, yeah, that one. It was really good. It was a really good thing. It was a really good thing. I was like, man, why can't we have like stuff like this anymore? Ben, you can. It's called Superman Red and Blue out in stores this this month. I mean, it's what we talk about all the time, where it's like you know they do all the all these anthologies and they put these diverse yeah. creative teams with these diverse characters, but they never do anything more with them, and they're just kind of like, see, we did that. Is that enough? It's no, not. All right, Skybound X. It's going to be a weekly limited series starting in July, from July 7th to August 4th, and it's going to be uh, a celebration of Skybound's 10th anniversary. This is Robert Kirkman's uh, company, um, Walking Dead, published it. It's published over Walking Dead, Birthright, tons of other comics that I'm blanking on right now. Um, it's going to feature a number of Image Comics creators debuting new stories, many set within the worlds of popular comics like Murder Falcon, Birthright, Redneck, and Stillwater. What I found interesting is that the Walking Dead story... Well, okay, well, actually, no, hold on. I did this out of order. Okay, the Walking Dead story, so it's going to like be a short story. We'll introduce Clementine, mm-hmm. who is the uh, Telltale Walking yes, Dead yeah. character. Yeah. Um, going to be introduced. Uh, going to be introduced in the comics world for the first time. 
uh, I think Clementine is the best character Telltale has ever made. Uh, those Walking Dead games are arguably the best thing Telltale has ever made uh, in terms of like just actual emotional, engaging storytelling. Uh, and Clem is is a character you see grow from a child to a full adult in the span of like a bunch of games. Uh, the fact that she wasn't in the comics earlier, like I haven't read Walking Dead, also it's done, but like she never got introduced earlier in some side thing. I, I figure she would have by now. The games are old now. Um, this is great. Like I'll I'll pick this up just for that because I think she's exceptional. Yeah. Uh, issue five will also feature a story by Robert Kirkman and uh, Jason Howard that looks to be a prelude to their new creator-owned series being published by Skybound. So we don't know what it is yet. Sweet. <laughs> this is funny. Each issue of Skybound X will also include a serialized chapter of Rick, of Rick Grimes, 2000. Yeah. Written by Kirkman with art by Ryan Otley. Now, this is set in the alternate universe introduced in The Walking Dead's The 75's backup story and will explore what happens when Rick Grimes awakens from a second coma and discovers <laughs> aliens are the true enemy controlling the undead. Bro, the promo, the promo image is great. He's got like a lightsaber. He's covered in blood. He's wearing like a, alien, like a superhero mask. Oh, man. Give me it, please. If you, if you guys don't know the story, uh, I'm sure Ben forgot it. but like No, no, I uh, remember Robert Kirkman initially pitched The Walking Dead uh, to Image and they didn't want to publish it because they were tired of zombie stories uh, for the audience. Um, and Robert Kirkman was like, well, it's not just zombies. There are aliens controlling the zombies and it's an alien invasion. And that got it published. So about 20 issues in, the editor of The Walking Dead and like one of the heads at, at Image was like, hey, we're one of the aliens showing up. And Robert Kirkman straight up said, there are no aliens. I lied to get it published. Got him. And then it turned out to be one of the biggest selling books of all time. So they're like, oh, I guess we'll publish it still. Yeah. Okay. Um, but this will be, but I guess that's where he got the idea for the backup story. And now he's going to expand that in, in Skybound, Skybound X. Aliens. The creative team for Skybound X includes Johnny Cates, Joshua Williamson, Chip Zdarsky, J James Harron, Daniel Warren, Daniel Warren Johnson, and many other creators. I like all those people. Me too. Uh, Joshua Williamson is almost done with his run on Birthright, and I'm sad because I love that book. Man, that book's been going on forever. <clears throat> almost 50 issues. 50 is going to be the last one. Nice. That's a hell of a... That's, that's awesome. Yeah, not a lot of creator-owns get that far. Mm -hmm. All right, Starlight. If we all recall Mark Millar's Starlight book, uh, a book came out a little while ago. has been bouncing around a movie adaptation for a while. They finally got Joe Cornish to write and direct Starlight. For Ooh. 20th Century Studios, uh, which is Disney. Okay, Joe Cornish, he did uh, the, that kid King Arthur movie. Yeah. yeah. Attack the Block. And Attack the Block, yeah. that's Ooh. He's a good guy. I trust him. Yeah, me too. Uh, hey, someone brought this up on the internet. All of the Mark Millar adaptations have been better than the comics, so. Oh, yeah, yeah. Except I'm, just, too. I'm just waiting for like for a Huck story, because I think the story of Huck's pretty good, except for some bad stuff, and I'm like, ooh, I could use a good adaptation of Huck. I, like I think Netflix is doing it. Yeah, that's the that's the Miller World or whatever, yeah. right? Starlight was been bouncing around in 20th Century Studios when it was still 20th Century Fox. So that was before the deal with Netflix. So yeah. We've been hearing a lot of news for many years now, since 2019, uh, that Brian K. Vaughn is working mm -hmm. on a Gundam movie for Legendary Pictures. Now we know that that movie will be for Netflix with Jordan Vote Roberts, Skull calling Skull Island's own, uh, attached to direct. Also, after he makes, so he's making this movie, the Metal Gear movie, but he's making this cool Gundam movie first. I guess that's fine. Yeah, it's finally happening! Audio listeners, I'm holding up my uh, RX-78-2 Gundam because you all know me. I freaking love Gundam. 
this is this is even though he's technically only really made one movie or like one big budget movie there may be there's he he's such the perfect guy for this i think i really do i think he gets he gets big scale right like right and something you always talk about having like the scale of something like matter mm-hmm. to feel real gundams are big but they're also they are big. so like they're- oh my god this is super exciting uh the fact so, that it's actually going through like we're getting yeah. this movie i can't believe it I, we haven't heard anything for a while, so I was getting a little nervous that it was one of those projects that they that they just decided to sweep under the rug. Yeah. But the fact that they're still going, that it has a director now, the only thing I'm bummed about is that it's going to Netflix because I was really hoping to see this in theaters because I wanted it to be in like an IMAX with the, the giant with the Gundam slicing the Zaku in half like in the first episode of the show. I was Netflix. Like, Netflix puts their movies in theaters. There's no reason to think that they won't do that for this one. I. They do. If but Army I, of the Dead. If Army of the Dead is going to theaters, I think okay. there's a good chance that Gundam could go to the theaters. Okay, okay, you got me there. But still, we're getting my. I'm getting my Gundam movie. I'm happy. Yeah. Yes. Yay. Ben is happy no, now. There was no slight on either Gundam or Army of the Dead. I'm just saying. I, I know. Both I know. of them no, are yeah, genre yeah. films. Yeah. My can... my original argument to you is that um I I do know Netflix puts their movies in theaters, but it's mostly for like the more quote the award stuff. yeah the Oscar stuff like the award baits. Whereas their action movies are kind of just like put up on Netflix and call it a day. Can you imagine the uh, Best Picture nominee, Army of the Dead? I I know. think I feel like Army of the Dead is going to theaters because of Snyder, not necessarily because of yeah. the film. Oh, I'm I'm saying I'm I'm sure that's the case, but I am saying I think I think that gives Army of the I think Army of the Dead gives Gundam a chance. I'm not saying it's a guaranteed chance. I'm just saying Bro. I do think there's a chance. Gundam that feels like such a big big movie like they they'd be foolish not to put it in theaters yeah, i think Gundam, i think that it would easily be in theaters internationally just not oh, yeah. be in theaters wide wide theaters yeah. in america yeah yeah i wouldn't have to especially in japan because i don't because i know ryan might know sparks might know brandon i don't know if you know but there is a little a life-size gundam statue at yeah, in, i know oh you know oh, awesome so amend that please Amend what you well, said. Brandon, you're Brandon the editor. Okay, so you're the editor. You gotta amend it. All y'all know that there's a giant, there's a life-size Gundam unicorn statue in Tokyo. So Japan is obviously that's where Gundam originated. So I would say that if this does go to theaters, it has to go to theaters in Japan because if it doesn't, my my thing is, is this going to be a white Gundam movie? Because <laughs> I got a yeah. feeling it is. Jordan Vote Roberts. Uh, no, but I, but I, hmm. no, I think he's a better guy. But I don't know if Netflix is a better guy. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Because Netflix gives uh, us look what they've given us with, uh, in terms you of you have that. a better chance, honestly, with Netflix than yeah. you would with any other studio, probably because Netflix Death knows Mouth? they make well. They know they make money now, currently, okay. off international more than they make money off of American subscribers. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so they want to appeal to international markets where they can. Okay. Uh, so I think there's a better chance now of that being the case. Think about how many Chinese movies they bought this year alone. Yeah. Ooh, that makes me think. I'm trying, I'm trying to think of who would be a good actor to play Amuro Ray and Shar Osnable. But this, okay, we're talking a lot about Gundam. We should probably. Well, I talked about an, an article that I wrote about uh, the uh, prospect movie theaters going forward after COVID is looking good. Sadly, though, there's a wrinkle to that as this week, Arclight and Pacific Theaters decided that they are not going to reopen uh, and the planned Memorial Day uh, date to just kind of, they're, they're unfortunately closing down for good. And this is kind of a mostly an L.A. story, so all of you L.A. listeners probably know this. The Cinerama Dome, which is a very iconic theater that was featured in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, that is a Pacific Theater, an Arclight Theater, that is unfortunately closing. 
I would drive past that theater every Sunday on my way to my acting classes on Sunset Boulevard. That is such an L.A. line. Yeah, it Uh is. It truly is. I did that. I freaking did that. that A huge trick of my life was devoted to that. And I always wanted to go see a movie there, but we never went. And even when I lived at CSUN, I always thought I was talking to one of my roommates. He was like, we should go to the movie dome. And then we never went. Now I. Ryan and I had a chance. Ryan and I had the privilege of uh, seeing Infinity War with the Russos. Yeah, on your birthday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That yeah. was nice. It's a really uh, great theater. I got the chance to see the movie there. I don't remember which. I find it incredibly unlikely someone doesn't save the dome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still all sad in general. I'm not convinced the dome will go away. Someone's going to. Well, the thing is, and that was that's actually what I wrote in, my, in an article coming out this week. Um, so spoilers. Uh, the the idea is that I think that because there is such an outcry for that specific theater, I think it's either likely that Pacific decides to just open that one, or look, it's a it's a city landmark. Maybe the city steps in. I maybe a, a, a streaming service buys it. Like I do think that that theater reopens. Uh, people yeah. were like, I don't know, like semi joking, but also realistically talking like. Quentin Tarantino is a guy who who loves like restoring theaters and like he's big in the movie thing. Like people are wondering if he'll try to step in because like like it is a part of L.A. Like like less so the the arc like because it's a little more modern. But like yeah. the dome man, that's been there. That's that's it's, an L.A. landmark. You, you have a bunch it's of Brahmins Chinese theater. Yeah. You have a bunch of film buffs who live in L.A. Like people who are crazy into film, who work in film, all that kind of stuff. Who have loads of money. Oh yeah, the dome will will stick around somehow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Arclight at the Sherman Oaks Galleria, it's a cool theater and all, but that dome is iconic. And, uh, yeah, the, oh, the... Expensive. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, for, for, like, major movies, they would put... Uh, they would dress up the dome more more famously. For those of you who are listening to this, you probably don't know what it is. I'm sure you saw the, the, the thing online where it's the giant Godzilla head coming out of the dome for Godzilla King, King of the Monsters. That was sick. Uh, yeah, I agree with Sparks. It is unlikely that that dome does not reopen. Yeah. Do you think it's likely that like another theater buys the ArcLight and just uses it? I think that's totally possible. Honestly, my whole thing... So a couple of years back, Amazon and Netflix tried to buy theaters. Amazon tried to buy the Landmark and... Excuse me. Netflix tried to buy the Egyptian also yes. in, in LA. But Netflix did buy the Egyptian, so they own that theater now. Uh, I think it's probably likely maybe Amazon takes a bid for the Cinerama yeah. Dome. Someone will. Yeah. Um, real quickly, Grayson in the chat. Hello, Grayson. Says, for the Gundam movie, do you think Adam Wingard, Michael Bay, or Gore Verbinski would be good? We already got a director. All three of them would make good, very different movies, but I'm yeah. happy with the guy that we got with Jordan Vote Roberts. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, of the three, I don't want to see Michael Bay's version. No. I think, no. I, I think he would have the best action. I'm sure he would, but like no, but I mean like that's what I mean. Like if I had, if I actually, had actually, to... I retract that. I don't even think the action in the last two Transformers was good, so yeah. I retract that. Mm. I don't think he would. Okay. Uh, uh, I, I, but Jordan Boyd Roberts is a great choice. Yeah, yeah. Resident Evil had a major showcase. Oh Scott, yes, it's got its 25th anniversary, and boy, are they celebrating! Th- this oh, is man. going to be a pretty good year for Resident Evil. Of course, we got the movie. Uh, Potentially that that live action show I think is due this year, uh, but maybe next year, uh, and of course a new game. Uh, mm-hmm. First they announced Resident Evil Four for the VR, which announced mm-hmm. for the Oculus Quest. So who cares? That game uh, is a lot of people. 
a lot of people care. That game, it's still considered the best Resident Evil game, but it's also much like a Skyrim. That game has been ported to literally everything on the planet that has a screen on it. Yep. Like you can play that game on your phone. You can play it on every single console that's ever been made pre like post 2004. Uh, I think it's funny that they're still doing it. So if you guys have, funny enough, um, when I talked to uh, Patrick Brighouse from uh, Retroblast when he was on a uh, pause menu, we talked about RE4 for a hot second. And he mentioned that a lot of diehard RE fans are, they freaking hate RE4 because it's the quote unquote most popular one. So hearing that's getting Boy, that together, is the, that's that a very, cool. isn't that oh. just, isn't that just the way fandom? Yeah. It's popular, so it's bad. It's that popular is... because maybe it's good. That's why it's that's why it's popular because it's good. That's also how. I mean, yeah, that's the first one I ever played because I heard it was so damn good, and I can attest it is that damn good. It is it's like the first Resident Evil game I actually beat from from beginning to end. Well, Ben, get ready for Resident Evil Village with a new story trailer. Holy shit! I saw that today, and goddamn, it looks great. I can't wait to get it. <laughs> Mother Miranda. I'm a long way oh. away, but I'll get there. Yeah. I uh, I had a question. Ryan, you saw this trailer, I'm assuming. Yeah. Um, the uh, so we're still dealing with the Umbrella Corporation. So, um, yeah, yes, it's 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 very much. So I don't want to get into spoilers for RE7, but that is a game where 98% of the game is not a traditional Resident Evil game, and then it turns into a <laughs> traditional. <laughs> that was our cat game. I don't do that option. So. Hold on, sorry. sorry. <laughs> um, um, what was the question again? <laughs> oh, we're still dealing with the Umbrella Corporation. Uh, so Resident Evil 7, it's it's very much not that game, and then it turns into, oh, it's a Resident Evil game at the very end. Uh, uh, um, stuff happens at the end of that game that looks like it's tying into this game. You see Chris Redfield, and you see people really seem to know who Ethan Winters is. It's really funny because he's kind of like a nothing protagonist, and they're turning him into like this icon of the of the franchise, and like that's not who that guy is. He's a boring white dude. So I think that's funny. Um I think the game looks sick. They're introducing werewolves, lichens, and gentlemen. That's a great line. That um, is a great line. This looks like what they like from like Resident Evil 1 to Resident Evil 2, where it gets a little more action-packed. Um, and they're introducing just so many more things. It looks like Chris might be a werewolf. That's just weird. But again, I'm here for it. Bring me giant nine-foot-tall ladies. It's just, I was, you know, especially because I watched the first Resident Evil movie, which I understand is not like the games at all. Definitely. But like, I, I still kind of like know bits and pieces of the game. And I'm like, what? Where? Where is... Where's like the, the we're dealing with vampires and werewolves? Is that still the T virus? What's happening? Well, you are twenty years removed, and and sure. like like nine so, games. So, so like, like yeah. after five, six, and all the spinoffs uh, that happened around then, like Revelations and stuff, were so focused on Umbrella Academy, yeah, and all that stuff. They really wanted to kind of pull away from that and go back more towards things that worked, which was basically Resident Evil Four, which is why Resident Evil Seven goes the direction that it does. Which is kind of set, taking a different step around Umbrella. Resident Evil Seven is not as action packed as you think. It's more like Resident Evil One. It is. It is not an action packed game for sure. It is. It is. It is. That's why people are so enthralled with it because it is Resident Evil One in first I, person. I meant with the con uh, with the concept of like stepping uh, to the setting. Like, oh yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The further away setting. Kind it is. Of thing. It is very much its own thing until it's yeah, not. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and we also got a trailer for Resident Evil Infinite Darkness and the release of July. Mm-hmm. This year, it's, uh, it's interesting. You and I, Brandon, recently had a whole thing with a friend of the podcast, Pi, where we talked about media made in the style of cinematics, mm -hmm. and if that if that could be good. This is essentially upscaled cinematic cutscene. The movie cutscene, yeah. uh, 
anime series and this this looks like it'll do fine i've watched most of the the resident evil movies that have come out that look like cg like this and they're all pretty good they're all pretty fine like if you're looking for a cool resident evil thing like this looks like another one of those uh it's a sequel to resident evil 4 which is cool um you see the president and that dude definitely turns into a zombie in the next game so <laughs> a prequel slash sequel it's cool uh, i think this looks pretty cool i mean, I, I might check it out even though i've never yeah. played resident before no, it's I uh watched- it's Oh, I'm just no, saying it's really cool to have so much Resident Evil stuff. Like yeah. it's 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 like yeah. a it's like a Renaissance evil. A Renaissance. Funny enough, I didn't know that this because I thought it was the sequel to Resident Evil Four, and I was kind of hoping it was because as as much as the ending of the game is like you and the president star just go just jet ski off into the sunset, and it's like I want to know what happens after, and now we're gonna get that. So I was like, cool. Renaissance. Uh, Carnival. I'm out. No, no, <laughs> too far. No. And then the, too far, buddy. A really, a really small bit. Dead by Daylight is getting a Resident Evil collaboration. Yeah, not small. Real great. Uh, that community has wanted this for a long time. A specific character who we don't know who if it will be that character, um, but they've wanted this for a long time. There are a yeah. Th- there's hope for the nine foot tall vampire lady. See, that's the thing. Like, that's what everyone wants. Like, there's there is the answer. It's like the infamous like like character from the games. But like, you could do something different if you want it to be cool and different, and you want it to be a little sexy, maybe, and maybe have a yeah, big yeah. lady step on me. It's what I'm on. That's what I'm <laughs> for, for those who aren't clear, like the community has been like posting on forums forever, asking for for Nemesis. Yeah, uh, stars. But um, we don't know. We don't know who it'll be. Ryan had a good point where it'd be really cool if it was Nemesis. But Nemesis had a change costume a into Lady Dement Lady I can't uh, Demet Demescu. Yeah. I, I, uh, hear, I heard the U was silent, so it's Lady Deming. Uh, Lady Demes- D. I call her Lady D. Let's like, call her Lady if, D. If it was an alternate costume and the characters were more or less designed to operate the same. I will buy yeah. some of those orc cells or whatever the hell they're called to buy that costume. Yeah, if I for have sure. It. So obviously the killer is gonna be either Nemesis or Lady D. I want to say the survivor, if they, because I'm feeling they're gonna also add survivor to this as well. Because you know, as Resident Evil, we have a huge cast of characters. My money's on Jill Valentine to be the survivor. Yeah. I, I think the, they, sometimes they add two, so I think we're getting Leon. Okay, Leon yeah. and Claire. Yeah. Okay. Because they're they're, they're the original, like, or Chris. Honestly, I they're all. Jill. What about Jill? Isn't it Claire? Oh no, it is Jill in the first it's game. Jill right? Yeah, the, Jill's in the first one. We're playing Jill no, right, right now. Uh, I think there's a reasonable chance it would be Jill and Leon. Yeah, I think those yeah. are the most mm-hmm. likely candidates. Um, and I like there are two other contenders who people have thrown around. Like it could either be Mr. X or Titan. Yeah, um, one of the two. Uh, but uh, it it is likely Nemesis uh, above all. Mr. And X then, and then possibly has Lady a cool D. hat. Mr. X does look pretty dope. Mr. X would be very easy to make an alternate skin for Nemesis. You know, it also, yeah, he's just like super boring. He doesn't have you any You could get cool... a three-in-one with all three of those characters. Still it. Let the all step on me. <laughs> uh, okay. Definitely. No no joke. I've been watching a lot of TikToks that people have been putting up of Lady D, and the one that's been stuck in my head is where uh, Lil Nas X's Call Me By Your Name is playing in the background. Ooh. So where it's, thought... like, it's like harder, and it's like, what? And they all like bite their lips and then breaks neck. I uh, I definitely really like the one where it's Sam Neill as Alan Grant on the Triceratops, but it's her butt. Yeah, I saw that. That was an instant retweet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I cannot believe how many people that would just... How long ago would that trailer launch? Like three months ago? A couple okay, months ago. Whenever the first trailer showed up and Kills. we saw Kills Lady Sparks. D 
everyone was just like, step on me. Let's go. Listen, like, they knew what they were doing. You know, the internet's the internet. We I, are I we love are. the one that's like, uh, it's it's like a guy in a speedo running on a beach, and it's like this is me running from Lady, and it's like, oh no! Oh, no. <laughs> Everyone wants to get murdered by this glorious ten foot tall woman. Like, it's fine. She's like, no, yeah, she's like nine feet tall, and then Capcom nine, releases nine, like, okay, nine, yeah, nine like, six, yeah, no and then they're like, okay. No joke, doing great PR work for tall ladies everywhere 100%. who don't get enough love. True. Mm-hmm. Trailers. All right, we're here. See, we're, here. Find- we're gonna talk about movies for like seven hours. So, quick side note: if I ever find a life-size cutout of Lady, I'm getting it for Ryan for a birthday present. I don't care how much oh, it is. Don't even. <laughs> your room is tall enough. Oh God! You just Ben goes up to goes up to your bedroom. What are you doing? Measuring? Why? Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Don't worry it's about like it. okay. It's like oh, perfect. Ten feet, just barely. Just barely. Um. All right. The cardboard cutouts add like two feet. Mm-hmm. Castlevania season four had a little bit of a thing. The big news there is that the fourth season will be its final, and they are going to uh, work on start work on a new spinoff. A hundred percent makes sense. Yep. Yeah. I would love for that franchise to continue without the person making it, and that looks yeah. exactly like what they're doing. Yeah. So, uh, unfortunately, it looks like we're getting one more season with Warren Ellis. That really bums me out because, despite his flaws, I really, really like Castlevania. I think it's awesome. He's a talented um, writer. He's, he's a talented writer. I just don't. He's he's like one shitty person. He's like the main guy behind oh, yeah. the show. It's really hard to want to watch. By it. the time by oh, the yeah. time the things the thing happened with him, the show was probably already almost done being animated. He definitely read, wrote all of it for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um. I mean, again, like there are a lot of talented people who make that show. So, like, I probably still will watch it. Oh um, yeah. Um. Yeah. It, there are way more people working on yeah. it than just him. It just it just it's, it it does sour the experience. Yeah. For yeah, sure. yeah. I'm excited um, that they're not ending it though. Yeah, I totally forgot that Warren Ellis did some bad things. <laughs> yep. No nope. big old blue beard. Nobody's forgotten. All right, here we go. Borat supplemental reportings retrieved from floor of stable containing editing machine. Great. Perfect. Extended cut of Bor- Borat. I still haven't watched Borat 2, so I got to do that, but I want to watch this also. It's great. Brandon, you saw it, right? Yeah. Yeah, great, great stuff. Supplement um, me, baby. Yeah, give me, give me more of that. Looks- I am unsurprised that in our recent years he had enough material to make much more. Oh yeah, <laughs> I am completely unshocked by that, and I'm excited to watch it. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, it looks like there's even a bit where he's out of character mm. uh, because it's the one where he's driving away in the ambulance away from uh, that. Uh, so that 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 um that's from behind the scenes that's already online that stuff yeah. that is really horrifying like that dude was like yeah rocks were getting thrown at him people were chasing him like he was really scared for his life uh it makes really he that's, makes really great movies man and like that's that's how bad it's been yeah so. yeah uh nope. I, like i really like borat too more of that sure give it to me the yeah Mash. uh the Waterman. yo uh, I love this trailer. I love this trailer because it's both a horror trailer and a children's mythical quest trailer yeah. at the same time. And I've never seen that before, and I'm so into it. It's, it's, a, weird, it's a weird town. Yeah. So when the upbeat music started playing in this trailer, I'm like, hold on. I thought this was a horror movie. 
Why yeah. does this like uh, believe in yourself? You can conquer the odds. Kids movie vibe. What is this? So, so I think what's great about it is what I think they're going to end up having done is it's going to be one of those those mythical quest kind of films where like there's an air of like danger and and kind of scary mysticism about the thing that they're working around, which happens a lot in a lot of children's things. The thing is that usually when they do it, when they handle it in those films, you don't take that seriously. Mm-hmm. You an adult don't take that as a serious scary thing. It looks like they're sincerely going to use horror movie style elements to make this a scary thing that is also happening in this completely child contextual mythological thing and i think that's great i love that they'll apply things that actually make it like oh that's a pretty that's pretty much a horror movie moment (laughs) but in this but in a way where it's still contextualized into this this child quest narrative i love it yeah that's great it's like if you see like, like like the green band thing before it's like pg for like scary images and i'm like this is an interesting pg movie and then we see the trailer and i'm like man this is like unlike any kids movie really that comes out like yeah it feels really unique in that way we're like it looks like a much it's like made it's like it's mature kids movie there, I don't know there are it's like a it's like a it feels like a goosebumps or a, or a house of the clock on its walls there, there are shots even in the upbeat music part of the trailer, as Ben called it. Uh, there, there's still shots that look like out of context they would be in a horror movie, mm-hmm. and I'm like, that's that's impressive. I am, yeah. I am thrilled that they will actually use that kind of thing to make it effective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. After watching this trailer, once I got to the end of it, I was like, damn, I really want to see this movie. This looks. I like the adventure parts of it because at first I'm like, oh, okay, another scary horror movie. Let's here we go. Let's go. Let's do go through motions again. But as the trailer kept going on, it's like, oh, there's more stuff to you. Okay, okay, all right, I can get into this. Yeah, I like the play by play. Flashback. Flashback. Which one was this? Uh, this is Dylan uh, O'Brien. Dylan O'Brien. Dylan O'Brien. Uh, right. Yes. Monroe. All the crazy, crazy uh, shit happened. It appears he is taking a drug that throws him backwards and forwards in his own timeline. Mm-hmm. No, it look, this is like a dimensional thing. Yeah. Like a multi-dimensional thing. Like it takes you to like you're in the same place in a different dimension because he says I'm not really here at one point. Right. Um, but he's mm. also flashing back to like because he's flashing back to okay, being yeah. in high school. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When he met her That's and all right. this shit. And he's going back and forth between those things. Yeah. It, it looks buck wild. And uh, I love it. Yeah. For it. Uh, the guy who made this movie, I looked it up like he doesn't have a Wikipedia page. And the last thing he made was like seven years ago or something like this looks like he's just like, yeah, I'm a dude who makes really weird things every every once in a while. And I'm like, this looks so up my alley. Like, I so have, weird. I have never seen Maika Monroe in a movie I didn't like. Mm. So yeah, I yeah. have confidence I'm going to like this, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we just watched Dylan O'Brien in the Love and Monsters movie. We did, and I like that. Great like that kid a lot. Uh, there, it, it's very interesting because uh, there, the his best friend, one of his best friends, he's talking to is also an actor from It Follows. <laughs> so you've got two It Follows alums in this, and I'm like, man, I'm stoked. This looks great. Yeah. Um, I think I put this one on here. Anything for Jackson? Yes, yeah, this, this looked impressively weird. Yeah. yeah. Oh, this is yeah the, uh, the, the the old people. Like it reminded me of, like old people villains uh, or something. Megan, Megan caught it uh, that that the woman is um what's Ag- her name? Agnes Agnes from mm-hmm. Umbrella Academy. The old oh. the, the lady that the the guy uh, dates from the diner. Yeah. Hazel. Hazel. Yes. Good memory. Um. Uh, yeah. This looked like super gross and sinister. There's um, a lot of quick shots of some stuff that looks real interesting. Yeah. 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 Um, I love the concept of like. This is parents who will do anything to get back their son. And I'm like, all right, take hey, me on the journey. Hail Satan. You know what this reminded me of? It, it's like a like an actual demon's version of villains where mm-hmm. the main char- like the people who kidnap someone, they're bad people, but there's someone out there that's worse. Yeah. 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 
you're right. It's very much like that. Is this the one where the is this in this trailer where it's the guy uh, who is like plowing the snow and plowing he just the snow and he sticks zoom, his head in, yeah, head in there. Oh, spooky stuff. All right, Army of the Dead. Zack Snyder written directed film. Army of the Dead for Netflix. What do we think? I think this looks radical. Man, I forgot the dad from Raising Hope was in this. Yeah, he's in there for a second. Yeah, Yeah, I saw his face. Yeah, yeah. Man, him, Tig Notaro, and Dave Bautista are sending me. I'm happy. Mm -hmm. I Uh, I liked it. Uh, Real quickly, Ben. Uh, I was going to say that that this was by one of the guys who did John Wick 3. Also, Mm -hmm. he wrote with with Zack Snyder. Yeah. yeah. It looks, the style of the trailer is really interesting. It's not unlike anything he's ever done. Um, it kind of feels like it's more it's it's like a blend of his style with a Matthew Vaughn. He uh, he was a he was a music video director before he made movies, and this definitely feels like he's returning to his like. Uh, well, so did Michael Bay, believe it or not. And like in a similar way, I'm like, oh, I see you're using you're bringing that that old that stuff you haven't used in a while. You're using it again, uh, uh, and I think it's great that he's venturing out of his comfort zone. Not not to praise Sucker Punch too much, but uh, when it, this also applies to the Owl movie. Um, when he's not working within pre-existing material, when he's doing something on his own, mm-hmm. that's when his cinematography is the most interesting. Yeah, and this seems to be re- showing that again uh, that he does tend to do his most interesting things when he's not trying to replicate the look of something else. I've been uh, I've been doing a lot of kind of a deep dive research into this Anne Rand philosophy that he has, um, which I've, I still don't know enough to regurgitate, but it's been really interesting learning about this this thing that he believes and it's, and seeing this trailer and kind of like connecting the two, like realizing where these elements came from. Uh, really yeah. interesting. Yeah. Uh, it, it the zombies are automatically interesting because mm-hmm. they are not what I thought they would be. I uh, apparently the characters in the movie be. either too. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, so that's, that's exciting that they have essentially a society. The second I saw a uh, zombie wonder woman give like a scream and like a bunch of people like form behind her. I'm like, Oh word. Oh, cool. <laughs> It's a it's a heist movie with super intelligent zombies. Like that yeah. just sounds that's a recipe for that sounds awesome. And it doesn't look like your traditional bad Zack Snyder like cinematography. So like I can actually just color in this movie and it looks and it reminded me of uh, the best Resident Evil movie. Resident Evil Extinction. I was gonna say I was gonna say uh, zombie movies taking place in Vegas have been failed me so far. So for two for two or one for one, whatever. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm pleasantly surprised. Uh, I really like Batista a lot, uh, so like I'm happy. I'm happy to give this a chance. Yeah, yeah. Batista and Nataro are selling me on the movie to begin with. Yeah. So I'm, I'm stoked. Kudos to to Zack Snyder for for cutting that dude out. I don't even oh, remember Christa, his name. Chris Delia. Chris Delia, yeah, yeah. Uh, and replacing him with someone way cooler and more talented. Uh, zombie Tiger, I love that line. Yeah, yeah, that was a cool. And also, and also seeing the Zombie Tiger, like damn, it actually looks really good. Yeah, uh, Hitman's wife's bodyguard. <laughs> we all great. just looked to Ryan. I may or may not have seen this movie over two years ago, and it may or may not look exactly like the movie I saw. Then, uh, <laughs> spoiler alert: I may or may not have seen the sequel to a movie that I thought was totally fine, and I think the sequel's pretty good. If that's a movie I saw, I think it's really fun, uh, and so I can't wait for people to see it. Selma Hayek looks like she's going to be great in this, and I'm super yeah. happy. I was always happy the moment they announced, like, yeah, we're doing a sequel about his wife. And I'm like, great, because she was awesome, and I want more of her. Yeah. Uh, it, love... This has never happened to me before, where I, two years later, I've, as a movie comes out, I saw. <laughs> I also I also really like, I, what I loved about Hitman's Bodyguard is the dynamic of, like, 
Sam Jackson being so off the rails and Ryan Reynolds being more of a straight man, mm-hmm. having to like bounce off of him. Uh, it's you, it's not usually him in that place. Mm-hmm. And uh, especially in his modern age of filmmaking. And I really like Ryan Reynolds in that space. Yeah. And this looks like that'll have even more of that energy and dynamic. And I think that'll be great. Him just being driven crazy by these two insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And their love for each other is, is, uh, grotesque at one point at some yeah, point yeah. they're like banging at places or whatever oh I'm, this movie i may or may not have seen who knows i don't know i don't want to get in trouble i just love the scene where ryan reynolds is reading a book he has the headphones on and he is like in his quiet little peace and serenity and in the background there's just chaos guns <laughs> bullets are flying everything and then sama Hayek just rips it everyone's like here we go he's like no my I really like the the bit where he's or someone goes, you think I make a good mom? And he goes, I think any child would be lucky to have you as its host. host. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, it, it looks to be a funnier movie overall. Uh, I think the chemistry was good in the first one. Like, it just cemented even more in the second one. Uh, can't wait to review it. And uh, finally, the longest trailer in existence, F9, The Fast Saga. Uh, I remember around <sighs> the previous one, we were like, that car goes sideways through a building, and now we know it's magnets, and everything is magnets. And I'm just, I'm magnetized. Yes! I'm ready. Bro, come on. I am happy to have Justin Lin back in the franchise. As I often say, um, I don't know if I'm on, if I if I necessarily like the direction the Fast and Furious franchise has taken uh, post Paul Walker's death, but of course, uh, Fast Five, which is the best. Um, but I'm, I'm, I've been in the ride this long. I'm not jumping off. <laughs> You're ride or die, baby. Yeah, you're I, right. I'm, I'm ride or die. I'll finish we're this at, franchise. We're at nine at this point. Like, yeah, like you, you know, you know what you're getting into. Like, yeah. they're going well, to space. What I was, what I was more, what I more lament is that like fast, fast five, fast six, even like more, more grounded. Then we start getting progressively. That's when we start progressively getting more ridiculous. Oh, that that's that's totally fair. I think that's also like a preference thing because like once you're in the eight territory, you can't be boring anymore. You know. And, but I also, like I said, I love Justin Lin. Yeah. Uh, just Lindsay movies in this franchise so like him back and like i talk about with sparks like he's finishing the saga uh i'm i'm really happy about that i'm, oh, I'm yeah. really happy that he has said this week like you know this is part one of a story that the next two films are going to tell uh and that you know in his mind he was asked like well will the rock and you know statham be coming back and he's like in my mind they've never been gone like they're, they're still yeah. there they're in the world they're, they're gonna be in it doing their like, own thing right yeah now. you know and like, it's all it's all going to come together uh we got helen mirren in this movie which is crazy he break for me uh, darling so i i'm totally stoked to see why she's involved um <laughs> a little laugh oh man i i what happened was i i watched this trailer and i was and I'm like i'm into it i love fast and furious and then dom uses the giant thing it's the big stunt where you use the, gi- the giant truck thing to whip the helicopter <laughs> and like I, I i started like i jumped up and like like cackled at how great that was and then of course there's the, the scene where it looks like ludicrous and uh tyrese are going to space, space. Um, we're there already guys but like space. i texted sparks and i go one we gotta see fast and fast night together and two we gotta at least be a little high <laughs> I don't, like, I, don't remember what, I don't remember what movie you and I started going to the theaters together on them on, but um, we don't miss them now. No. <laughs> oh, no. I remember when, excuse me, Brandon and Sparks drove out to my neighborhood to see, I want to say it was Fast Five. Nope, it was not Fast Five because I watched Fast Five and, and Sparks' was house. 
No, it was six. It was seven. six. Seven? It was six or seven. Hello, think that. Uh, real quickly, Hi. think that says. Hello there. I'm always amazed that the series even managed to go as long as it did. When I first saw the first movie, I never thought it would be something that would be close to eight sequels. I'm sure, I'm sure Vinny D is thinking the same thing. He's like, I can't believe I'm still here. I thought the same thing. I was like, this is a great movie. I'm this not going to lie. Movie- I, I thought after three they were done, and then it comes out with with more than that. I was like, oh, there's more. What I happened? remember when three came out and people hated it, and they thought all the Fast and Furious movies were now just a joke. And then they just came back. <laughs> I remember very, very. I remember very specifically. I saw the trailer for Furious Six, and I said to Sparks, and I was like, "Do you own the, the Fast Furious films?" And he, he did at the time. I was like, "I I want to watch them because I want to oh, watch what this. A, I want to watch what a, Six is." You're a later convert, then. Gotcha. Yeah. I love it. Um, and and since then, I've been, I've been ride or die, ride or die. All right, that's it. Real quick, was this the same song that they used for the Kong Godzilla trailer? I don't think so. Uh, is it ready? Are you ready? I'm pretty sure it's the same trailer that the first time we see Kong Godzilla punch each other. Same song. No, that's, not a, that's not a slight. It's a know, great. I don't know if I it's, paid enough attention it's a, to it. I I love this song. Uh, it's just a it's a good hype song. It's not a detractor. I think it's a great song. Uh, I'm really glad that Charlie Theron is such a presence still that she is this this massive bad. I really like that. Um, I know she's going to bring even more to the table. I'm glad she wasn't a one-off. She's bringing a uh, to the table. Uh, I, I do love the dynamic. Like we now know a little more about the dynamic between the brothers, which is that uh, John Cena's uh, <laughs> character feels like he's been living in the shadow of his brother. Like neglected. And yeah. uh, now he wants to come out from under it. He's like, look how big I, I am. Great. Look how strong I am. I brother. really did want his line to be, uh, I've been living in your shadow and now you're going to die in mine. But oh, that's not oh. what it was. Uh, you can't see me. You could never see me. <laughs> I'm excited. Uh, yeah, me too. Alright, shall we get into our main topic? Yes, we oh, should. We're here to talk about video game movies. That we uh, are. Live action, live action video game adaptations. Uh, um, strictly live action, strictly adaptations, no Wreck-It Ralphs, no Trons, none of that shit. No Ray Player Ones or anything like that. Yeah, or I, I... We don't also have to name all the ones that are about video games. <laughs> um, I wanted to real quickly before we get started read off a statistic that I found. It's not a statistic; it's a little bit of a list. I don't know why I said statistic. <laughs> um, I'm going to read you guys the five worst video game movies and then the ten best according to Rotten Tomatoes critic ratings. Mm. So the so so it's Blood Rain. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, at four percent. Uh, uh, in the name of the king at four percent, the Jason Statham. All Uve Bowl so far. House of the Dead at three percent. Uve Bowl still. There's a House Mortal, of the Dead. Movie? Yes. Huh. Mortal Kombat Annihilation at two percent. Mm-hmm. Oh god. Um, by the way, the director of Annabelle, the first Annabelle film, directed Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Yes, he did. <laughs> and Alone in the Dark is the worst video game movie according to critics on on Rotten Tomatoes at one percent. Also, uh, Uve Bowl. Uh, oh my god, I can't believe I've seen all of those Uve Bowl movies. That's such a thing. <laughs> Now, the top 10 are Prince of Persia at 37%, Angry Birds at 43%, oh. Mortal Kombat at 44%, Final Fantasy Spirits Within at 44%, Whoa. Monster Hunter at 46%. What? <laughs> we all watched that this week. Rampage at 51%, oh, yeah. Tomb Raider at 52%, Sonic the Hedgehog at 63%, Detective Pikachu at 
And what do you think the highest rated video game adaptation is on Rotten Tomatoes? It's Angry Birds 2, but that's animated and not part of our discussion. I know, but I'm just saying, I wanted to it's build Angry up Angry Birds 2. Really? At 73%. Apparently, that's a totally fine animated kids movie. So, like, I believe that. Yeah, like, I mean, you know. I, yeah. I believe it too, but okay. Yeah. yeah. And that is, that's, that's just a, a fun thing I saw that I, that I wanted to read out to you guys. Wow. Um, uh, so, we're definitely, we're definitely going to go down this. We're going to go through it by the year that it came out. And I think another thing that would be fun to do is uh, when we're about to move on to another movie, let's just name that Rotten Tomato score and see if we agree or disagree. Oh, I like it, yeah. Uh, real yeah. quickly, Mag says not Advent Children. Advent yeah. Children is not a theatrically released film. Uh, we are talking specifically theatrically released films. Yeah. Uh, and live action, which Advent yeah, yeah. Children is not. Yeah, yeah. And, mm, and also it's a sequel to a video game not based off of a video game. No, what he was... Wouldn't matter. What no, he was matter. what he was referring to is that it's not on the list. Like Spirits yeah. Within is, is on the list, but Advent Children is not. Uh, it is because Advent Children did not go to theaters. Right. Yep. All right. All so right. the very first video game movie of ever is Super Mario Brothers. Wow. That came out in 1993, and it is the movie. Was, this is really funny now that I know it's the first. Uh, this is the movie where Nintendo was like, "We're never making a, a movie again," but yep. Mario comes out next year, so. Yeah, this, oh man. Okay, so there's a lot of people, a lot of YouTubers. Video Game Historian has a really good video about this one. And that was just plagued from the start. And that, uh, funny enough, Tom Hanks was supposed to be Mario in this movie, but he Weird. bailed out at the well, Bob Hoskins is, is such a good choice for Mario, even if the movie's bad. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I love Bob Hoskins in that movie, but man, that that that's definitely, I remember when I first saw that movie. I mean, I was a little kid, I saw it on Disney Channel of all places. And I was like, "This is where's where's Bowser? That's not Bowser. That's weird." Uh, the the imagination at work. It, it, I will give it some credit for for what they decided to do. It's kind of impressive by turning the Mushroom Kingdom into like a weird dystopian cyberpunk dinosaur people mafia movie. Uh, it's a it's a it's a full ass movie, and they tried really hard. The two directors like weren't like super big directors, and they were just given the Mario franchise just to do whatever they wanted with. Mm -hmm. And maybe they made some bad decisions. They yeah. definitely. Did. Um, we definitely that movie is is a treasure to watch though. Uh, it's bad, it very bad, but it's like so bad, it's kind of good. It's bad, but it's definitely a movie that I would def. I mean, I wanted to. I've been wanting to do it for a commentary for the longest time. And there are things about this movie that I still I might find that's like okay that's okay, but there are other times it's like if if you take the original game or the games and put this movie next to it, you're it's night and day. It's like oh, I'm not <laughs> going to read yeah. the the full comment, but Think Fact has a comment there. Uh, but basically, it just means it says you guys haven't seen them, you should look at the lead scenes. They're really interesting. Maybe oh. if I ever cared. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're gonna do a commentary one day. What someday? So one I will day. hold you guys to that. We will do a Super Mario Bros. commentary on. That. All right, I'll be I'll be there. Don't I, worry. Uh, Super Mario Bros. has a twenty four percent. Seem fair? Yeah. If anything, it's it's worse. If anything, yeah, I I would feel like it should be worse. <laughs> Compared to something, something I do want to bring up is like uh, the interesting thing as we're going to talk about these Rotten Tomato scores is like these are aggregates from the time that they were reviewed and film opinions have evolved and yes people change with what they like in film yeah. over time and i don't think like a lot of these older ones are maybe going to be graded more harshly than they should have been uh and you know maybe vice versa mm -hmm. on, on what we'll get to later mm -hmm. um 1994 had double dragon and street fighter the ultimate battle Ooh, wait it's called it's, it's called the ultimate battle yep 
That's weird. I didn't know that. Wait, um, that's not, hold up. Uh, there, we also got a comment from a. Do you mind if I do this, Brandon, or do you want to do it? Go ahead. I can't read that. All right. Uh, hi, Lulu. Uh, she's a friend of mine. She's a friend of mine from Twitter. Uh, she's talking about Super Mario, saying, "I love it." Is it Mario? We know, no, but it's a bit of the game and real life, and uh, what we got is good. And she really likes it. That's good. I like. I'm glad you like it. Hey, it's it's not a boring movie. I'll give it that. Like you are allowed you like- to like. You are allowed to like whatever you like. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right, so 1984, Double Dragon and Street Fighter, The Ultimate Battle. Uh, Street Fighter, I would say it's it's uh, in quality between Mortal Kombat and Mortal Kombat Annihilation. It's not as bad as as that sequel, but it's not as good as Mortal Kombat, but it's very much the similar tone. Uh, there's some good casting, some good fights, but overall, it's like a cheesy 90s movie. Yeah. I've, I've, I've never, never seen, seen it. it. I never seen, all I know is the clip of M. Bison turning to us. Like, I guess the joke is like, will we rule the world? Uh, are we going to take over the world? And he goes, of course. That's that's all I know. I've never seen it. I didn't even know there was a Street Fighter movie until like years later. So yep, they also made Street Fighter the the movie the video game where oh, it looks I like that. Uh, yeah, I do know that. Uh, double that atrocious. Double Dragon was really poorly received. I think that video game movies might have died on that movie. It if has... Street Fighter hadn't come out the same year and yeah. made Gangbusters, and then they were like, oh, we can like not care throw a minimal amount of money at it, and make a profit. Uh, the bad guy of Double Dragon is Robert Patrick, who is the T-1000 from Terminator 2. Double Dragon has oh. a 13%. It's uh, probably worse than that. <laughs> and Street Fighter? Uh, Street Fighter has 10. Wow. I, I'd say it's a little better than that. Now, at least in modern day, I think it's better than that. Maybe. Right. I, I wouldn't know. Yeah. 1995 saw the release of only one with Mortal Kombat. The one where the curse, st- where the, where the, where the uh, myth of the curse began. I mean, I can imagine like if you're like a super like a super video gamer in the '90s, like, and you get Mario, and then you get Double Dragon, and then Street Fighter, and you're like, Jesus Christ, guys, can we not? And then Mortal Kombat comes out, and it's like it's the bare minimum of good, and you're uh, like, this is the Holy Grail. <laughs> um, I like Mortal Kombat. It's fine. As, yeah. as I've as I've started to, to clarify, like I've I've had to change my perception, my perspective of like this myth that there's no good video game movies outside of Mortal Kombat. Look, that's not true. Um, Mortal Kombat. I will. I now say is the first good video game adaptation, uh, which is why I kind of hope that maybe we get the parallels of like the first good with the first great mm-hmm. new one coming out this year. Maybe. I would. Uh, anyway. I would definitely say Mortal Kombat. I got the nostalgia goggles on for that movie. I watched it a lot as a kid. I really loved it. Um, I didn't play the games all that much, but that movie was. I knew of the games, and that movie helped me. I want to say grow a attachment to the games even more. Mm-hmm. I so, really like the I, I really like the movie. I'll be honest. Yeah, yeah. The first, I mean, of course, you got the, that killer theme song. Every time that you can be at some club in Vegas, you could turn that song on, and you and guarantee a bunch of people in the audience go, "Oh hell yeah, Mortal Kombat!" Uh, Sparks, what you've been uh, trying to say? Uh, I watched that movie for the first time a couple weeks ago, and I think it is all right. That's fine. Uh, um. 1996 did not see a movie, but 1997 saw the release of Mortal uh, Kombat Annihilation. Mortal Kombat is 43%. Yeah, I fine. will agree with that. Yeah, uh, That's a movie yeah. I, can't, I will not defend hard. Um, Mag says, MK Defenders of the Realm is not a theatrically released film. Mm, yep. And it's animated. Um, I never saw it. Um, Mortal Kombat Annihilation was 1997. And then people were like, oh no, what have we done? Let's stop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, we have some things to say about Annihilation. Uh, we talked about both of these films in depth last week, so te- last definitely week, check yes. that out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, it's it's not good. It's got a two. 
I agree with that. <laughs> I, definitely, I definitely It's agree. the only film in the bottom five that's not directed by Uwe Boll. That's nuts. That's true. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, uh, ben, I'll let you take care of the chat while I do this. Okay. So, yeah, um, chat, we're, not, we're not ignoring you, chat. So, really quick, uh, think fat. Think, think fact. Sorry. Tongue tied there. Uh, I wonder if making a video game into movies just doesn't work well. It's kind of like turning a 3D object to a 2D object. There's so much from the experience that's cut out. Very yeah. true. Uh, Lulu, uh, also, uh, Lulu also says Bison in Street Fighter was the best. Sad that it was his last movie um, after, I want to say, Gomez in the Adams yeah. Family. Yeah, okay. that well, unfortunately, yeah, Street Fighter was his last movie, and he I passed think, away of cancer. I think it definitely, oh. especially in the modern age, depends on what video game we're talking about. Because, like, Last of Us being turned into a television show makes perfect sense. You're basically getting but like that. Just the cutscene. That's a movie. That's a long movie you play. Yep. Uh, yeah. So it makes sense. Uh, so that it really not, depends on the video game. That is not mm -hmm. what I think my 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 issue with it. Like, for example, I talked about this with you a bit about Spartacus, but um, there are video game movies that take very little from its uh, from its source that are good, and there are video game movies that take very so much from their source and it's bad. You know, there's oh. not a one to one. Uh, problem that these all these video game movies have had. They've all tried different things. I personally think the the missing ingredient was the passion. Um, yeah, oh yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I I simply mean that I don't think that there's directly just an issue of making a video game into a movie. Yeah. I, I don't think that like it, it really depends on on not only the source material and what you're trying to do with it. It it you're right. It does depend on who's doing it and how passionate they are. But it is also like what are you trying to make and why are you trying to make it like. Is it a studio cash grab or is it like uh, I really want to make this thing? Yeah. yeah. And so then after the after Mortal Kombat Annihilation came Wing Commander, nineteen ninety nine. Oh my god, Freddie Prince Jr. baby. Yeah, I saw the trailer for this. I kind of wanted to see it. Oh, I forgot Matthew Willard. Yeah, I saw the movie when I was a kid. I I completely forgot about it. I've never seen it. I don't even know what the game is. Wing uh, Mark Hamill's in one of the games. I've heard oh, of the games. I didn't, I didn't know they had made. I didn't know they had made a movie of this. I I'd heard of the it, games though. Is this an uh, FMV video? You know what? I yes. think it is an FMV video. Oh, oh, they made a game about um. Damn. Uh, okay. <laughs> I I don't have a lot to say about it. It's a ten percent. Sure. I haven't seen okay. it. Can can comment. Um, this one's Lara Croft's Tomb Raider is next. Ah, the first Angelina Jolie Tomb Raider film. I remember people thinking it was fine when it came out, but also I was like nine. So, I it's. I mean, I watched it recently this year. It's fine. Yes, except perfectly acceptable. I life. think it's. I think Angelina Jolie is great casting in both of her movies, in movies that completely underutilize her. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's more of just like a generic thing, generic Indiana Jones. They're they're not even like solid. Excuse me, adventure films for what they are, and so it's like uh, mm -hmm. kind of a kind of a stinger. Yeah, the the second film is much more of an adventure, which I actually personally think it's better. Yeah, uh, yeah. that's a twenty percenter. I've never seen the. Mm, I, I might have gone a little higher, but I yeah, don't I disagree. A little better than that. I think it's probably realistically like a twenty-six, maybe even a thirty. But yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't necessarily commit to the thirty. Yeah. Right. Uh, uh, in between, looking at chat one more time. Uh, think oh, yeah. fact once again. The Witcher television show seems to be quite promising, and though originally based off the book, the video game's definitely a huge inspiration to its design. Maybe longer mm -hmm. formats work better. I agree. I uh, think. I think that it, depends. It really depends on the material. Yeah. Uh, longer format for Witcher and Last of Us makes sense. It doesn't make sense necessarily for uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah. So, you know, it really depends on what we're talking about. Very true. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think trans uh, moving a long format narrative into another long format narrative is a is a promising way to go. Especially because you like if if it is something that with such like density, you don't want to cut anything out that's important. Yeah, so, like length is always better. All right. Um, uh, and, I really like Angelina Jolie as Laura Croft. I like Angelina Jolie. I do too. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. 2002 saw the release of Resident Evil. Yep, it's good. Yep, I I like it. Certainly liked it more the first time I saw it. Oh, I'm sure. Again, okay. I was also like 10, so like, yeah, it's fun. It is. It, it's weird. So I picked up the first Resident Evil film on DVD while at Costco, and my dad just picked it up and said, hey, this movie looks cool. And I'm like, Ben, do you, have you heard of Resident Evil? That's a video game, right? I'm like, yeah. And he just bought it, and we watched it, and we liked it. Uh, uh, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, Lulu in the chat also says uh, she does not like the new movies. Disagree. Oh. It's actually in my top five. Yeah, we'll get to we'll get to the other Tomb Raider, but uh, yeah, I disagree. Um, <laughs> uh, for Resident Evil, um, not a good adaptation of the games, not by a long shot. However, Anderson's first Resident Evil is probably the only one that really tries to be a horror movie of the franchise, mm-hmm. and uh, it's it's not bad. It's fine. Uh, it's it's it does some really inventive stuff, especially for the time period. Yeah. Um, that laser death is still one of the coolest in cinema. That is yeah. a really cool scene with the lasers in the hallway. And it still yeah. looks so good. And they yeah. know and they know you love it because they bring it back twice. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good because like he thinks he can avoid it, but no, you no, no, you can never No, you can't avoid it. It's yeah. weird. Watch I remember watching the first Resident Evil movie and I remember really liking the first Resident Evil movie because it was like you see Alice, you see this team go into the go into like the hive, and I was I actually had really- that movie on the uh, I, the first time I ever saw that movie was on my PSP. Wow, you had it on the PSP? Mm-hmm. Nice. Like nice. a nut, you can play inside. It's like a nut, you can play inside. <laughs> God, uh, future episode it, 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 right there. Uh, uh, ben, you were saying something. Yeah, uh, I was just saying about how. Um, you know, I lost. Damn it, I lost it. It's been a long okay. time since I've seen Resident Evil too. Damn it. I I I I liked the first one. Um, I certainly like the two sequels better. Uh, I think I think Resident Evil is a pretty good horror movie considering the time period it was made in. Um, there's there's cool stuff to it. Uh, it's got a pretty pretty decent cast. Uh, young Michelle Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I mean, Fast and the Furious that, honestly comes around comes out like around the same the year. The, yeah. uh, Eric Eric Mabius and James Purfoy are both good. Yeah, James um, Purfoy is a bad guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I really, yeah. I really, um, uh, totally forgot what I was gonna say. Cool. Hell yeah, baby. <laughs> uh, yeah, Resident Evil sits at thirty five percent, which I think is a little low. Yeah, I, I agree with yeah. that. I get a solid fifty. Yeah, yeah I was just maybe like, up yeah, um, yeah, one of the reasons that uh, Paul W.S. Anderson uh, did so many Resident Evil movies is because after the failures of MK Annihilation, he like he hated that he was a part of a franchise that like that he was no longer a part of and like turned really bad. So he's like, "Cool, I'm going to be part of the Resident Evil franchise from the beginning to the end, even if I'm not directing all of them." He was still a part of the franchise because uh, Annihilation is just you know how it is. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, there's some good stuff in that in that in that first Resident Evil. 2003 saw Lara Croft Tomb Raider: The Cradle of Life, the second Angela Jolie film. I, I don't. I, I've seen it, but I don't remember it. I remember I like Jerry it better. Butler. Jerry Butler's in this one, right? I think. Uh, yes, yeah. Gerard Butler's in this. Yes. Yeah. Um, 
I think it's from what I remember of it, it's slightly an improvement, but not by a lot. Um, they they kind of get mixed in my head, and I kind of throw my hands up and go, I don't really need to ever watch them again. So mm-hmm. they're not very. They they just don't use her uh, her capabilities well. The first film, the second film uses less. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, Tomb Raider Cradle of Life is 24%. I'd go higher. Sure. Yeah, probably probably another where you'd push towards maybe 30. Yeah. Um, then in two, sorry, in the same year, 2003, also saw the first Uwe Boll film, which is not worth mentioning, which is House of the Dead. I saw that maybe in theaters, guys. Hold on. Uh, Angelina Jolie is Laura Croft. Uh, yeah. The I comics mean, even look like her. Yeah. You're, uh, you're totally entitled to that opinion. Hey, Except she won new... Laura Croft 20 years ago. Yeah. yeah. The, the new uh, comics are, 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 are set in the new games universe, so they don't geez. look like her. She is not my Laura Croft. Um, Silent Hill and the movies based we'll get to on it, it were quite Hell strange. Yeah. Uh, not bad or great. The weird story changes like making it based in West Virginia and not Maine like the game. Just why? Weird small changes. We'll talk about it. Yeah. Um, so then House of the Dead and then 2004 saw Resident Evil Apocalypse, which is my favorite of the Resident Evil films. Yeah, Resident Evil Apocalypse. Um, definitely the one that worked the hardest to bring in material from the games. Um, there's a little bit of material from the games in all of them sprinkled in, uh, but Apocalypse is very much trying to pull at stuff from Resident mm-hmm. Evil 2 and 3. Yeah, Star stuff, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Raccoon City-based, uh, Nemesis, obviously, mm-hmm. big thing. Um, Jared Harris is in it. I I think Apocalypse is pretty fun. Doctor Strange. Um, oh, did fair. Mm-hmm. Oh, did fair, yeah. Oh, did fair comes in that one. He helps I like, a lot for why I like I it. like that you said Doctor Strange like he's Doctor Strange. Yeah. <laughs> in my head, he is. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Resident Evil Apocalypse uh, it has a weird sweet spot where where I definitely like it a bit. I don't know if I like it more than the first person. Yeah. yeah. But, but I do seen, think it's fun. We see Nemesis for the first time in that game. In that mm-hmm. game. Movie, right? The only time. Yeah, that's, it's his yeah, movie. Yeah. That is um, the movie about Nemesis. What is Remember, the... He is her. He is her good friend who gets taken at the end of the first one. In yeah, the that's right. That's right. Okay, I'm sorry because with the Resident Evil movies, the way that they're like named, I always forget which one is which because it's not Resident Evil two, three, four, five, or whatever. It's well, the Resident last Evil one's called Extinction. the Final Chapter. That one's easy. Okay, that one's easy because I'm talking about like Extinction or was it Apocalypse? Like Apocalypse Extinction is like which one goes where? I keep forgetting. After Life. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. There's a that's, there's a lot. That's that's merely a matter of you not having enough familiarity with the franchise. True. Um, what's this one rated? Twenty uh, percent, which I think is low. Uh, I'd probably, I'd, I'd say it's a little higher. Uh, I'd say if if Resident Evil is about fifty to me, I, I would say Apocalypse is closer to like thirty for me. Yeah, I can yeah. see that. Maybe I, maybe uh, even forty. Resident Evil is probably about forty for me personally, but I'd go so I'd go about maybe forty five, fifty for Apocalypse because I like it the most. Yeah, you really like it. I, I totally understand that. Two thousand five saw the release of Alone in the Dark by Uwe Boll and Doom. Oh. So this is a this is a this is too bad. Uh, I so I realized I've seen almost every video game movie on this list up to a certain point when I stopped you know t- going to the movies as much. But uh, yo, uh, Doom has some cool stuff. The rocks in it, so that's cool. That's I like the, the uh, first person shooting moment. Uh, it's Doom's, I didn't like that. Doom's biggest mistake is trying too hard to emulate the Resident Evil films' success. Uh, they take way too much of the aesthetic of being in that that space, that building. Tight that, corridors with soldiers. Uh, what they had mm-hmm. with Resident Evil that they were like, that movie was good, let's do that. And it was successful uh, enough, we're like, oh, let's ape it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And uh, th- that that is what really 
like shot Doom in the knee is that they just tried way too hard to be something that they weren't. Uh, I, I think that would be, I wouldn't remember it at all if it wasn't uh, for The Rock and him becoming like the villain bad guy at the end. That, like, that is one of the wild things about it. It's one of the few films where The Rock turns out to be the bad guy. Yeah, it's uh, pre, even, pre him. I had yeah. to look back at it this week because I didn't remember it that way. I remember Carl Urban becoming the bad guy because I thought about it and I'm like, there's no way The Rock became the bad guy, right? And even, then I had to go back and I'm like, oh there's no, There's even he did. a joke when he gets captured. He's like, wait, I'm not supposed to die. And then he gets pulled into yeah, yeah. the darkness. Yeah. Uh, and then he becomes a big evil monster. I, I Yeah, it's that's actually why I kind of like it i uh, like i'll say like like with with air quotes like heavy heavy caveats but like it's one of the few times that the rock does play a villain and i think he's really cool as a villain yeah i i do like that stuff it is it does feel like a lesser resident evil but it has a a cool final like battle between two super peoples yeah ben this, this is the first time i ever saw this movie oh you watched <laughs> it yeah i actually watched it this is the first one i watched and by god do i hate it yeah, I told told you. Especially to if it. you're like a fan of the franchise, like I, it is, oh, it is so not is, even that game. This is one of those. Okay, so I know, it, like when I first saw the trailer for Doom, I, I mean, okay, when I p- first played Doom when I was a little kid, I didn't know exactly what was going on. I just saw bad guys, monsters, kill those guys. Um, like when I'm watching this movie, it's like, oh, they put the BFG in there. Only because they had, I feel like it's like, hey, let's put some elements of Doom in here because, well, you say Doom, you have to have the BFG in there somewhere. But then it's like, cool, where is the poor of the hell? Where are the it's, imps? And then you have the guy right. named Pinky who, oh, just. Mm. Oh, that was funny. <laughs> yeah. But Pinky yeah. makes sense because he turns into a Pinky monster. Like, that's what the monster's called. Like, that, that, yeah, too, that, that's not sure a problem. Doesn't look like, it's called that. Sure as hell doesn't look like that. Yeah, cool. that's. That's not the problem I have with the movie. No. It's a cool. I mean, the one monster. thing about this movie. Here's the thing, is here's that, the thing Ben. Hold on, Ben. I was going to say what I was talking about was the idea of like, you know, some video game movies take too take too little or too much. And it doesn't really matter with the quality like doom. If doom had changed all that and was good. Like that's, there's a world where that's possible. Mm-hmm. They could have made that work. Unfortunately yeah. it didn't though. <laughs> no, I really like when you saw, when we saw the human remains on Mars, it's like, Oh, this could be like, maybe the, they called these monsters demons or something that could have been like a good way to circumvent the portal to hell thing but they don't. I mean, the one scene that really freaked me out was like the eyes in the darkness. And then the more eyes in the darkness, I really hate scenes like that. It's a, it's a scare for me that gets me every single damn time. Yeah. But the rest of it, like the first person shooter scene, I just did not like, it just looked God. I, mean, I know this is 2003. I know the standards for are like really low or 2005. Thank you, Sparks. It's 2005. The standards are really, really low. But it just still looked really, really, really bad. And I'm even I, trying to. I'm even trying, ready for I'm even trying, hell. Yeah, I'm also <laughs> even trying to listen because uh, Fanny said she saw this movie and said, "Yeah, there's music in there." I didn't hear any of the classic do 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 do. I heard none of it. Yeah, uh, I, I know that's a silly, stupid thing that I get hung up on the movie for, but I feel yeah. like if this movie was called anything else besides Doom, it would have been just a, a meh action movie, but. It is one of those things where it is so dissimilar from the game. Why do you call it Doom? Because like I do agree, Brandon. You don't have to take all the elements from the game, but if you're not even going to do anything remotely like it, why call it Doom? Well, it's it's like what uh, Brandon was saying earlier. Like there, nobody working on this had passion for the game. Not at all. It's very clear that nobody had a passionate care for those games because there's nothing aesthetically that comes over from those games yeah. directly. This is like a this is like a weird movie about genetics and like the whole thing is about Dooms. Like scientists are trying to get stuff from hell. Like it's it's really easy. They make it overly complicated in that Doom movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but hey, The Rock is a big monster soldier at the end. But I do like how The Rock becomes the bad guy. 
Because the whole time, the, when I remember this movie for the marketing back in 2005, they were saying, like, look, we have The Rock. And I was like, oh, he's probably the good guy. And then once revealed he's the baddie, I'm like, oh, that's neat. I like that. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, what's Doom's rating? 18. Sounds about right. Sounds yeah. about right. Yeah. Too high. Go lower. Just <laughs> Real quick. Sorry. Um, uh, the, the straight to DVD Doom Annihilation sequel that everyone ripped on, I watched it because I was free on Netflix. If you're looking for a Doom movie, it's not bad. That's a movie where the people knew the games and it's a, it's a, they're not taking it seriously movie. So it's a bunch of like big soldiers saying really shitty things, not shitty things, like silly things like big soldiers would, but like a tongue in cheek fun way. So like, if you actually want to watch a, a decent Doom movie, watch that one. Cause like, it's, it's, it's not terrible. Yeah. 2006 saw the release of Blood Rain, Silent Hill and Dead or Alive, DOA, Dead or Alive. Um, I saw two of these in theaters. I didn't know DOA came out. Was it Blood I Rain? I was going to say, was it Blood uh, Rain? Yeah, let's, I saw Blood Rain. Let's oh. get DOA out of the way real quick. Uh, DOA, uh, I only watched a video essay about it. Boy, does that look like a right I watched a video essay as well. Um, that has a 33%, which I think is way over. over well, we haven't diverse. seen it, so I can't say. I, I haven't seen I didn't even know a Dead or Alive even made a movie. And I, I kind of knew. I kind of knew. Everything everything has a movie, whether you know it or not. Tekken has a movie? Yes. We'll talk about it. Theatrically yeah. released movie? Yes. Here's the thing. Here's oh, the thing. Shit. Watching watching what I watched to con- to understand that movie, yeah. um, Silent Hill is right next to it yeah. at 31%, two less. Yeah. And uh, that's crap. No, I um, Silent yeah. Hill is not bad. Uh, Silent Hill is a pretty darn good movie, y'all. So who who here has actually played the game? Silent Hill. How Ooh. close? How close is that? How close is that movie to the game? And this is the best video game adaptation ever made. In terms of adapting the video game, there is almost nothing that's not from the game and used in a fun, interesting way that no other movie on this entire list does. This is the most accurate to any video game movie ever made. Is it the best movie? No. Is it the best adaptation? A billion percent. Literally, literally every frame is something from the game. It's incredible how much is in, in the movie. It's insane. Oh, good, good thing. Well, okay, because that's one of the things I want to talk to you about because um, because one of the things that was really hard because a lot of the because some of the movies I have seen most um, Silent Hill and um, Warcraft I've never played those games I've only know about them through like internet memes or just people talking about them so it was really hard for me to judge Silent Hill on how good is it as a movie wise and also as a video game movie because I don't know what the games are I just know Pyramid well, Head wait, wait, wait. Cosplay just judge it as a movie well wait then <laughs> then you can judge it just as a movie it's ju- it's also <laughs> just a movie. <laughs> Well, as a movie, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was I thought it was nice. I had a good I, time with it. I watched it in theaters. Uh, I remember liking it. I remember liking it. And then I watched it this time. And I wasn't too crazy about it this time around. I do like how it looks, though. Um, the, visual st- the visual aesthetic I'm really into. And I like the little mm-hmm. girl. I think she's really good. She is. Uh, uh, for 2006... Uh, this this horror film comes at a time where we're where we're just turning that corner away from slasher and we're starting to go into the like let's ape what was popular in Japan kind of stuff. The grudge and stuff, yeah. Uh, yeah, the grudge and the uh, one the ring. call, the ring. all that kind of stuff is happening right now. And I feel like Silent Hill is a weird breath of fresh air that came out at that moment that I was too young when I saw it to really Same. care about and appreciate. Yeah. And now looking back, I'm like, yo. This is a pretty this is a pretty well-rounded. I have seen so many horror movies do similar ideas since Silent Hill, way way worse. 
and this is not bad. This, uh, the, I find it pretty impressive. The yeah. genius concept of having Sean Bean be on the outside and he's your tool for exposition. So the main characters who are in it don't have to be exposition tools. They don't get the information. They're allowed to be confused. But you as the audience don't need to be confused. Genius. Yo, <laughs> I loved the ending of the movie of Silent Hill. I just Great. Love, love it. I just love how it is a very... St- I mean, a part of me wants to talk about the ending in like full detail, but also at the same time, I don't want to split for anyone who's watching slash listening. It's but a cool, ambiguous, cool, like weird ending. I don't want to spoil it because I do think in, it's worth watching. In the yeah. horror movie crowd, I have to tell you, like, like a lot of people I know who are fans of horror movies have seen Silent Hill, and that ending is iconic. Yeah, uh, like it, it is. That was an iconic ending choice, and uh, I, it's wild to me to look back because I used to think maybe the only good thing was the ending, and I had to go back and see it this time, and I'm like, oh no, Silent Hill's like strong. Silent Hill is uh, really strong. The things, the things that it does with the camera work are really strong. There's not a, I don't think there's a single jump scare in the whole movie, which for a horror movie is unfounded. That's another reason I respect it so much. It is a movie on pure atmosphere and pure tension and pure, uh, just dealing with the environment and how you don't know your environment. Um, I would say, I would would say a really good jump scare and also a really good sequence is when Pyramid Head gets Sybil and Rose trapped in the. where the where the pyramid head is constantly stabbing at the sword into the room, and they're just screaming. And you know what's iconic oh. to me is when she, when when he shows up behind the the religious chick, yes. and he just yeah. rips her skin off. Oh, oh my god. god! He literally like you see the skin. It's a practical a, a skin set, and it, like he starts ripping it, and you're like, oh, that's a real thing right there. That looks too real. And then it's CGI rip off, but like horrifying like some really grotesque stuff like straight from the games that i love uh, the the use of the video game score as the score is brilliant uh works incredibly well so ben the entire score of this movie is from the games not only oh. that but but the director f- flew out the composer of the game on multiple oh. occasions so he can get the true feeling of the game this is a this is a passion project the guy who directed this movie he sought out the rights for five years to make this movie this is a wow. passion project yeah this this is one of those where passion really really plays out on the screen i think and- and what is it rated on Rotten Tomatoes again? Uh, I'll tell you in a second. I just wanted to say one more of my notes, which is like another thing that I really love about this movie, and I can't stress this enough um, because it's going to come up a few times, but but specifically because it's a horror movie and as a video game movie, that it just tosses you into the deep end at the opening. Shit, it doesn't ease you in. You Shit is going wild right off mm-hmm. the bat with her uh, her sleepwalking, her nightmare visions. Like You, you are in it immediately. I love that. Uh, I think that's great. This has a 31%. Uh, oh, that's criminally low. God, no. Uh, that is 70- criminally low. I think, up, bump it up towards the 70s, 80s I, for me. I think me. this is legit. Like, if this came out now, people would be like, I think people would love it. Yeah. I, love the know, whole, I think the horror crowd, like, like this is a good horror crowd movie. Horror, horror movie audiences are different now than they were at the time. Again, like, we were turning a weird corner at that point. I think there would be way more genre appreciation for this movie at this time. I, uh, I Even though I'm not as hot on, on, the, on this one as you guys are, even I would go, like, 50s 60s yeah yeah for sure like 31 is just way too low that and again I, that movie is a well-made film i think it's honestly the fact that it was a video game movie at a time where people still like even in 2006 like people like weren't hot on video games people still didn't think video games are art like that's still a conversation we have today in, in a weird yeah. way but like even back then like they just weren't given the same chance even if they were good like i'm trying to think what was going down in 2006 where people were really putting their nose down to video games i mean 2000 that, let's move on that, to Sure. Away, Brian. Yeah. No, I'm good. Go ahead. You sure? Yeah. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I really was. No, no, no. I just it's it, it's not a tangent we need to talk about. Okay. Well, 2007, 
uh, saw the release of Resident Evil Extinction, uh, Postal by Uwe Boll, and Hitman. So Postal, oh. even though I know you're gonna probably talk like it's it's not it's his it, it's Uwe Boll's best movie. Uh, which is a weird thing to say because he makes nothing but bad movies. That is a really, really good version of Postal, which is a really gross game. That is a game about being offensive. And so the game about like, it's, it's a very like tongue in cheek joke about America and stuff. So like in terms of being an adaptation, Postal is a totally fine bonkers action movie. Uh, I will never watch it again though. <laughs> um, did I'm you see the Hitman movie? The what movie? Did you see the Hitman movie? Yeah, I, just two. And I only saw the first one and Timothy Oliphant. He he's talked about it. He needed a new he needed a new uh, pool. He got a new <laughs> like, hey, that movie is not Hitman at all. What if Hitman was a really caring person? And he had to save a girl. He had to kill. That's not what that character's about. He's a murderer. Sounds like they tried to do the transporter. A hundred percent. It's a hundred percent that. There's a lot of what we're going to talk about. Like I was going to say that Hitman is very much trying to to copy off of uh, what was successful with the transporter franchise at this time. Mm. I think I think that is a trend we're going to see and we're going to discuss where the ones that we have liked the most in general, the ones that across the board tend to land better with us usually are trying to do something that is either wholly working on its own, or at least more working in tandem with what the video game is rather than trying to copy a movie trend that has been successful. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Resident Evil Extinction is your favorite Resident Evil sparks. Uh, just real quick, just to not to ignore the chat. Yeah, uh, that's out of all the things to get this movie accurate, t- referring to Silent Hill, yeah. they set it in West Virginia, Pennsylvania, and took it out of Maine. I I wonder why. I, I don't know. They put it in Maine because it's a, that's a Stephen King thing, like West Virginia. No, they uh, took it out of Maine. They took Silent it out of Hills Maine. Games are yeah, in Maine. It's in. Because the movie takes place in West that's Virginia. What I'm saying. They took it out of Maine, and yeah, yeah. like it was originally inspired because Stephen King stuff is in. Maine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, why was, did they take it out? Oh, yeah, because filming look because because filming it in West Virginia is easier. Yeah. Well, also I want to say because the town of Silent Hill is underneath a coal mine, and West Virginia is known for its coal. Oh, that's actually a way better reason. Yeah, because they say because they say in the movie that the town ta- that the coal mines underneath the town are on fire still, and that's why the town died and they had to evacuate it. So it so that way it's like, well, what's the you know what the, the known for coal yeah. West Virginia? That's a good that's a good excuse. But you know what the likely answer is? West because, Virginia had a better tax break. Probably. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, almost heaven, West Virginia. Sorry. So, uh, yeah, Resident Evil Extinction, um, 100% my favorite of the franchise. Um, it is so very far away from the games in a major way. Mad but, Max was on But it, I love it for that. Uh, I love it just being its own thing. It is written by Anderson, but it's not directed by him. It is actually directed by Russell Mulcahy. Apocalypse is also not directed by Anderson, right? Apocalypse is not directed by Anderson. It's directed by Alexander Witt. Um but uh, Anderson always writes these. Um, yeah. uh, so Extinction uh, is directed by this other director. Brandon and I, both our favorites are, are not directed by him. So, you know, take from that what you will. But uh, I think Extinction is really cool. It's Mad Max with zombies. And I think it really worked, especially for the time. This was 2007. Uh, this movie hits in the best ways. I think Alice is probably the most well-rounded, fully-fleshed character in this one. She kills a bunch um, of crow she has, zombies. She has clear emotional stakes. Her connection with Odin Fair's character, who returns from the second one, really makes the movie land for me. I watched it again easily this week because I really like that one. That's the one I go back to the most. Um, it's just not a setting you see, especially at the time, but even now, uh, zombies in, in general, and it was a lot of fun to do. Um, you got Jorah Mormont as the bad guy. Hell like, yeah. I... Resident Evil Extinction is a good time. I I have very little like it's it's not great, but like uh like it's not for being incredible, the third, but for being the third Resident Evil movie, it's super good. Uh, 
that it took such a unique direction and really made it its own. I'm I'm rather impressed with. Again, and then he did that not, not again good, and again and again and not again. a good adaptation of the games, but it does feel like something very uniquely in itself, and I really like it. Yeah, yeah. Next year, uh, Resident Evil Extinction has a twenty four percent, and I say uh, that is way more like a fifty you need sixty. To pump those numbers uh, up. I I personally would go up to seventy. That's oh, me. Ooh, spicy. Um, even I go up, I go up more. In the name of the king, for season eight, so in the name of the king, a dungeon siege tale, Uwe Boll. It, it's bad. Uh, <laughs> Far Cry by Uwe Boll. It's bad. <laughs> and Max Payne with Mark Wahlberg. It's bad. Ooh. God. I remember my brother playing Max Payne two. Max Payne's so cool. And that's man. it. That's all um, I remember because I remember seeing the trailer for the movie and I thought, oh okay, this looks like Sin City. It's a great trailer. I re- I rewatched the trailer with him. Sick trailer. Bad movie. Uh, I didn't watch this. Uh, I watched a video essay mm-hmm. about it. Um, I I think that there are two things I want to apply to this. Uh, I can't explain to you exactly why, but Max Payne seems like it's trying very hard to emulate the success of Sin City, uh, the film Sin City, and also the success of uh, Keanu Reeves' Constantine film. It's trying to be some weird mesh of those two things for that time period. And uh, it it doesn't seem to work. Um, It doesn't. uh, It's also super weird because Max Payne is a game that is heavily like a game inspired to tribute uh john woo films and you're taking that and you're translating that back into film and everyone's like why didn't john woo make this max and, Payne film and because it's like that yeah. been the logical translation choice and it's not and so nothing in here really works because nothing in here is working to be that john woo it's style, like hard so it's hard-boiled like detective shit gone. with with awesome john woo uh it was the first game to do bullet time you know like slow motion mm. like the matrix stuff um and then yeah they decided well what if we what if we took that slow motion stuff and that was it though and then we'll get Myla Kunis in it. Uh, Mag in the chat says, glad the director retired. Uh, <laughs> okay. Harsh. Damn. Dude, it's his favorite game. Max Payne ruined his life. <laughs> uh, Max Payne sits at 16%. Um, sure. Pro- probably about that. Yeah. Yeah. No reason Maybe. to think otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. 2009 only, only saw the release of Street Fighter, The Legend of Chun-Li. Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. I forgot that... Uh, that's no good. Uh, <laughs> isn't the guy? Isn't the guy who plays Damien Dark in, yes. Arrow, in Arrow? He's M Bison. Yeah, he was M Bison, wasn't he? Michael Michael Clark Duncan and Moon Bloodgood are in this. Yeah, and yeah. So is Kristen Craig. Let me let me tell you about uh, how how great this movie is. So M Bison uh, is an Irishman, uh, but he was raised in Japan, and so he's like he's he's like Japanese. He's Japanese in the movie, uh, but it's just Neil McDonough. Um, <laughs> he owns like he Shadowloo is like the organization, and like he works in Japan, and it's just like. Like the most just like whitewashed awful thing you can think of. It's awful. Chris Klein is in it from the American Pie movies, if you know him. Legitimately one of the worst performances in a movie I've ever seen. It's like lauded, like Razzie's bad. He's really bad in it. Um, that's Ooh. a great like watch with your movie, watch with your friends, like drunk or high movie. Uh it's it's <laughs> atrocious, guys. Yeah. So sad. Poor uh Kristen Crick. Like it's that was gonna launch her and launch her. That was her nothing. trying to get out of get uh launched into a film career out of Smallville and Somebody that did not work. Should have saved her. Wait, wait, who does she play? She plays Chun Li, the main character. What? Yeah, it's a bad uh, movie. I'm good. Uh, not oh. that's that's perfect, actually. Yeah. It's at what five percent? Yeah. Oh man. Uh, yeah. Not to ignore the chat. Lulu is saying she did not like the Max Payne game movie. Can't remember it. Neither can we. Sorry. Well, I, I, I haven't played the game. I haven't played the game, and I haven't seen the movie. 
hot dog. I remember my brother getting to a part, certain part in the game and putting it down and never picked it back up. And then a few weeks later, he sold it at GameStop. Wow, power to the players. 2010 saw the release of Tekken, Prince of Persia, of the Sands of Time, and Resident Evil Afterlife. I, I didn't see Tekken, but I saw the other two. I, I, didn't, I didn't. I saw the trailer for Tekken. It actually looked like a wild ride. Shang Tsung's in that. I'm, I'm, I'm curious about that one because I like Tekken a lot, but I didn't hear the best things. Uh, so And I, it, I don't, it didn't like, come out big in America because yeah. uh, other movies were coming out too. So like, I don't know. But uh, Tekken didn't see it. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time, Disney. Uh, uh, yeah, this this is higher than some other things on this list, and I don't agree. Um, Prince of Persia, Sands of Time. Not holding up, I'm guessing? No. I didn't no. want to watch it. Uh, uh, awful lot of whiteys playing Iranians. Oh, hell so Gemma, yeah. So Gemma Arterton, uh, in the same year, played... Uh, the played the most beautiful woman in the world in Clash of the Titans and the most beautiful woman in the world in Prince of Persia. Hell yeah! The I same year, very pretty. Yeah, um, yeah. I, most annoying voice in the world in Prince of Persia. Oh, does she have that? Oh yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I rewatched this one. I haven't seen it since theaters. Um, I remember enjoying it kind of in a fun way. Yeah. I can definitely tell tell why mm-hmm. it's how it's like really trying to be Pirates of the Caribbean. And Jake Gyllenhaal, uh, his accent is awful, and the the brown face is is not aging well at all. Oh, Everyone's boy. accent is bad. Oh, um, uh, there's a scene where the king and one of the one of Jake Gyllenhaal's brother characters, who are both white but playing Iranians, um, uh, are there, and it's the king talking to the prince, and they both have like thick British accents that they're trying to avoid, and it's like this is just you could tell me this is Europe, and I'd be like, yep, there's this. It's so. Oof, man! Um, and Prince of let's, Persia. Let's all respect so cool. that uh, this movie. The the one thing I'm grateful for is this movie is the thing that made Jake Gyllenhaal decide I need to be more careful about the roles I choose, and I, so he decided I, how he's going to be more careful about projects that he worked on from that point on. Hell yeah! Because uh, he was not proud of how this turned out. That's, uh, that's yeah, it's awful. There, there are I, some cool action beats, um, and the sand time effects that they do are translated incredibly well. I from remember like game to screen thinking that was it, cool. it looks so much like what the game is doing done. Well, like th- that part is really good. Do I remember there being like an ostrich race or yes. something? Yeah. Uh, that's with Alfred Molina and Alfred Molina. Yes. Alfred Molina is fun. I remember because that. He always commits and yeah. he's fully committed, man. He's, he's a privilege to have on screen. Uh, but there's just, um, what I, what I experienced this time is cause I remember when I saw it in theaters, like I was like, eh, this is a fun, a fun adve- adventure romp. Yep. Dip, 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 yep. Uh, this time I was like, man, there's a lot less good fun humor in this. This is a Jerry Brookheimer producing. So yes, they were trying to recapture the pirates magic and it, it didn't happen. Yeah. Uh, is, is what's up. And Brandon, I'm sure you loved all the snakes. Also, (laughs) there's two things I remember about that movie. There's, there's, I remember Jake Gyllenhaal saying, give me the DACA with a bad accent. And then I also remember the ending being a huge cop out where they just reverse time to fix everything. And that's always like the literal worst thing to do in one of these things. I mean, you kind of, and you kind of get it because like they, they murder like everyone he loves along the way. And you're like, so this movie is just going to like, the second you know, and it's like, then what's the point of the rest of the movie? No, I remember that the ending part, the only thing I can vividly remember from this movie is after his brother, the prince, or whatever, or the king, or some, some dude pushes the da- like hits the dagger, rewinds time, and then he goes, "Oh, thank God you pressed it." That's yeah, all I brother. remember. Yes, his that's brother. All yeah. I remember from this movie, besides and that, I, 
Yeah, I've Spec Kids seen, that guy. So I've only seen this movie once. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing the trailers for it, thinking this movie's going to be bad, which sucks because the games were on a super big high at the time. You got three amazing Prince of Persia games, the first they, one being Sands of Time. They released a, was, a game with it at the same time. They did. Yeah, and yeah. I was yeah, actually... Good. I. I wanted to get the Prince of Persia games because this was a franchise that was back on the, I would like the lose go like this one, possibly the C64 days, the, the, M, like the very older days of games where it was a huge franchise and it got resurrected in the, in, in the PS2 era. And I was like, man, I really want to play these Prince of Persia games. I see the movie. I, now I really want to play Prince of Persia because I want good Prince of Persia. Well, Ben, there's that, that remake bad. coming There's that remake coming out very soon by yeah. yourself. Um, yeah. You can never forget that it's supposed to be in the Middle East because everything is such a washed-out, gross yellow. Uh, right. Because that's how we—that's how we define something as the Middle East. And uh, they try to—they try to hide the makeup effects in that color tone because they don't—they don't, they don't really want you to know that they put brown makeup on a bunch of people. Aye, aye, aye. Yeah, it's uh, it, it don't hold up. I don't recommend. Is that the it. last time we've done very serious? Oh no, because uh, Aloha with Emma. Oh yeah, Emma Stone. Oh yeah. I was like, no, was that the last not. time we had bad, like bad whitewashing? Oh like that? God, no. no. Um, so that's a that's a thirty-seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes, and I'd say, yeah, probably Pro- maybe at even the a time, little less. Thirty-seven, probably now, no. Uh, yeah, probably even a little <laughs> um, less. Yeah. Uh, there's certainly like some good. Th- Again, like the action is pretty good. There's a lot of like what you could tell is influencing the future that is Assassin's Creed, but both from like, you know, what the Prince of Persia games were doing anyway to, to lead to the Assassin's Creed games. But like, there's, there's just a lot of style stuff that's very similar there. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it was a slog to sit through. I'm kind of glad I, I didn't rewatch it. Yeah. I don't blame you. I, I feel like I needed that or I was going to be more positive on it. And I oh, need to yeah, be yeah. reminded that like, Oh no, it's actually worse than I remember. Oh my God. Yeah. I had nice lenses in my mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I skipped Resident Evil Afterlife for some reason. Oh, uh, well, let's let's just touch Whoops. on that real quick. That's the I, one where after the desert, it's in the in the ocean. It's all it's all icy. No, it's all snowy. No, not not quite. This no. this one is the one where she's in the in between place on the way to Alaska, which where she was supposed to go, but Claire's plane landed in the wrong place, and so they're in this building with the Hammer Bros. Right, and okay, uh, okay. and her powers are gone. This is the one with the sick Wesker fight. Yes. Um, so the sick Wesker fight is at the end and that is good. However, uh, the biggest problem I have with this movie, um, this one is the most egregious offender of like way too much slow motion from, from Anderson in the franchise. Uh, uh, afterlife. I truly is my, I, the one I don't like of the resident evil franchise. Um, I don't like it. It's not a good adaptation of the games. It's not a good movie. It truly feels like filler. The whole movie just feels like a, a thing distracting you until you can get to Wesker and what would be like the next important thing of a Resident Evil sequel. And so you're just like waiting to get there and it takes so long. Um, and this is where he started to like change what his influence was. Um, there's a hard change from Resident Evil Extinction into this one where I can tell the thing that was successful at this moment was the underworld films. Mm-hmm. And Anderson is heavily, heavily trying to make Alice more like Celine yeah, in yeah. this movie than she had ever been before. Um, and that's where the film's influence feels like a lot. All his slow motion stuff is amplified, but it is coming specifically, it feels like stylistically from the underworld success. I only saw Afterlife once in theaters, but I just remember Claire and I think it's Leon 
having a sick Wesker fight. Leon's not in this one. Sorry, who is it then? Chris. Chris, sorry. They're all, none of them look like who they're supposed to be. I don't know who they are. Chris is, uh, Chris is, so Chris and Claire. Uh, Chris is uh, Captain Cold. Yeah. From the scene Leonard Schnart. Yeah. Um, and the... Hey, Real quick, uh, that Wesker fight's so good, and it's just Wesker going like he's doing like his like his um Chronicles of Riddick, the Underverse, like doing this thing and doing sick Matrix shit. Uh, great, stupid Resident Evil fight. I think it's fantastic. That movie is probably still not great. Yeah, yeah. I as Spark said, it it feels like filler. Uh, considering I I didn't know it. Had, what had happened was I I thought the movie I was walking into was the fourth one until I realized it was the fifth one. Oh, so the wow. fact that I didn't miss anything going into the fifth one, I completely understood what was happening coming off yeah. of three. Like I will agree with Sparks. Uh, that one has a 22%. I'd say that's probably about right. I think it's either, I think I saw that one in 3d. Like oh. I would maybe, I would maybe bump it up to it. That makes sense. That's the right. I'm pretty sure there's that. a dog who goes like Bleh! in 3d. No, that's Wesker. <laughs> Is that Wesker? Oh, okay. It's Wesker. <laughs> somebody goes <laughs> that's that's wesker got it um yeah uh i would maybe bump it to a 25 but that's that's like the best i would give it um we will do much more resident evil discussion at a later date uh because we spoiler alert ben we're gonna go through all six of these movies later this year when that new all movie right. comes out don't worry you got like six months you're fine um okay so 2011 2011 they skipped but 2012 saw the release of resident evil retribution the fifth film um and Silent Hill Revelations. Uh, I'm not going to talk about Retribution for too long. All I'm going to say is that um, it's it's big, dumb, stupid fun in a way that the fourth one wasn't. Uh, Anderson, like, both embraces, like, I'm going to be really silly. This is the fake uh, cities one? Yes. Okay, this is uh, This fun. is the one in the icy arc. This is the last there, one I think real, I saw. There's some real... <laughs> That's what I saw. The, yeah. You didn't see the final chapter. Got it. Um, and uh, it, it is... It is big dumb shit, uh, but he's having a good time and he's doing like greatest hits of everything that was. I good remember the in trailer. The trailer was like setting up like like uh, like a fake Alice living in like w with Oded Fair and like and then yes. it's like, oh I remember yeah and you yeah. get Oded Fair back you get Michelle Rodriguez back for this one so Clones. Uh, five Weird. is big dumb fun five mm -hmm. is big dumb fun mm -hmm. I remember having a good time and then uh, still has that Wonderworld Underworld influence going on but it's less egregious here. Uh, what's, the rating, what's the rating for Resident Evil? 28, um, and I would probably go up to 35. Yeah. Uh, so Silent Hill Revelation. I saw this one in theaters. I haven't seen it since. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't see it because I heard bad things. Same. I yeah. didn't know it existed. To be perfectly honest with you, I wanted to. I wanted to refresh my memory on it this time around because I remember, like it's Sean Bean and his daughter are on the run, and so it was like, wait a second, but his daughter was in Silent Hill at the end of the first film. Yeah. How did that happen? And so they do explain that. I, I just went to the Wikipedia page instead of watching it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Right. Two uh, Game of actors in both Silent Hill films, Sean Bean and uh, Kit Harrington is the second one. Yep. Yeah. Uh, it's a 10%. Um, I, from what I understand, it should be even worse. So. Also a big three. This was the era of big 3D pushes. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Um, all right. Then 2014. Next one is Need for Speed. I forgot about me. I saw this. Yeah. Hey guys, is I, Fast and Furious popular? Let's do that. Here's an excuse. I, a game about cars. You're absolutely right. I actually don't hate it. I think it's pretty decent. I think it's fine. I, I, truthfully, I don't even think it should be on this list because what the hell are you adapting? Yeah. Um, uh, practically nothing. Like it's it's very silly. Like uh, I think the only thing is that it's it's very shallowly trying to ape off the success of the fast franchise 
and also appeal to a crowd of people who like car video games at the same time. So I haven't seen uh, the movie. Uh, is there a lot of like cop car chases <clears throat> in the this movie? So uh, there's a lot of races. Okay. I, it's a racing I movie. The car action yeah. is pretty good. No, I know it's a racing movie, but like the franchise is known for like for having like like you either play well, as a cop or you play as a no, racer. That's Need for Speed Hot Pursuit. Oh, that's yeah. the game because it's only one game. And actually, when I heard this movie was coming out, I thought if they should have adapt if they were going to adapt any Need for Speed game, uh, I'm not not Need for Speed Underground. I'm thinking Hot Pursuit because you can have a really good cat and mouse game that's, of a cop yeah. trying to find a, a speed or a speed a street racer or a, a thief, and they just. Like you see a cop in a Lambo and the guy in a Ferrari and they just go at it. I wanted to. I want to say I, most of these movies I have uh, only seen until this week once in theaters and then I never saw them again. The Need for Speed is is that I didn't see it after I saw it the first time. Uh, he he is evading an army of cops and bounty hunters. Okay, then there you go. That's that's know. yeah. That is that is that movie. Okay, then it works. Uh, I I I just from what I understand, like all the character stuff is pretty weak. Oh yeah, yeah, of course. I'm just like I was like wondering what the plot is, and like, and I think again, like there isn't a plot to those games, but like having the cop aspect is like what those games are sometimes mostly known for. Yeah, that's, that's like the most popular ones. That's a twenty. Paul and Michael Keaton are in that movie, aren't they? Yep. Hey, people need houses all the time. Yeah. Uh, what did uh, you say? What did you say the rating was, Sparks? Twenty three percent. I have no reason. I honestly like I could have just liked it because I it was shit. Yeah. No. And Lula says, "Is it not a remake of a German movie?" Uh, Need for Speed. I, I mean, no, it's based no. off of it's, a long-running video it's game based franchise. Off a video game, and that's it. Uh, uh, since the '90s, it's been around. Yeah. yeah. All right, then. Uh, 2015 saw the release of Hitman Agent 47. I refuse to see this one. <laughs> I, I, was too, I was too deep in my like actual love for the games, and I heard it was bad. I'm like, I can't. I can't do this again. Not after the first one. Yeah. Um, so, but less said about that, the better. Yeah. 2016 saw the release of Warcraft and Assassin's Creed, both of which I saw this week. Nice. I saw, I, I saw uh, Warcraft. Uh, which one do you want to talk Warcraft. about? I definitely want to talk about Assassin's Creed first. Okay, let's do Assassin's Creed. Yeah, I, I um, missed uh, Assassin's Creed. Oh man, that was such a boring piece of shit. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. I think it's. I think it's uh, like. 70% not kind of I think it's 70% kind of lame I wouldn't call it boring I was interested in the stuff but I definitely thought everything involving the creed when it's in 1492 was radical when we're not in the past I'm bored out of my mind that's um, fair I totally get it well, yeah yeah I'm 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 really just interested in the past stuff I think when we're the, when we get the major exposition scenes or when he's about to go into the animus and so like there's energy there there's momentum there there's been more of that yeah um, yeah I, I think it would have been a lot better with more of that. And Definitely, then yeah. there's a moment where I feel like the movie is ending and I'm like into it and I'm like, oh my God, this is super cool. It's after the last animus sequence and he's climbing up to the river. I'm like, oh, this is, yeah, if we end here, holy shit. Uh, totally hotter on this film. And then there's 20 more minutes of boring shit left. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, I I mostly agree. Um, it, it's definitely something where like, I, I think the stuff in Abstergo landed just a little better for myself and for ryan than than your you brandon but i'm not because, like hot on it no but only because we're already aware of what's up 
with Abstergo and everything. And so it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm getting why they're saying the things they're saying. But I, I do think like if I tried to remove that from my brain and not know that, I don't think the film does it well. Yeah. Um, I think it's really, Abstergo looks like that in the games where it's just all white walls and white outfits and shit. And it's dull. It is a dull place to spend 70% of your movie. Yeah. Uh, it's, it was a bad choice. Michael Fassbender always commits uh and he he is here and that's cool um the period shit looks great yeah i think it looks all of awesome. the period stuff is so good the action is great the parkour is so good like it feels like 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 it's a shame because like obviously like and it's also this way with the games like people aren't really interested in the modern stuff it's like we want to be able to go to 1492 uh where are they spain yeah. yeah, we want to just go there. Like, we don't care about the modern stuff. It's also boring in the games. But, like, you have to have that for, for the reason you go back in time because, unfortunately, it's part of the plot. Yeah, all, uh, all of the effects of the, the period stuff, the costumes, the makeup, all of it looks really, really good. The fact I'm that like, it's all in Spanish, it's, it's great. I like yes, that. Yeah, they're all the, speaking Spanish the whole time. The action is really cool. I'm really invested in it. Uh, Absolutely. Even invested, like, emotionally in some of these characters. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just I like Michael Fassbender and I like the cast, honestly. Uh Brendan Gleason is in this and I like him. Um yeah. uh, the the guy from Lovecraft Country, he's in this. Michael K uh, something. Michael yes. Michael K. White? Yeah. I think so, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh yeah, uh as Baptiste. Yeah. Um yeah, it's it, like the, the bones of it are, are pretty good. I was saying to Ryan, like if I if I were trying to imagine how to grab a mainstream audience that doesn't play the games to be interested in an Assassin's Creed movie, I would just do a period movie that's about the assassin and at the end like lead into the Abstergo shit and the next movie actually does all this Abstergo and that at the same time stuff. Yeah. But sell them on the whole concept with a good period piece thing. Um because the idea the idea itself is it's it's an incredible idea going into going into the D, your DNA to go into your ancestors' history and then being able to actually look at it. That is a fascinating concept, and I think that is awesome. It's like bonkers '80s sci-fi. Yeah, it's a hundred percent like bonkers, like going into your genes, like to, to find something that's lost in time. That is that is why that franchise has always been cool because like it just allows you an escape to go to any time period, no matter what the time is. I I don't think they do a good enough job in the film of developing the creed. I also don't think they do a good enough job of developing their history as like battling factions of the creed and the templar yeah. um and that abstergo is the templar and like how that all relates and connects they don't make you care about that enough like we're like they're always about oh our life for the creed and like oh it, like it's supposed to matter to the creed but like the creed's never explored enough i was uh, i was reading an interview where they were like we wanted to we wanted it to be ambiguous whether or not the uh one side's the good guy one side's the bad guy we wanted that we wanted to either think that both sides are bad both sides are good and i'm like i don't get any of that in the movie no. no, that's very Abstergo's very clearly keeping people prisoners and stealing like their DNA to like that they're bad guys. Yeah, clearly. It's, yeah. It's, in doing that, they just didn't convey anything enough, no. um, which is a bummer. Uh, I I think the score is pretty good. Yeah, uh, I really do like that score. I think I'm probably going to have that score. I think it's pretty nice, especially when it's relating to a lot of the period stuff, especially the scene where all the ancestors are showing. Oh, up. that was so cool. Yeah. That was very I, Last Jedi. How I love been. that build-up moment. Um, I don't understand why or seeing, seeing many ancestors or just the one for uh, the for the lady uh, just changes who you are, but I guess it does. Oh, yeah, um, the, the Marion Cotillard. Uh, uh, spoilers, Ben, for a movie you'll never watch. Uh, yeah, like, she's evil this entire time, and then she sees that her ancestor was once an assassin. So her entire morals and character are just gone because, oh, I was an assassin once, I'm a good guy now. And I'm like, wow, movie. But then at the, movie, <laughs> but then at the end of the movie, she's like, maybe I'm not. Yeah, and I'm like, what? Ambiguous. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah the worst weird. part is the worst part, as Brandon alluded to, is that the movie's actually pretty hype as it's nearing the end of its third act, and then it goes on for another 20 minutes that are just the most boring way to do what it does yeah. that I could possibly imagine, which is essentially like 
there's there should be like tension about them being able to get to to these people that they need to kill and it's like super easy barely an inconvenience absolutely ridiculous they're all just there it's it's so dumb and i'm like it doesn't even make sense like why they would only kill the one dude i'm like literally everybody who's important in the templars which is the faction you're fighting against is all in a single room why didn't you shut them in and kill them all i don't get it uh and they don't convey anything about it well enough uh yeah, it's it's a pretty pretty solid disappointment in, overall because of that. In terms of being a video <laughs> game adaptation, uh, it's not a good movie, but I think it handles the source material pretty well. Uh, I agree. Like a lot of what the game is is adapted into the like, especially with all the period stuff and how the animus works with him and all that kind of stuff. That's all there. That's from the games, and it's done pretty well. It's and, just and that the movie's not interesting yeah, enough the, around it. The animus, the machine that they go into, it is way cooler in this than it is in the they games. They make it cinematic. In the games, you're literally just sitting sitting in a chair and you just put like a mm-hmm. helmet on. Uh, in this, like you actually get like a, like a visual representation of the past. That's like the coolest <laughs> sci-fi shit. I'm like, God, why couldn't they hold me to do this? Because uh, like, it's too expensive. Yeah. It has an 18% on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, I think Fastbender, Fastbender's performance and the period stuff being as good as it is earns it about a... F- 40 max for me but overall it's not half good yeah yeah uh but maybe even like a 35 but uh overall it's it's pretty weak yeah i think i'd probably go with a 35 (laughs) i'd say just like if you can just like youtube the the spain scenes like the youtube the 1492 assassin stuff because really like great all would just be a good short there's one beautiful long shot of just parkour action going on just running building tops i'm like god this is great uh i also rewatched warcraft this week which the other film that came out this year um, the first time I watched it, I was not too hot on it. I liked it. I didn't love it. Um, this time I was really into it. That's awesome. Yeah. That's uh, I really, I really enjoyed watching this movie. I'm so happy about that because we saw that in theaters together and I came out of it like, like amped. I was like, man, what a good time. I just, that was so Warcraft, all the Warcraft. And Brandon was like, yeah. <laughs> and I'm so happy you've turned on that. Like watching it, watching it, I realized what was happening when what's the main character's name? Lothar. Yeah. Uh, he he runs off the he runs barefoot off the tower onto a griffin. I'm like, yeah. Oh, why is he barefoot? I don't know. He lost his shoes in the in the clay golem. Cool. Oh, yeah. I finally watched Thank Warcraft. You. This is the first time I watched Warcraft. We're looking yeah. at the right moment. Yeah. yeah. yeah I watched uh, Warcraft for the first time and I really enjoyed it. I had cool. a blast with this movie. I mean. Once again, Warcraft never played the games. I've always wanted to play World of Warcraft, but I understand that that's farther down the Warcraft timeline. Yeah. Um, it's technically, war- like, if it was a sequel, it'd be called Warcraft 4. It is literally way past everything we just watched. Yeah, way yeah. past it. Yeah. But <laughs> I had a blast because I was curious because I think I, I talked to you or someone mentioned about the orcs and, um, like the orcs came from a different planet i'm like how the hell is there spaceship in this medieval fantasy another world? dimension yeah no dimension yeah they came from another dimension but i do agree i love all the orc stuff in this, this movie. is the movie this is the movie where i where i kind of realized my hypothesis like the big difference is that the people who are making video game movies now like the uh, the ones that have passion for them are the ones who grew up with these types of games not the mm-hmm. ones who grew up with pong yeah. um like we're like duncan jones was a, was a fan of warcraft and he was like i want to lay the groundwork for a warcraft franchise and honestly i think he did just that i am so on board with this world watching this a second time uh, yeah. he clearly has passion for it and i really responded to that passion in this movie yeah yeah i, I was really bummed how, okay I, I wasn't bummed how this movie ended because i'm like oh god they could that's the groundwork i see the groundwork and i i, I agree brandon when uh um 
what was his name again? The main Lothar. character, Lothar. Lothar. Thank you. Like when Lothar jumps off with the sword and lands on the griffin, I'm like, that is some cool shit. Or when the guardian starts turning evil and you see him grow the what I call the lich chin. Mm -hmm. uh, really good practical effects mixed with the really really great CGI that holds up so well. Those orcs look amazing. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. I've, I've really no problems with any of the CGI in this movie. Uh, it still looks fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Um. What was this movie rated on Rotten Tomatoes right now? Uh, this is a twenty-eight, yeah, which I oh, hard disagree with. Yeah, yeah. Hard. I would go way higher. Way higher. Seventies. Um, uh, yeah. This this film looks really good. Um, I do think like just for for translation's sake i don't think the stuff around the guardians uh it, the guardian and uh the people related to that are explained well i don't think their their relationship in the world is developed as well as i want it to be um i do think it's the weak point of the film um but beyond that like it, it ryan said it i think the best like the script just needed a little punch up I think a, a little bit of a punch up in this could have this could have really worked. Um, I love everything with the orcs. Uh, hardcore, every single bit of the orc stuff is is just my crack. Uh, I'm into <laughs> it. I, I wish this movie had uh, this movie has a ratio of about I'd say sixty human, forty orc. I wish that ratio was reversed um, because I love the orc stuff so much. Yeah. I love the setup for Thrall, uh, the little baby who goes away in the basket at the end. His name is Thrall. He's going to be the leader of the horde in the future. Um, mm -hmm. he's incredible. Uh, yeah, uh, it, it just, it, it's like almost there. Um, there's so much beautiful, colorful stuff going on here. Um, they've rendered the stuff from the games so well. They have the big dumb shoulder bracers, like they look in the game. Like it's, it yeah. is game translated. It, it for, for real. It's, yeah. it's so good. Uh, I, I, you're, you're absolutely right, Brandon. Like he set up the fantasy world that I want to spend more time in. And I hate that it, this didn't resonate with people and make the money because this deserved to get another shot. This was I, so strong. One of the things I really like is the designs of the orc. I've talked about how good the CG is, but when that elder, like, like magic orc, like took off his cloak and oh, I was God. like, Oh my God, those are, those are bone. I thought those were things, just decoration on his cape. Oh, he like, looks so cool. And he's ripped too. Uh, there is a little bit of a thing that I don't really like about the orc story that, that, that I don't understand. Like they, what's the guy's name? Goldar? Goldan. Goldan. Goldar is a different character. Uh, Goldan is power. Just, Goldan uh, cheats, and the orcs are like, "Yeah, oh, he he cheated. We're gonna kill him." And then he like saps three people, and he's like, oh, "Never mind." Yes, yeah, I yeah. Agree. Ryan and I said the same again. Like, it's just like all these little things were like, "Oh, just fix that up a little bit." Like, it's it's so close to being a really strong story, yeah. and it's just like, "Oh, it's just short of it." Yeah. And that's another one yeah. of those moments where I absolutely agree. It's that um, Warcraft is what I was thinking of when I alluded last time about uh, when we were talking about the Mortal Kombat movies. And I think we broke that video game curse long, long before we think we did, which most people would say is Pokemon Detective Pikachu, which we'll talk about later. Uh, I, I would make an argument that Silent Hill is where we broke that curse. Um, but I understand that not everyone would agree with me on that. Warcraft is where I think we can definitively say we broke that curse. We just didn't acknowledge it. The, the problem is um, that like, uh, like America, like fantasy is hard for them unless it's really good. Like Lord of the Rings. That's why there aren't a lot of really huge budget, big sure. fantasy things. And I just, as good as Warcraft is, it's not good enough for the regular people. You know what yeah, I mean? Absolutely. Like yeah. it's, it's like the genre fans eat it up, but like, I just don't think the script's good enough for regular people. Cause I think some of the human stuff's really lame to be honest. 
everything with the orcs I love, but specifically that that uh, that young kid wizard guy. I think he sucks. I think he kind of. I don't like the actor. I don't, I don't like him, and I think. Um, I love Ben Foster. That dude is a awesome genre actor, and he's Medivh, the like the Guardian. I think he yeah. turned into a generic lamo at the end. He looks cool, but like, uh, and he, there was no development for him, and that kind of took me out of it a bit. Everything with the Orcs I love, but like again, it's 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 missing just enough to I think really push it over the edge for me. Um, yeah. I I I won't disagree because a lot of these video game movies like they hit with you or they don't. Um, yeah. I was surprised at how well the human stuff worked for me this time around, but I do agree that uh, Medivh's story is underdeveloped. Um, but I did not find the wizard, the other boy wizard, that annoying, and I actually found it as the Lothar's story to be compelling this time I mean, around. I, I love Lothar's story. I felt for him when his son di- when his son dies. I mm-hmm. thought that whole battle scene was really good. Also, to acknowledge the chat, Lulu, she loves the Warcraft movie. Yeah, yeah we agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It worked so. As some like as someone who's never who only knows Warcraft because the MMO and the memes and a bunch of cosplayers who throw little tidbits about the characters they're cosplaying in their Instagram bios, it's watching this is like this. I wanted more of it. I yeah, really man. am bummed that there's no really? other there's no more Warcraft movie because like Spark said, this looks exactly like the game. Like those yeah. crazy ornate swords look beautiful. The axes that the horde uses look awesome. It's like I'm watching a video game right now, live action, and this looks uh, great. Uh, all the orcs are ride wargs, which are giant wolves. Mm-hmm. There's a part where uh, where Duratan has to ride a horse, and he's clearly way too big for the his horse. Hands are just so like his hands are just on his face, and I'm like, that poor horse. It's so good. Uh, there's the uh, Thanos orc who looks exactly like Thanos. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. yeah I'm, I was gonna say, like, in terms of it being an adaptation, like this, this is definitely like way up there, just because, like. It's just that universe. Like, it's just beat for beat. Like, that's the character, and that's what it looks like. It's no, like, different translation. It is the translation. Uh, Sparks, you're, you're right that, that, that I believe that this is where, um, you know, again, me trying to restructure my, my narrative about the good video games. Um, but I, I still, where it's like, we started getting good video game movies, and consistently after, mm-hmm. after this. Uh, and I think we're about we're we're on the path to a great one. That's really exciting to me. We're about to get the Iron Man of video game movies. I'm sure of it. God, let's hope, man. Like, uh, and also like, there's the the amount of video game movies in development that that just sound that have a really great team behind them. Like Borderlands. Like, I'm so excited for that Borderlands movie. Like, that could be another great one. Like in two years, right? Like, yeah. we're we're on the road <laughs> to like having people with passion being given the the scripts that they that they deserve and the money that they need. We're we're yeah. getting we're getting really close to like you know where we're at now. And, comic I, books. I, and we're gonna comic book movies. Yeah, yeah, and mm-hmm. uh, and we're gonna be discussing some video game movies in a bit here. Where I think we've started to hit a trend that I don't think we've been really seeing or acknowledging. At least I wasn't until we were doing this discussion, and we'll we'll get to that in a bit. But yeah, I I am so happy that Ben that you like this Brandon that you turn the corner on it um I, I'm a huge stand for this movie uh I I really like just wanted it to get treated better than it did because like it, it's not the best thing in the world but it definitely deserved a better shake than it got and those orcs man like like for real like some of those scenes I'm just like man that's just an orc. Hey, hold up that's just an orc sitting there that looks too good so one of the things that I for me personally what makes a really good video game movie is that after the movie is over, do I want to play the game after it? After after the credits roll, it's like, I want to turn this off. I want to sit down on my couch or on my computer and start playing the game. Warcraft made me want to do that. Oh, I so want to find a way to play. I mean, I probably won't be able to jump into to WoW, which that's, once again, like Ryan said, it's Warcraft 4. Well, but- you technically can because you can play for free up to level 20. 
I want to, I want to real quickly take you back in time. Cause I have such a clear timestamp in my brain of this. I saw the Warcraft movie in theaters and mm. I decided, you know what? I really want to pick up wow again, but I wasn't sure if I really want to pick up the subscription, but they started at that point doing the up to 20. You can just play uh-huh. uh, for free. And so I was like, I'm going to play a character, a race I never played before. And I started playing it. And I started listening to a podcast at the same time. It was you guys. <laughs> I was listening to the beginning of the Fake Nerd podcast. Was I there? Playing Warcraft. Not quite yet, ah! but you were coming. And I was playing Warcraft, doing this, loving it, and listening to Fake Nerd at the same time. Wow. And that is a clear timestamp in my brain where I like spent a couple weeks just like. That's five I'm years ago. Wow, baby. That's five years ago. Yep. And I really now am. you're part of the show. Look at that. Uh, yeah, I really like, I really enjoyed Warcraft this time around. I totally forgot what I was going to say, uh, which is fine. All right. 2017 had Resident Evil, the final chapter. Then we were done. Uh, yep. Uh, Resident Evil, the final chapter. Um, it goes out more or less strong. I don't want to say too much about it because I'm the only person that's seen it. And Uh, I will see it. And you are all going to see it by the end of the year. And, uh, we'll talk about it then. But, um, it's not bad. Uh, four remains the worst. I think there's there's issues, but like it goes out strong. Cool. And I'll say that, and we'll we'll leave what's it the, to a later. What's the Rotten Tomato? Ooh, let me find it. Um, oh, that was what I was gonna ask. What's what's what was Warcraft's Rotten Tomato? Twenty eight percent. We did say that a little earlier. Um, yeah, I, w- I would go to seventy. Yeah, one hundred percent. Like bump it, bump it, bump it, baby. Um, Resident Evil: The Final Chapter is at thirty seven. I'd say that's a little low. I'd say it's it's closer to the fifty range. Yeah. Just just for being like again, like not as a video game adaptation, but as a, a finale to a six film franchise, I, I think it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. 2018 then saw the release of Tomb Raider and Rampage. Um Wow, we're finally the part where we can talk about the things we've already talked about. <laughs> right. Well Tomb Raider Tomb Raider I didn't quite appreciate until I after I played the games. Mm. Um so that was an interesting journey. I also kind of turned a corner on Tomb Raider, but mm. that was way back when. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, let's, definitely, good. let's definitely talk about Tomb Raider. Um, Tomb Raider, uh, I really like. I think it is the beginning. It and Rampage are the beginning of the trend that I'm talking about, which is that we've started getting the good video game movies. It's happening. Uh-huh. Um, it and Tomb Raider and Rampage came at the beginning of a of a of a consistent trend, only interrupted by a single film so far. Um, <laughs> and we'll get to it. Uh, but. But I really, uh, I have, I didn't watch Tomb Raider this week, but I watched it a few months ago um, because we watched it virtually with some friends who hadn't seen it, and I, I still enjoy it. It's, it's got its weak points. Definitely, like Walton Goggins is underused as guys. the, as the villain, which is a bummer. Um, but overall, like Vikander is so much what I want Laura Croft to be doing. Uh, again, like that is also coming from the recent games, Brandon, and I'm in that same mindset. And I'd already played that before I saw it, but but this is what I want. This is what I want. And I really liked that. Um, she has a great energy for the character and I really enjoy it. Uh, I think it's it's a solid good effort. Yeah, I do too. Tomb rating, but I think it's pretty good. <laughs> I think I think it's really, I honestly think, I think it's pretty good, especially after playing all three of those games. Um, I do, I, I do think it's a good adaptation. I like the changes it makes for the most part. Uh, to the story of the first game. However, I do question why they took the supernatural element out of it. Yeah. Um, because that's the, because once Uncharted comes out, it's going to be very hard to differentiate the two. It makes me wonder if they just wanted to separate themselves from the previous movies in yeah, any maybe. way possible. Which is, again, is, I think m- might work for one movie. But again, like that franchise goes in crazy places. And, like you, you yeah. can't ignore that. Uh, I, I have a lot of faith in that sequel now with the team that's behind it. Me too. Nita Costa? Who is it? Yeah, I, th- I think so. No, right? Amisha no. Green. 
Misha Green, Misha Green from Lovecraft Country. Yes, Misha Green is behind the next Tomb Raider, so I have a lot of faith that that's going to be that's going to be solid. Got to pop that baby um, out. I'm really happy for it, uh, and I'm glad that Alicia Vikander is going to be back. Uh, I, I'm I'm happy, so that's exciting. Um, <laughs> Lulu's posting the same thing again about Lord <laughs> Croft. Uh, hard to disagree. Right. I just I, you're not going to win me on this, um, and that's fine. Yeah, I I won't agree with that either. Um, I I like my I like more Indiana Jones characters, less James Bond characters. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I've never Rampage. Seen... Oh, well, oh, sorry, Ben, go ahead. Did you say something about Tomb Raider? Because I like Tomb Raider. I said it's go ahead. Damn. So I remember, I've, ne- I've never seen the first two Tomb Raider films, the Angelina Jolie ones, and I never, I haven't played the games. Like, at all. I just know Laura Croft by Osmosis, but I had a fun time with this movie. I liked, um, I mean, I feel that, I feel the same, uh, I probably would feel the same about this movie if, if I did what Brandon did, which is also play the games after the fact. So I feel like with this movie playing the games, I mean, helps the enjoyment of it a little bit more, but still as a, a fun adventure romp. I really enjoyed it. And I thought it was fun and I'm really looking forward to the second one to the second movie. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, you know, definitely if you want to hear more of us talk about that particular movie, we recorded a review as you alluded to, it's a 52%. Mm-hmm. I would personally bump that up. Um, I, I think 52 is too low for, for her mm-hmm. performance and how well made the film is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rampage. I did rewatch this this week. I was hot on it more or less when I came out of it, and I'm still hot on it. And I, I will honestly contend I think this is pretty darn good considering its source material. I remember liking it. <laughs> yeah, I, I watched it actually today. I decided to give it another watch um, to see if, like Warcraft, my opinion had changed. We also did a review of Rampage. Um, you can go back and look, check that out. Not um, really. We didn't really do a review of Rampage. We did like a mini discussion. Mini. I remember talking about Rampage <laughs> at the Favorite Podcast prior. Um, but I I was not as hot on it. I like it, um, but I kind of think it's just fine. Uh, so I decided to watch it again, see if like Warcraft. I was like, oh my God, this is great. I still kind of feel that way, but I really love Jeffrey D. Morgan. And I forgot how much I love Jeffrey D. Morgan. He's oh, he's like the the business guy, right? He, he's, he's the cowboy. He's the, he's the federal agent who's also a cowboy. That guy, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. he's got some energy. I think Mullen Ackerman is a great uh, B movie bad bad person. Um, I I like that it's just kind of dumb for dumb's sake. There's 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 like the the bad element is that it's like it's it's never clear exactly why they even wanted to make this thing. They never explain it. It's just like we wanted this thing. Yeah, uh, we wanted it to make them crazy. And we knew this is what it would do. And we're glad they did it. And I remember Brandon and I, uh, on our discussion, we decided like, cause what took Brandon out of it, uh, I revisited this is that there's a rampage cabinet game. In <laughs> That's the, the best. And, and you and I are like, Oh, then it's obvious. They did this because they literally love that game. And they wanted to make that game real. And they <laughs> did. Um, <clears throat> uh, yeah, I, I really, I really enjoy rampage. Um, for me, it's, it's probably some of the best acting from Dwayne Johnson. I have to say he makes me believe he's interacting with this CGI monkey. And not only that, he makes me believe that he truly cares when it's injured and all that stuff. And that's pretty impressive. It's not something that we usually say a lot about Dwayne Johnson, his, his acting performance. I really, really believe him more than I believe a lot of other actors better, maybe arguably in most circles, better actors we, <laughs> interacting with CGI characters. And I really believe him when he's doing, we it. talked about it. 13 years earlier with doom, the doc, the, the rock always commits no matter what. Yeah. I, I uh, do. I do question. There are things that like, I still don't really, I still don't really understand why like George doesn't mutate like the other two. Um, and then there's, I do think it takes itself a little too seriously towards the middle, um, but it's got strong beginnings and strong and strong endings. 
I yeah. really did watch. I because I, I remember when when I heard this movie coming out, I was just so like not for it. I remember I, like I God, Wolf, I don't know why it's a giant monster movie. No, because because I remember like saying, "How are you going to take a story out of a game where three people get mutated into giant monsters and they destroy the city?" I so did that's it. What the, that's what the arcade game is. But hearing you guys talk about it, I was like, you know, what? I really need to get that, get, get this, give that movie a shot. And not I, the weirdest Ben video game movie. Ben, like, you're totally right. The thing is that, like, this is like the best outcome it could be of that, and it's not mm-hmm. bad. Um, it's, it's a good. Time. And the movie, the movie is very much like trying to sell you on like you're coming because of the Rock, and it's like you're right, I am. And then the Rock and Jeffrey Dean Morgan are selling me on like you're having a good time, and I'm like, <laughs> you know, you're right, I am, I am having a good time. And there's like a big, there's like big animals. And those are yeah. Um, it's got a 51, percent and I think that's too low. I think it's a solid, a solid little effort. Uh, I would, I would bump it into the 70s. Um, I, I would also bump that, but uh, not, maybe not to the 70s, 60s. but I would. I, I think Rampage is I I would I would contend that Tomb Raider and Rampage are good video game f- movies that came out in that year. Uh, I I think for what they are, their efforts, I think they're pretty good. Yeah. Um, and that that was where that trend went. So, Rampage. 2019 saw the release of Dead Trigger and Detective Pikachu. I don't know that first one. I don't know about that first one either. That's a Dolph Lundgren. Saban Films movie that I watched the trailer I, for and I got immediately bored. I play a lot of video games. I've never heard of Dead Trigger. That's crazy. yeah. I don't know. Um, it, it. I saw the trailer. It looked awful. I didn't. I didn't watch the rest of it. I but it must have been straight to DVD because I don't even. That's crazy. No, this was. This has to be theatrical because these are the theatrical films. Um, I, yeah, okay. I don't know, but Detective Pikachu I think is great. Oh yeah. Uh, it's the bee's knees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Detective Just, Pikachu is really good. No, just being blown. I was being blown away just by the trailer of how well they translated Pokemon from an animated and a video game sprites into a 3D physical space, and just how they did it. And they still, goddamn, I'm still blown away by watching scenes from po- from Detective Pikachu's thinking, man, they did it. They freaking did it, and it works so well. Because I was a, I was so scared this movie was gonna be an atrocity. But well, nope. we saw the trailers, and we were like, this looks good. Yeah. And then the second trailer, I was like, oh, this looks good. Oh, this like, can't Even be- when they revealed that Mewtwo was in the movie, because I haven't played the, the Detective Pikachu game, but when they revealed that Mewtwo was in the movie, it's like, damn, even Mewtwo looks good. What the hell? Yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, so Dead Trigger is a mobile zombie game that came out in oh. 2012. So oh. it, that tells you exactly everything you need to know about that movie. They um, wanted to put that in theaters? God, Dolph Lundgren needs a house. Okay. Okay. The, uh, only, you, the only mobile game I'll give a pass to to having a theatrical release is Angry Birds. That's the only one I'll give a pass to because that is super big and super popular. Uh, yeah. Pokemon Detective Pikachu is really, really good. Um, mm-hmm. They adapt that world well. They adapt the Pokemon well. Uh, it's hard not to have a good time. In fact, watching mm-hmm. it this week, I leaned even further into the Bill Nighy plot line. And I'm like, you know, I'm just... This is this is just a good time, baby. I'm just happy to be here. Um, I know Brandon used it the same way I did, which is as a palate cleanser amongst things that weren't so good. Um, yep. Yeah, Pokemon Detective Pikachu just it it just works and it moves and it's great. With so I watched a I, lot of fine video game movies this week, and I was like, I need something. I need something good. So I kind of bummed myself out because I was really looking forward to rewatch Detective Pikachu. 
the reason why I put it off so much is because I focused on a lot of movies that I knew I haven't seen in a very, very long time or I haven't seen at all. But with Pikachu, even though that's not as fresh in my mind because it's 2018, so it's been a while, but still thinking, looking back on that movie and looking back on a review of it, I'm just like, Detective Pikachu is still top notch. It is still really, really good. And I never thought I would say is like, yo, one of the best, if not the best video game movie ever made is Pokemon Detective Pikachu. Well, a freaking uh... Detective Pikachu movie for crying out loud. Uh, I just remember the Ditto, and I love Ditto. Is oh, stupid little eyes. I I think this movie works really well, uh, primarily because um, what they what they what they try to do, what they attempt to do with this movie, is not just adapt the game, but adapt the anime, adapt the manga, but adapt the video games. Like they try to mm-hmm. conceit, put in all these elements, and it's a damn miracle that the movie works as well as it does because of that, because they right. do change game elements to add anime elements, to add video game elements. And, and mm-hmm. I, I, I think it's crazy that this works. And it, just it to... felt like a launching point. Like, like that it, it, it is Brandon. Like it's not just an adaptation of one thing. It is an adaptation of the entire world. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's a launching point for whatever the cinematic universe they're hopefully building, which they should be in, because they got a hit in, in a similar way. It is a Warcraft that resonated. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. And obviously, because all of us grew up with Pokemon in some way, shape, or form, some more, some more into the universe than others. So seeing this movie, like that, is a live-action Snubble. If Snubble were like next to me right now, that's what it would look like. That's what Pikachu would look like. Seeing the giant Torteras as they come up from the Earth is like, damn, this looks, this looks at it just how it looks as good as it does. I mean, the movie itself, it's actually a really endearing story that I really care for. I really want a justice Smith character to find out what happened. And I love Ryan Reynolds as a snarky little Pikachu. It just I was, works. Yeah. I was the biggest thing I was worried about, even though the trailers look great was Ryan Reynolds as Pikachu, mm-hmm. but I don't, I think he's great. Like yeah. he's, he's not doing his, his, he's doing his shtick, but he's not doing his normal stick that he always does. Which yeah. is and nice. uh, not, not to ignore the chat. So Lulu, uh, she says the rampage movie is okay. I won't disagree. Yeah. All right. Uh, loved Pikachu. Yep. Oh, yeah. There is a and... reason why it is the uh, highest rated uh, live action mm-hmm. uh, movie. And also loves the Angry Birds movie. That's, I don't that's know. Cool. I'm seeing Angry Birds. It sounds like a different game to me. Um, <laughs> right. So Detective Pikachu is the also the first film in this list uh, made by Toho. Cool. Ooh, cool. Yeah. Interestingly. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, meant to, I meant to bring up, like, interestingly... Prince of Persia is the only video game adaptation from Disney. Yeah. Super- uh, yeah. Yes, that is yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, Detective Pikachu, um, I'm, I'm waiting for more Pokemon movies. Like, this has me amped for it. Uh, okay. I, I didn't rewatch oh. it, but I, real quick, Ben, I didn't rewatch the movie, but I did rewatch, like, the Charizard, like, uh, oh, the Charizard uh, fight? Uh, like, the cage fight scene. Cage and fight. I'm just like, Jesus Christ, he looks so good. <laughs> I really like the, the way the Pokemon look in this movie is awesome. The, the mm-hmm. loud dread speakers, like, that whole setup, I'm getting like, oh, this is just so inventive. Yeah, so um, so Ryan, you were saying about uh, you want more Pokemon movies. I remember when this was announced and the Sonic the Hedgehog movie was announced. So many people on the internet were like making the Smash Bros timeline. Oh yeah, because it's like here's the Smash Bros cinematic universe. I, I thought that was the funniest thing. Like the second Pokemon movie was Pokemon Red and Blue. I thought that was the funniest thing ever. I honestly like 
if we're like i had this thought like of course i'm not the first person to have this thought but like if you're gonna make another movie don't just adapt red make it red and blue and have two different protagonists in the same movie and like they mm -hmm. have to like so there's a movie called warrior and it's about two brothers in the ufc and they're in a tournament and then at the end of the tournament they have to fight each other you do that but with pokemon and you make it epic and like about friendship and battles and teamwork and i'm like well, of course know? funny enough guess who you fight after you beat lance the dragon master at the end of pokemon red blue it's your rival gary it's gear or, or blue it, and officially actual canon names is red and blue that's his the, yeah, yeah color name that's that's interesting yeah uh yeah the toho ness of it always it was interesting because toho is godzilla's creator not not the last toho movie we'd be talking about this, this no week, it is funny not enough, funny enough yeah um, um yeah I, i'm just really pleased with it it ends up with a uh 67 which i think is too low i'd go yeah. higher that's yeah, that's you know most people like this movie, so like I feel like that would be it would be. I mean, like I'm no I'm no Rotten Tomatoes, but for me, it's it's up there in the '90s. Yeah, yeah. I was about to say, as as a fan of Pokemon, as someone who's grown up grown up with the series and has some seen some great Pokemon things and some bad Pokemon things, I would definitely say that this has to be in the '90s for how like, like Megan doesn't even like Pokemon that much, but she loves this movie. I mean, if you appreciate cute things in a good story, like there's it's. It's a lovable thing. It's a good winner. And you know, and you know, this movie did that. And now I want to go see another Pokemon movie in theaters. That just made, just gave me such unbridled joy. Is that when you went and bought a ticket to the movie the, to the movie in the movie theaters? They gave you some Pokemon cards. That was that is yeah. nice. I still have but those I, cards. I will not lie. I completely forgot about that because I saw Pokemon the first movie in Pokemon 2000 theaters. They gave us cards, and when I went to see Detective Pikachu, they're like, "Oh yeah, here you go." I'm like, "Wait, I get cards?" They're like, well, "Yeah." I have I'm a 27-year-old man at this point, and I was excited about getting some damn Pokemon cards I haven't gotten in over 20 years. Hey, man, we all were. 27? Um, at the time. Was, yeah, at the time. When do you think this movie came out? Three years it ago? Came out, yeah, it came out 2018. 2019, right? baby. Two oh, years 2019? Ago. Okay, so 28, not the Okay, biggest never mind. I was a 29-year-old man. Sorry. Um, yeah, I really liked the movie. Ben, I was a chat before I moved to the last year. Uh, oh, the chat. Oh, chat, yeah. Uh, da, 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 Lulu says, the Pikachu movie does what the Mario movie does, but does not take place in a different world, so it works. Or works hmm. in I don't think that's what makes the Mario movie the problem. <laughs> <laughs> I know the whole movie. <laughs> and then 2020, the cursed year, saw the release of Sonic the Hedgehog and Monster Hunter. Just got it right in there at the end there. Man, so uh, we, got, we got Tomb Raider, Rampage, Pokemon, Sonic, kind of riding a pretty good high. And boy, Monster Hunter just had to come in and ruin that trend. And I, I so, so the trailer for Monster Hunter was bad, but then I saw a Chinese version that showed you all the monsters that was in the movie. I'm like, okay, cool. So it's not going to be, it's not just one monster. No, it kind of still is. So you guys remember earlier when I talked about Warcraft and how watching that movie made me want to play the game? Yeah. yeah. So watching this movie, or we're talking about Monster Hunter, we'll talk about Sonic later. So watching Monster Hunter made me want to play the game, not because I thought the movie was good, but All because right. I need some good Monster Hunter stuff in my mouth because that left a very bad taste because holy crap, was that movie yeah. shit? Yeah, Ben, I uh, I was on Steam the other day after watching Monster Hunter, and I almost bought, because it's on sale, Monster Hunter on Steam, just so I can have it and, and start a new game. But I was like, well, I can just do that on my PS4. But I was just like, I was also like, Monster Hunter is good, and this is mm -hmm. this makes me sad because this is going to be like the interpretation that people are like. Oh, maybe I'll get in the Monster Hunter. <clears throat> then they see this movie and they're like, "Oh, I'm not getting into Monster Hunter." That's that's my fear uh, with all of these. 
I watched this for the first time also this week. This is the most recent one, so I figured like I should, I should. Yeah, yeah. Boy, I, there, I had a moment of like, like panic. I was like, oh my god, maybe I hate this movie because I don't know the game and like the guys are gonna no. really love it. And then no. Sparks was like, oh yeah, we all hate it. I'm like, thank God. No, it's just a bad no, movie. No. It has nothing okay. to do with the game. So, Brandon, one of the great things about Monster, so this this movie is essentially based off the new, or no, not the newest. That's Monster Hunter Rise, Monster Hunter World. The game that's on the PS4, I believe the Xbox, it's the one that everyone can play. It was like the big relaunch. We like us three got into it. It was like the big Mm -hmm. revolutionary thing. Yeah, because Monster Hunter for a while has only been on Nintendo consoles and now it's on a big next gen or that's not true at all. It was exclusively on PlayStation. Oh, it was? Yes, before Nintendo. Yeah, it was exclusively on the PlayStation. Then it became the Switch. Shit. All right, never mind. Actually, I knew that. I knew that. All right. But the thing about Monster Hunter World is that it's a grand, diverse ecosystem in that on that and in the New World. You have like the island you're on is literally called the New World. You have an expanse jungle. You have this like um, it's not underwater, but it looks underwater. You have a really cool looking desert that has more color than the actual desert in the damn movie does. Just everything about that island is so gorgeous and so diverse and just like man everything out here is beautiful and then we get this movie which 90 percent of it takes place in a goddamn desert i really really hate that because there are so many other cool things it's not even it's like uh, it's a movie called monster hunter so you expect more monsters it's not even that it's just the movie spends literally like 45 minutes them trying to get from one place to another and nothing happens it's just a boring movie has nothing to do with the game. It's just it's it's a shit script. Uh, in comparison to uh, Detective Pikachu, which we just talked about, and uh, Warcraft, um, mm-hmm. those movie adaptations are just like you're in the world. Congrats, here you are. Learn it, love it, live it. Uh, Monster <laughs> live, laugh, Hunter, love. Monster Hunter is like, man, I don't think people will get down with characters that live in the world. We're gonna have to follow proxy characters into that world from our world and. Oh boy, do I hate that. Oh my God, do I hate that hardcore in this movie. Um, There's no good reason for it. It does nothing except excuse the fact that Mila Jovovich can't be just a character that lives so in the world. So the movie starts with, a, <clears throat> I think, a pretty cool scene of like this, this, this skeleton ship that rides through the desert in the sand, right? And they're getting attacked by monsters. And you meet characters from Monster Hunter World. And you, you see meet the like handler. Ron, yeah, you see the handler. And Ron Perlman's there. And Tony John, you're like, Oh, oh, snap. Like, this is cool. It's, this is kind of cool. It's literally... Okay, the only difference from the game to the movie is that it's the, the ship is going through a sand sea and not the actual ocean. Because yeah. right when you start up the game, when you first boot it up, it's you're on a ship and you create your character and you customize your palico. That's what you I do. Think that's, I think that that sequence is also really cool because, like, I like the, the the look of, like, a, 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 a yeah. ship on, on, the, on the sand. And then... And here's the thing. I've always hated the theme of... Thing from real world goes to fantasy world as an adaptation thing i hate it so much um yeah. and 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 so i like immediately don't like this movie because i don't want to be in our world i want to be in this fantasy world mm-hmm. uh yeah um so this is this has all kind of problems attached to it uh there's this movie would have been better automatically just by having mila jovovich's character be a character that just lived in in the world of monster hunter and was like learning how to do her first hunt from tony jaw that would have well, been tony jaw has to speak alien uh well, okay, like they all they all speak uh they speak a fake language. They speak a fake language in the games. Um, but I, I know what you mean. And the problem is like it, it could have just all been everyone speaking English or something or yeah. or just translated uh 
Yes, there is a gigantic problem in this movie of reducing Tony Jaa to making him look uncivilized by proxy of Mila Jovovich, even though she is the visiting character who knows nothing of the world he lives in, and he's a sophisticated hunter. Jovovich. Uh, sorry. It's okay. <laughs> uh, it's stupid. Um, it's so it's, racist it's, and awful. It's so terrible. Uh, the whole sequence of her having to explain chocolate to him, I I hate it. I I it's just a waste of time. It's just padding because they didn't have the budget to really do what monster hunter is. Um, in this which movie case, don't make the movie. This movie is only 60 million. I mean, it, it looks, it looks cheap as hell, but I mean like for a movie like monster hunter, you need a big budget. It's mm -hmm. called monster hunter. You hunt monsters. You don't spend half the movie in a desert being boring. Um, you, don't another, spend half the, you don't spend half the movie running from the Diablos and then fighting the, and then, okay, so the one thing I will give this movie, as much as I hate it, as much I will give it a little bit of credit, is how good the Diablos looks and how good the Rathalos looks. Yeah, those are those designs. Yeah, they yeah. look straight from the game. Like, that's cool. But question for you, Ryan. Was that supposed to be Nerd Gigante at the very end of the movie? If it is, that's not what it looks like. No, it is not. But also, like, to be fair, like, there are tons of other monsters. Like, the spider monsters aren't in Monster Hunter World. There's also no, been no. six other games before Monster Hunter World. So, like, they use other monsters that aren't yeah, in that game. I don't know all the monsters. Yeah, so, can like, I, that's, that's can not I say One of the things that uh, I, I never thought I'd see this again because I saw it in Lost in Space. If you remember in Lost in Space, Gary Oldman gets his egg sack cut open and a bunch oh. of little spiders kill him. Um, I, that's in this movie. See, I explodes with little spider egg sacks. Yeah, that, that was a cool awesome. little like the like yeah like everything with the monsters I think is 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 pretty good. It's just like there's not nearly enough well, of it. My problem with the monsters is that in the in this translation they make the concept of like the monsters are are attacking humans or defending against humans and mm -hmm. this kind of thing. Whereas like yes, there's there's aggression to them in the games, but they are more or less animals like they are just living in the environment and you're engaging with them these don't feel like animals these feel like like monsters like like like, like aggressive uh human specifically seeking killing creatures it felt more like they turned the diablos into jaws and i'm yeah. like that's dumb it felt that that uh the the uh uh oh my god i have a brain fart the the spider sequence or whatever uh that felt more like starship troopers than anything else mm -hmm. like and, and again i think that stuff works but again like I'm just reaching for straws of stuff that I think is sure. And like, I mean, yeah. like it, it truly is like one of the things that's so great specifically about monster hunter world, which like Ben said, this is trying to emulate is how good the AI of the animals is that they feel like they are just living in the environment and you intercede. Mm -hmm. um, and this feels like the Diablos is like when we watch the shallows and there's a great white shark there and we all go, that's not how a great white shark is. It's not going to like stalk this one single person. Yeah. And that's what it's doing. And I'm like, this is so not what those things are cool about in the games it's cool that they are just animals and you get to just kind of see them be in the environment and, and that kind of thing the entire point of monster hunter that is a that is a boss game where you only kill mon like there's no like small enemies you kill monsters like big monsters that's a game and you kill them and you get their armor to make different weapons and there's like none of that in this movie mila jovovich gets her weapons from a boat she just finds them in a in a box there's like no there's no there's no game in this video game there's that no. Just There's five seconds where you see a cat make some sushi. That's okay. cute as hell. It's five the seconds. The palico scene where, where the chef makes the food is straight rip straight from the game. It's, I thought it's cool. But also, it doesn't make also, a movie. To also not ignore chat, uh, Lulu's like, "There's a modern, Monster Hunter movie." Yes, Most people don't, don't know. Save yeah. your time. And also, uh, I was waiting. I don't know what uh, they meant by that. But uh, the games are not for for not for Lulu. That's totally fine. The game. Uh, one of my buddies, uh, Grace, I know he's still watching. He's yeah. kind of. But yeah, but yeah, you're you're lucky. This, this is not a good movie. Um, I know the, the reason the why people missed this is because it came out December during a pandemic. So yeah, nobody saw it in theaters. 
-hmm. And I also don't think it would have done well either way. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah. it looked bad to us. It turned out to be this, bad. This, this is probably Paul W.S. Anderson's worst movie. And that's really sad considering it's his most recent movie. Uh, this boy, is worse think, than Resident Evil 4. I, no I way it's not. I think you're right. There's no way it's... No, yeah. I, had to, I just wanted to take it in. Yeah, yeah, But yeah. I think you're right. That's so sad considering he's been making movies for 25 years. Oh, 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 oh. Oh no, he did do Afterlife. I was like, wait, maybe that was one he didn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he, he came back one. to that one. He oh, did. Yeah. Um, wow, BT sad. Dubs. BT Dubs. Another thing I hate about this movie: the ending. I just. I, what's, the, what's the ending ben, again? Ben, I hit the whole. Thing. I don't even remember the ending. <laughs> the ending is where air quotes Nergigante shows up, and then Ron oh, Perlman comes up, and like, then like, oh, we have to fight, and they char. It's right after they kill the Rathlos, and then the storm yeah. comes in. You know you what? The, you got the dude in the hooded robe. Oh, That's yeah. the only thing I liked about the movie. Did you like Ron yeah. Perlman with those big yeah. flame axe? No, the the end when it's like when it's doing like the stylish, we're going after this thing, we're doing our moves. I was like, yeah, this is what I want. Like a cliffhanger kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think Ron Perlman's fun. Like he knows what he's he knows what movie he's in. He's got a yeah. big puffy, puffy hairdo. I love uh, his big dumb wig. Yeah. The only thing about Ron Perlman I like is that he uses a weapon that I use in the game, the switch axe. Yeah. I thought hey, that was, I was like, hey, okay, that's I know that. Yeah, uh, it's, it's a good five seconds of the movie, but the end, Tony Jaw uses the insect glaive. He stabs him to the ground and does a flip in the air. I'm like, hey, I do that. Uh, <laughs> like, do everything, everything interesting about the Monster Hunter games is just like the experience of living in that world is what's interesting and like the lore of that world and how that world functions and things like that. And this ignores all that by making the entire plot based around, we're afraid of your world. The whole thing's and about- I don't yeah. care. The whole thing's about ecosystems. Like it's all about like like smaller smaller monsters getting eaten by bigger monsters and like you learning the trails of the monsters and like intercepting them and like them living their lives. And that's like, none of that's in this movie. Like the monsters are like you said, like are out to get the humans. It's like Jaws. Sometimes sometimes there's a sick score, bro. Um, oh yeah, the score, like it sometimes hits hard. I'm like, oh. But, but overall, nope. Another thing about the game that I think is really cool is that, I mean, of course they don't even put this in the movie because why would they? Um, is that in the in Monster Hunter World, you get more of your rewards if you don't kill the monster. You capture the monster and bring them back alive. Yeah. That's, uh, I mean, in the game, you get more rewards. It's easier to grind, but it's also harder to do. And, but there's no you know, plot reason. You know like, that doesn't make it happen. And that I, doesn't make you mad because like they have an objective to get past a monster. They're not going to capture that monster. True, true. I, I look at this film and I'm kind of looking at it like going like, this is one of those examples where you don't put enough of the game elements in here. And it, it actively hurts because it's it's stupidly simple. It's not Mortal Kombat simple, like streamlined. This is unintelligible simple. No, as, I'm, like, watch, as I'm yeah. watching this movie, I, I know for me, one of the things that that's like a huge red flag for when a movie is like, this movie is shit, is when I'm rewriting the movie as I'm watching it. Thinking mm -hmm. you could have done this, you could have done X, Y, B, Z, whatever. Just like this movie could have This is why I don't cool. watch movies with him anymore because he does this, he does this live. <laughs> I'm kidding, Ben. I'm just joke, joke. I, I, I didn't like this. I'd like to move away. Me too. I'm, Sonic the Hedgehog. Monster Hunter was a 46, which I think is far, far too high. See, that's what blows my mind because this is without a doubt the worst movie I watched this week. Every other movie is better than this movie, and almost all of them have lower scores than this. Mm. One. I, I, it's only because it's a modern movie. Yeah. That's why. I don't know if you had to, if you had to ask me if I'd rather watch Doom or Monster Hunter, I think I might pick Monster Hunter. You know what I would pick? I would rather watch Annihilation over this movie because at least Annihilation on. is stupid fun. Hold this on. is just boring. Yeah, hold on. Let me let me uh, pull up 
the movies I watched this week for video games. Um, I would rather watch all of the Resident Evils. I would rather watch <laughs> Rampage, Silent Hill, Pokemon, Warcraft, Assassin's Creed, Sonic the Hedgehog, and even Prince of Persia before I'd watch this piece of trash again. And I love Monster uh, Hunter so much. It's so no, disappointing. So, this one can die. <laughs> it's so crazy that Monster Hunter has a higher rating than Prince of Persia. It is crazy. Uh, and then, then Silent Hill. Then ev- then almost every other movie. Then yeah. every other Resident Evil. That's I would so go bad. way lower for this film. Before I move on to Sonic, not to ignore... Oh, please, can we please? Ben, there's a lot of chat going on tonight. We don't need right. it all. We don't ben. need it all. That's, all right, I don't right. even Sonic the Hedgehog. Sonic the Hedgehog. I love this movie. You guys know this. I like uh, it. Yeah. Yeah, we don't need to spend a bunch of time on it because we did a review of it. It's a good kids movie. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Having rewatched it this week, like the, the movie sells me with James Mars and Jim Carrey. Uh, I... I'm half the time I'm with Sonic and half the time I'm not. That's really where it is. And and I acknowledge that part of it is like comparing it to the Pokemon movie. The Pokemon movie is made for everybody. And Sonic is very made for kids, specifically Mm -hmm. Sonic, not necessarily James Mars and Jim Carrey, their humor kind of balances, but Sonic himself is very catered towards the kid, kid audience. Yeah. Um, And that detracts a little for me. And I'm just not always a fan of this depiction of him. Um, even though I like Ben Schwartz, I, I don't love the choices about who Sonic is and all that, but we went over that before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That just hasn't mm-hmm. changed for me. If it's it wasn't still good, if it wasn't Jim Carrey, I definitely probably would not be as hot. James Marsden's pulling good weight. No, I'm, I'm sure. Too. Yeah. I'm sure. But he's also a Sonic. So yeah. 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 Uh, I agree. I, I didn't go back to watch this one. I don't have a whole lot to say. I didn't go back to watch this one either. I mean, I watched it pretty recently. I still really enjoy this movie. I think it's fun. Um, I really, yeah. You guys know how much I love Sonic the Hedgehog. It's my favorite character, so I love it. I think it's enjoyable. It doesn't hit all the marks I'd want it to of a Sonic adaptation, and that's a bummer. Um, But I still think it's pretty good uh, overall. It's got 63%. I would even give it a little more than that. I think that's... that's, I'd go maybe a little higher, but I think it's fair. Yeah. Yeah. uh, and that's that's it. That's all of them. Um, uh, so I I definitely think like you know how we've been talking about it, looking back at it. I think there is absolutely like we've been hitting a, a pretty good stride for a while. Monster Hunter excluded, where they've mm-hmm. been getting they've been getting better, better getting more aware. Uh, it's part of what Brandon said. I think like uh, that that there's people who care about them, who are aware of these games, who are bringing a lot of passion to them. I can't speak to Rampage. I think that one's just like somebody really wanted to do that. And apparently they gave a shit to make a, an at least enjoyable film. Yeah. Um, uh, but Tomb Raider and Pokemon and Sonic, they're all benefiting from people who care a lot about the source material, yeah. Yeah. wanting to do and it. The, the budgets got bigger. The other thing is that none of them are trying to be a different thing. They are trying to be movies that are more or less uh, translating the ideas of those games or mm-hmm. at least adapting them into a way that works on its own organically. They're not trying to copy some other movie trends. Uh, and that's helping yeah. them a lot 100%. because a lot of the previous video game movies we talked about, they got killed by trying to ape something else entirely like Doom yeah. uh, with the Resident Evil movie that we talked about. Yeah. Yeah, I, whole, I wholeheartedly agree. I think it's really great coming into this. Uh, I have a little bit of a, a small little thing about like upcoming ones. I think we're going to get some pretty good ones upcoming, such as Mortal Kombat. We're all really excited about um, Resident Evil. Welcome to Raccoon City. I can't imagine like that looks cool. Um, of course, there's the TV shows like Cuphead Show, Halo, but um, I, I think we're in. I think we're in for a a couple of years of some really good groundbreaking video game yeah. movies. Not even I, a great one. I said it earlier, Borderlands looks great. I don't have faith in Uncharted because Tom Holland himself is basically shit-talking that movie before it's even out. And I find Ooh. that very, very funny. 
He's basically saying, you know what? I tried to do something I haven't done before. I tried to be a leading big action star in a movie, and I'm not sure if it worked a year before that movie comes out. So I don't have faith in that movie. Yeah, I don't have faith in Uncharted either, unfortunately. Yeah. Mark Wahlberg's Sully, so like I, had to, I can't care. Uh, that wasn't necessarily <laughs> the one I was more referring to. But oh, the, just the other ones. Me. Talked about it. That's all. Um, you know, there's The Last of Us as a TV show coming. We're all excited about. Yeah. And also Here's a war movie. Oh, yeah. Gears I haven't war. heard anything about that in a while. Yeah. I'm looking forward to Sonic 2. Of course I am. How, how can I do Oh, we yeah, got, all right. We no, got yeah, I, at the end of it. I'm, I'm hoping Sonic 2 will improve on things I didn't I didn't care for as much in the first one. Me too. Again, still yeah. enjoying it, um, but, like, I, I hope Sonic 2 will have more of what I want. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Detective Pikachu 2 also I'm looking forward to. Yeah. Uh, just more Pokemon movies. I just want just anything, more, yeah. more Pokemon movies. I'm hopeful for Borderlands with the cast and creative team it's got. Yeah. Um, that Metal Gear Solid movie is coming at some point. After, after, after Gundam. Uh, yeah, but that's something to look forward to. Oscar Isaac. Oh, yeah. the, the reason why I brought those up is because I, I do think that, like, regardless of, like, what if one of them doesn't make it, I do think the next round of video game movies starting from here are going to be better than what we've gotten before we're going to get oh, into the yeah. great ones where i think hopefully we are going to continue the tread of what we've got so far i, I again like I, I brought it up earlier like it, i think it's going to take the similar route of comic book movies it's going to take a while before you have the people who again grew up with it and like are really passionate about it and again we've had good ones here or there but now that it's you know like what 2016 and up like we're getting like good to great movies uh again except monster hunter but like the bar the bar isn't oh it's a video game movie so bad is fine now it's like okay tomb raider is a good movie pikachu's a good movie like we're just getting good movies from the get-go instead of them being video game movies and that's what what sparks talked about earlier about like you 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 put in small you put in a small amount of money and you get a large back and that's what mortal kombat and street fighter perpetuated now we're we started to see the shift relatively recently honestly of giving people uh, a blank check, if it were, to to bring your passion to life, where the mm -hmm. budgets are getting bigger because they're looking at the as viable blockbusters on their own. Yeah. Warcraft Warcraft hurt a little bit because that was a that was a that was a expensive ass movie. Yeah, but um, luckily it wasn't a like it wasn't the total disaster. Like it like it, you know it it didn't do well and trying and critically it was it was whatever. It but still like, it still did make a profit ultimately in the end with international. Mm -hmm. uh, it just didn't make enough for them to decide to move forward. Yeah, with yeah, sequel, but which that's is a bummer. Yeah, but I'm hoping still that one day that might still change. I I do too. I just think like they put a lot of their 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 eggs in that basket and, really it just, and it just didn't work. So I think like that kind of pushed the the the, the two hundred million dollar video game movie back a little bit War, warcraft yeah. is one of those where you know like i know we're talking live action video game adaptations but like warcraft is one of those where if you're going to give me like some more stories somewhere even an animated show like in the style of dota or something yeah i, I still Ooh. want just more media output in that there's so much story to tell you could do that and still get back to a live action someday yeah warcraft has literally decades of lore they could they could never run out of material <laughs> Uh, Brandon, correct me if I'm wrong, but hasn't there been rumors that Ill Illumination is trying to make an animated Mario film? There's not rumors, they are. That's oh, what I was no. talking about. Super Mario Brothers was the one, you know, we talked about it at the beginning of this of the, of this conversation, where Super Mario Brothers was the one where Nintendo was like, we're not making another movie, we're not going to make movies anymore. And that has just now changed with mm -hmm. Illumination's Mario movie. Uh, 
and that's right. that's a good point to bring up because like my other thing like ben even though i enjoy the sonic the hedgehog movie this is something i go back to is that like i still think sonic the hedgehog would have just been better to be an animated film oh no um, i understand agree I, with I you. It in that way uh it, because some of these games some of them should just be translated to animation yeah uh like like some of them have and we didn't talk about them today but it's better that they do because that's more where they belong they're able to do more with it uh and I, sure but um but but some of these the the live action adaptations are clicking and are working and, yeah. and sonic did um yeah. so you know there's hope the the, the um, takeaway from this conversation is yeah. uh, obviously except for the really bad ones i feel like we've been pretty positive overall on a oh. lot of the movies we talked about so i think however however it started that mortal kombat's like the best and it, it never got better very quickly after we got a good movie, we got like Resident Evil or we got Silent Hill. So like, even if they're not great, they're Mortal Kombat comparable. So it is kind of funny that there was this thing where like, no, stigma literally course, a couple yeah. years later, we got a decent one. So like, yeah. it is weird how that's been around for so long. I want to also say, I mean, like Sparks said a few seconds ago, it's the stigma. There is a stigma that if it's a, if it's a film based off of a video game, it's automatically going to be bad. And I feel that was like, I don't know what, Rotten Tomatoes, how long has Rotten Tomatoes been around for? Or... 15 20 years maybe I don't know. Yeah. 15 years or just, or just like looking back on how film critics are especially back when silent hill came out in 2006 mm. yeah like silent hill oh, we, watching oh. now we say hey silent hill is a good movie but critics saying like oh is this based off a video game Pff, it instantly horrible now i feel that a lot of film critics i like they, I, I like your your critic is okay man it instantly horrible now <laughs> <laughs> well that's I feel how a bunch of these films have been taken. I mean, but comic book movies are the same way, and and true. and the argument is has always been I'm waiting for the Iron Man of video game movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. very know. true. But anyway, I I do agree that even though I because I remember back into that in the mid two thousands is like yeah there hasn't been a good video game movie since Mortal Kombat. It's like looking back on it now, it's like actually no there have been good movies since Mortal Kombat. There've been I would argue more not better than mortal Kombat, but more good video game movies than, than bad almost they're like like oh yeah i'd recommend watching that for something i yeah. would i would disagree only because uve bull kind of tips the scale on accident i just don't i just ignore him in all right, those sure. movies because i think most everyone else does too man he's if like, you take out his that scale down he's made like 10 bad. and that sucks he's and most of his filmography is video game movies it is and so is yeah. paul w.s anderson's he directed blood rain blood rain right yeah. Ugh, I yeah. And Blood Rain 2, which is direct to DVD. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. To, to wrap out of this, uh, we are, we, we've got some good stuff in recent memory, which is great. Uh, I really enjoyed this. We are now staring down the barrel of a new Mortal Kombat. Let's we'll oh, see how that goes baby. and where it lands in relation to all this. I want to hear from all of you and myself, I want us to just go through. Uh, you don't need to do explanations or anything like that. Like we've, we've discussed on our feelings. I, I just want to know where they stand for you. What are your top five adaptations? And what are your top five movies? Like how good in adaptations is like, how well do you feel they translated elements from the game that worked for you? And and again, like you don't, it's, it's personal. This is not an objective thing. This is just how, what you feel. Mm-hmm. And your relation to video games is going to affect that, and that's fine. Uh, and what were the top five that worked just well as movies? They were just good movies. Okay. Uh, I'll go for it. Oh, Ben, you, you're ready. Go ahead. Well, the thing is, so the adaptations one for me was really, really hard. I only got was able to write down three because most of the games or the films of the are ones I haven't played. So I wasn't able to do a one-for-one comparison. But after talking about you guys, so my number one is Detective Pikachu. Um, that one because looking I did 
I was talking to you, Sparks, and you did a little deeper dive into the game that pretty much is not a one-to-one translation, but still a very close and a damn good one. Uh, number two, I'm still of the original Mortal Kombat 1995. I think that is a really good adaptation. It's like it's streamlined and it's the basic plot of the game, and it's still a fun movie to me. I still really enjoy it. And number three is Warcraft. Warcraft is goddamn it's awesome and I wrote and when I first wrote down I wrote down number four as Silent Hill with a question mark because I didn't know how much of a translation that was from the game to the movie so Mm -hmm. adaptations was really hard for me it was difficult but one and two are solid because I know those games I know those franchises more than I do the other ones word so uh best video game movies number one who gets it Detective Pikachu I mean come on it's Detective freaking Pikachu uh, I put number two for Sonic the Hedgehog. I still really, really enjoy the movie. I thought I think the movie's a. You guys know how I feel about the movie. I still really like it. Three, I put for Tomb Raider because it was a fun action movie. It was a great adventure movie, and I highly enjoyed it. Four, Warcraft. That that movie's making turning me into a Warcraft believer. I tried to get into the Warcraft universe multiple times, and this is probably the one to do it. Number five, I'm putting Resident Evil Two. Um, the movie Two. I forgot what it was called. Afterlife. Apocalypse. Apocalypse. That one. Because you got Nemesis, you got a lot of cool shit from the game. Raccoon City is going to hell. That I needed after we were talking about. I was like, man, that was a really cool movie. Resident Evil Apocalypse. That's a good, some good shit right there, boys. I think you stole my list. Did I? Look at that, great minds. <laughs> um, if I may, please. Yes. All right. I don't have the. I I don't know. Like Ben, I, it was, this one was hard for me. The adaptation was hard for me, especially because I couldn't do animated because I think Ratchet and Clank is a really close adaptation. I was gonna put Ratchet and Clank too, but then we said no. Only in live action. I was like, damn it. I always agreed that Silent Hill looked like a good adaptation to the game. Having not played the game, I think it just adapts the visual style really well. Um, I I think Warcraft is a good adaptation. Um, Detective Pikachu. I put with the caveat that I don't think it's just a good adaptation of the of the game i think it's also a good adaptation of the pokemon world of the video games and the anime mm-hmm. uh, and i think that's incredible that they pull that off that's actually my number one i read that out of order i apologize oh. um after watching after playing the games i think tomb raider is a good adaptation um outside of the system story changes i think they they work for the film and it, it works it works yeah the reason why i didn't put tomb raider for adaptations because <laughs> i never played the games yeah um I wanted to kind of I wanted to say Mortal Kombat, but I, I I kind of pushed back on it being a good adaptation. I think it's a streamlined adaptation, but I don't know if it's necessarily good uh, as an adaptation. So I put Rampage because for what that game is, the fact that they pulled that movie out is pretty good. I think that's the best version of that movie that they would have ever made. Yeah, that's a good. That's good. Um, my so they're my best. My, my, my top five, my personal top five. Number five would be Resident Evil 2. I didn't, I didn't rewatch it, but I really, I remember really, really liking it. So I kind of just put that one on there because it didn't have a five. Like, I, my memory of this one is strong enough to be like, it's probably that. Mm-hmm. We'll revisit it soon. Yeah. Enough. Mortal Kombat would be my number four. I really like that movie. It's a lot of fun. Nostalgia goggles for it. Um, number three would be Tomb Raider, especially after I played the games. Like, I, I gotta be clearly like, I probably wouldn't have put it that high, but having played the games, I really kind of appreciate it more now. Um, De- Detective Pikachu or Warcraft are number one and two, and I think I like them both equally. I can't quite choose which one would be where. 
Um, I, Warcraft was really good to me this time around. I think it's aging very well, and I liked it a whole lot. Detective like Pikachu is a good time. I, I don't know where I where I'd put both of them, but so they're the one and two for sure. They're both very respectful. Very respectful. That's me. Okay, dokie. I'm gonna go now. So I'll do my my I'll do my movies first. I got number one as Pikachu. I got number two as Silent Hill. I got three as Mortal Kombat. Four as Warcraft, and five Resident Evil Extinction. I think for adaptations, because I'm familiar with all this shit, because I don't got a life. Number one is Silent Hill. That I'm not, I can't express to you how much of that game is in that movie. Um, there are multiple references of using a map in the game. The maps are very important in Silent Hill. You're always looking like going from like B1 to B05. Like that stuff's super relevant. Like her reaching her hand in that dude's mouth, picking up like a puzzle piece straight up from the game. Like everything from that movie, it is a perfect adaptation, maybe except for where it's located. If that doesn't really matter though. Uh, Warcraft, I put as number two. That's just that world in live action form. Uh, some of the story stuff's a little different, but like for the most part, it's that. Um, Pikachu's number three for adaptation. I think it's great. Number four, it's Tomb Raider. It's that thing, but without the cool supernatural stuff. And then five, I put Assassin's Creed because while it's there's not a lot going on, it's definitely doing that Assassin's Creed stuff perfectly. Uh, for my adaptations, uh, my number five, I just couldn't decide, so I tied it between Tomb Raider uh, 2018 and Assassin's Creed. I think they both do a lot of good job of adapting their game materials. I couldn't decide which one between the two, mm -hmm. so they sat at my number five spot. But number four mm -hmm. is Warcraft, a uh, great adaptation of that game. Silent Hill comes right next at number three. Pokemon Detective Pikachu at number two. And my number one is Rampage for adaptations <laughs> because, um, again, like the simple concept is translated so well into a movie. Like it's not the greatest movie, but like that's an incredible adaptation. Uh, they really milked everything good that they possibly could out of it. I, I can't knock it for that. I'm just saying uh, the games, it's people who turn into monsters. It's not animals for sure. It's not perfect for sure. But in concept, they got it. No, it's, I it uh, and my top five films are at number five is Warcraft. Um, at number four is Resident Evil Extinction. Uh, at number three is Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, number two is Silent Hill. And number one is Pokemon Detective Pikachu. We have almost the same list. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, this was fun. I'm glad we did this. It's been a while since we've done an old-fashioned topic. I, I will I will, I will will dare you to find another podcast that goes over the entire video game filmography. I dare you to find uh, it. it. Well, was... live-action video game filmography, because there I almost put King's Glaze. Hunker on... down, Ben! <laughs> what? I'm kidding. No, I almost put King's Glaive on the adaptations one. I was like, oh, wait, no, that's not, no, that, that can't go there. because yeah, it's not only, real people. It's um, not, yeah, it's not live action. I, can't, I had to keep reminding myself live action only. Was live action, dot, 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 shit. It was really interesting to have all these films to watch for this discussion because, like, we're, we're watching in a genre, but they're all really, truly different genres in a sense. And I was like, ah, that's really interesting. Like, uh, I'm in a niche, but I'm not totally in a single mm -hmm. niche. It, it was yeah. interesting. Had fun. We have Mortal Kombat next week, a review of the new Mortal Kombat movie. Yo, man, not to get too crazy, but like the, that movie's been out in Europe for several weeks and people seem to like it. So that's hot dogs. That is good to know. Mm -hmm. uh, shall we get into our book club? Oh, yeah. Let's get some truth. We finished We finished so many things early and we're still going over what we're doing. I knew do. this was going to happen. I had a feeling. Hey, I, was looking we... forward to this, I was looking forward to this conversation, so I'm okay. Oh, yeah. uh, here we go. Book club. Hey, it's me again. I'm doing the book club. It's my turn. Me, take it away. Uh, this is Truth 
Red, white, and black. I was very interested in watching this, uh, reading this comic after what's going on with Falcon Winter Soldier. Um, so I, I decided to pick it for the book club. So we all had to who's, do it. Who's the creative team, Brandon? This is uh, Robert Morales and Kyle Baker. There you go. I memorized it. Good, good, good. Because uh, I don't have the comic. I had to memorize it. So yeah, I mean, just what... Look it up. No, you're fine. You're fine. What do we think of this? I think it's I think it's real good. Uh, I think it's it's a little a little dated in some ways for the comic that it is, but I think it's a great piece. Yeah, Sparks. Yeah, I really really liked it. Um, I I kind of on as there's some pages where I'm like I can't believe this is a Marvel comic, even for like the time that came out mm-hmm. and for modern day. I'm like I can't believe they're saying this thing. I can't believe they let this get published. Holy crap! Yeah. Um, which is pretty cool and really just a kind of sad sign of like how our culture works. Um, but I'm really glad that it exists. I think it's pretty cool. Uh, I I only struggle every once in a while to keep track of some characters in the early issues. Um, but what helped me a lot is that there's a page. Uh, uh, the the first introduction page that recaps the previous issue and kind of helps me to keep track. Oh right, okay, I was reading that character. That's that's the character who had their parents do that thing or their spouse do this thing. And right, got it, cool. Uh, but I rolled along well. I really like the art. I think it's inventive and creative and a nice way to do this. Um, it makes the uh, all the black characters really appealing and all the white characters really gross. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate that. Oh um, yeah, <clears throat> uh, yeah, it's a good stuff. Um, I'm glad that this comic exists. Ben? Um, this, I don't want to say it was a hard read because it wasn't a hard read. It was just one of those things. It's like, damn, this, this is going to hit, this is going to hit you where it hurts. And it's something I, I definitely feel like this is, this is definitely one of those books where I don't want to put in the same league because it's obviously not the same league as it, but it reminded me of what comics can do and kind of like March. <laughs> Where uh, Representative Lewis, he told his story through a comics medium. Even though this isn't, this is a completely fictional tale. I can easily see African American readers or Black readers in general readers go, "This is what I the thing I go through." Like, even though this is a completely fictional story, and the like, one of the one of the scenes in the I want to say it was in chapter three or end of chapter two or end of chapter three. I forget. I can't remember specifically. Is when they all go on the trucks. And then the one and one yeah. and one of the guys says, Sarge, is that shooting I'm hearing? And they just murder. Yeah, all because they the decided they got group. enough of them. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And it is I mean being reading a book that stars are essentially stars Isaiah Bradley after meeting him in Falcon Warner Soldier is like, cool. It's like, damn. If they if this is what they took, if they took this and put in that character from the show. I'm babbling now, but this this is a damn good. Man, yes, this is where that comes from, hundred percent. Yes, this is okay. Uh-huh. Good, good. Of course it is. Yes. Real quickly, uh, Ben to uh, Lulu gave us oh, her Lulu. top fives, and uh, says, "Kiss, kiss, good night." All Thanks right. Good night. Thanks for stopping by and watching. And right back to truth. Yeah, I really like this book. Um, I noticed in the beginning, and I looked this up. This was meant to be a, a kind of a what if an Elseworlds type story until the, I guess Marvel liked the reception of it and decided to make a canon. So they had to, that's where the Captain America stuff comes from to kind of make sense, make the, make Isaiah Bradley's lineup that he has to be the second Captain America and, and not replace Steve Rogers. Um, almost would have preferred it if it had stayed in Elseworlds, honestly, but I like it all the same. Uh, I definitely am glad that it didn't stay in Elseworlds. Uh, that's not a what if, um, 
Because I think that that's like that's running right into that same kind of problem we talk about with like DC and their their diversity oh, things. Like it always doesn't count to main canon that kind of stuff. And like it's really bad when you're writing a story about how the U.S. government has used black bodies as disposable, and then to just say, "Oh, it, it didn't happen." But don't worry, guys, because that's just a crazy alternate timeline that didn't <laughs> happen when we know better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm really glad that they were like, you know, let's actually make this uh, the real history, the real gross like practical realistic american history of what would have happened and uh yeah they would have tested the serum on black bodies because they considered that like the next step up from lab rats before real white people in their opinion so uh when this comic came out uh uh, doing the research on it uh it got bad reviews but not because it's a bad comic i'm sure you can guess why it's because people were real racist back then not that they aren't now but a lot of white critics panned this comic and it wasn't until like years later where people were like no no we were wrong like one specific like one editor was like against the book and then like 10 years later he's like i was an idiot like i can't believe i was trying to stop this book like well because it's the gatekeeping thing of like why are you doing this to my captain america why are you changing his history to be so horrible yeah Yeah. uh Um, and and just like white people just can't handle it like they like i think one of the reasons unfortunately like this book came out at a time where they didn't people did not want to hear the story uh even if it's like not real elsewhere or whatever but like they don't want to hear the realities of real life that's why a book like this is really relevant today and why falcon and winter soldier it's in there because it works today whereas like in 2003 like people weren't ready for this conversation really i mean this is this is you know like uh you're gonna see our falcon and winter soldier conversation if you go to fake nerds watch where we kind of talk about how that episode alluded to uh the tuskegee um syphilis experiment in 1932 uh, which we talked about. And the thing is, like, I, I'm not calling you guys out. It's not your fault but or, or anything. Like, you shouldn't feel bad. But, like, Brandon didn't even know about that till I brought it up to them. Um, and that's that's how bad we are about teaching our, our own history about things that we've done, uh, that our government has done uh, at the expense of others. And this that that's another reason why, like, having something like this, having something like this made a decade ago is really, really nice and encouraging because it's like, yeah, you really, need to, allow, yeah, you really yeah. need to allow these kind of voices to get out there and say things like this because uh, this... This represents things that happened. Uh, even if this is a fictional story, it's very much tied to an idea that was real, that we that that happened. And I'm really glad that they did it. I think it's really well done in executing that idea. And it's tragic because it's sad. It's a sad thing to have done. Mm-hmm. Like, um, Sparks, when you mentioned about about how we really didn't know about the Tuskegee syphilis um, trials, it also kind of reminded me of when Watchmen came out. And the essentially majority of the United States was was what well, they saw the opening scene in Tulsa in 1920, like 1920s Tulsa, yes. Oklahoma. And then they go to Wikipedia or Wikipedia or Google and then they realize, oh, shit, that happened. How did uh, I not know this was real? Uh, Tulsa is a great example, Ben. You're, you're absolutely right. Um, there's uh, an event in this comic that doesn't get talked about enough that I only learned about two years ago, which is called the red summer of 1919, uh, which is where they went to DC and they killed a bunch of white people to make, it was called the race riots. And we washed that away because the country unilaterally agreed after world war one and how they were treating the black veterans that were coming back and that they were being hung. Uh, everyone kind of went after black people started like attacking people for it. They were like, all right, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe we need to calm it down right now. Um, that's a brutal event that we never really talk about. Like our history is so hidden from us, uh, mm-hmm. the, the dirty, bloody cracks of it. Um, I'm really glad that there's a comic like this because uh, I guarantee you, like there are people who learned about that being a real event from this comic. Yeah. yeah. So 
I don't know how far I wanted to bring this up when we were doing Fickner's Watch, but oh, this I think this also applies here. Um, I don't know. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but there has been a few screenshots that have made the rounds on the internet a while, where the United States military, the mm-hmm. Army specifically, took to their Twitter page and said, "How has serving impacted you?" And instead of receiving a lot of heartfelt messages, "Oh, this is how me serving in the military has bettered my life," mo- majority, if not all, of the responses were how the military and how the army screwed people over being oh, yeah. people like, Hey, my wife cheated on me or I'm the VA lost all my papers. And all they know is I was discharged only, even though I have copies of them or is like, Oh, I'm terrified. I have PTSD and no one is helping me. Whereas we talked about it in our Falcon War soldier. And even once we get to the end of this book, they have to kind of like hide Isaiah away because of his condition and what the military did to him. And then they just barely say it's like, well, he got his benefits after X amount of years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just hearing what, cause in seeing this, I mean, mostly when you look at something like that, it's partially hot, fine, but it's like, Oh damn. Um, I'm fortunate enough to know that my family members who did serve in military weren't in those situations, but I know people and I know stories of people personally where like, yo, the VA sucks. The VA I told it on the fake on, on the thing we talked about. My grandfather got screwed over. He was yeah. like, I don't look it, but I'm Mexican and Greek, and he's Juan Rodriguez, and they treated him like shit for the things he did for our country. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I I really find it interesting. I don't actually know how I feel about it. The fact that they they make a they make a point to say that Erskine, the creator of the Super Soldier Serum, didn't know this was happening. This was happening after he died, uh, and they were trying to experiment on them. I kind of wonder. The, the I kind of wonder why they want to make a point of that and not just kind of leave it ambiguous whether or not Erskine know, knew or not. I guess to give Erskine like that he was a good person and if he knew about it, he wouldn't allow this to happen. So yeah. like to, to keep him safe, like to keep the continuity kind of safe for that character because they could do a thing which would like radically change a character. Like, oh, if he knew and he maybe wasn't as good as we thought, that would change everything we know about the Captain America creator, right? And yeah. so maybe this, they, they wanted to leave that alone because he maybe just was a really good guy who didn't know. Yeah. which again is worse because like he's left in the and dark that's what they try to do with that's what they make sure make point that's what issue six is for steve right that's the, him kind of finding out what happened about and they also change erskine's name he has a different name in this book yeah no that's a di- that's the guy after erskine who tried to oh sorry, sorry yeah okay. yeah but dr peters to... or something oh uh, that was like right stein yeah or like right skin or something yeah uh, okay. and, and either, either he's an way. asshole he, he blew up he blew up black people yeah. No, yeah, yeah. But going back to the book, Sparks, I do want to talk about um you mentioned earlier about how they draw how the artist drew white people as disgusting and um African Americans and black people more appealing, which that really hit home with the lieutenant in the jail cell. Cause mm-hmm. seeing that that short lieutenant with a super long nose is like the first time I see him on the page, I'm like, I'm gonna hate you, aren't I? And it was justified. Turns out he was a neo-Nazi, a white supremacist. Can you sign this? Yeah, who had who's took a Captain America costume and uh, who kept it in a warehouse with a bunch of Hitler Nazi propaganda. It's like you are disgusting. And he keeps saying like, like we gotta keep this pure. I run comic book shops and I keep my boys pure. It's like, oh, I really hate you now because comics are for everyone. You dickhole. When when it's like the modern version and he's like super old, like he is truly disgusting, like yeah, all man. just awful. And talking to Steve, Steve clearly is like, "Oh, you're a bad egg, man." Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, it's um, 
it's really tragic the way that Isaiah becomes the last one, specifically the the encounter with him and Maurice and the Sarge, uh, where Maurice is told what happened with his parents, that uh, mm-hmm. it was a murder-suicide, and that sends Maurice over the edge. He can't deal, and Sarge and, and Bradley try to restrain him. And, and they get Sarge, killed, right? And Sarge gets killed, Bradley gets wounded. Yeah. And uh, and that's how he ends up being the only one, because they, they confine Maurice, and Evans is dead. It's and, rough, man. Uh, tragic. It's so... It's yeah. such all around just sad like downward spiral story and like you just get that like that like this is kind of kind of nice but it doesn't fix everything moment in the last issue which is steve you know doing what he can giving him like the rest of his outfit and stuff yeah which is it's like you know it's a nice thing but like it doesn't change what happened which i think is the right feeling to walk away with yeah not only that is after when um like after all the families learn that their their son's died in the accident and there's like this horrible thing that happened then after the incident with the lieutenant whereas maurice dies and then you see um isaiah in a chair and you get that other i want to say it's the colonel who's like well uh your family's gonna live if you do what we say essentially mm-hmm. keeping him prisoners like look you're the last one left of the super soldier program so if you do exactly what we tell you to do your family will be allowed to live. We can go in there and murder them right here, right now, if you don't comply. Yeah. Uh, so, I, again, like, we're, we're talking about, like, all this heavy stuff, and the book looks as cartoonish as it does, and that's not an insult. Mm-hmm. Again, I talked about it. I don't think I said it on here, but I talked about it with you guys. Like, this book reminds me, or I said it to you, this book reminds me of Superman versus the Klan. Oh, I said it on here, maybe. I don't know. But this book really reminds me of, like, it's a it's a young adult take but without without pulling its punches, yeah. Like it's it's a it's a kids comic that's being real. I think mm-hmm. in some ways, um, this is this is a relevant conversation you and I were talking about. You guys might have seen this on Twitter. Like uh, the Amazon show, them is getting lauded a lot for having a lot that's of so uh, yeah. traumatizing black violence for violence' sake, mm-hmm. uh, which is why people are not responding to it well. Um, and I think that uh, in doing this allowed them to show how horrifying this was, like uh, the guy blowing up and exploding uh-huh. without traumatizing a black audience yeah, yeah. Uh, by doing so. And I think that was a really smart decision. It feels like that's why they would have done it so that like we can show you how horrible this is, but we don't need to to like shove your face down and yeah. make you feel so freaked out by it. Um, but we can convey how yeah, horrible yeah. it is. Um, it's kind of like why, it's kind of like why mouse is uh is yeah, nice, yeah. uh to kind of take a little bit of an edge off so it's like we can tell this story animal without, farm like, without like putting you through something horrible yeah yeah, uh, yeah. I, I always prefer art that kind of goes the more stylized way so yeah. i was really i was really into the art in this one yeah same mm-hmm. um although i don't have much much else i'm kind of getting a little tired so I mean, it is For quite sure. quite late. Yeah. Uh, no, I think, I, but I think that's a really great point. I think like part of why the story is able to work, especially for the time period it came out, is because it's it's delivering it in a style that's digestible. So like one um, other thing, yeah. I think there's easily a version where you tell this exact same story, but the art is uh, much more realistic, mm-hmm. at least hued in that direction, or even just like by modern Marvel standards of what the typical comics work like. And it's a little too much in some ways for a lot of people. Um, and I, I think they made a really excellent choice, and it's it's uh, striking and it works and you you um see great displays of black joy mm-hmm. but also black pain um mm-hmm. and all those things work and i think they do a great job of integrating steve but not making him feel like white savory 100 yeah. Um, yeah especially the way that he takes down price it doesn't feel like him coming to the rescue it feels like him coming to the apology yeah, and it's and it's, it, he was like i i had no idea like right. it's like it's steve rogers who was a good person 
Like, it, it, there's nothing he can do about the situation because he wasn't there for it. Well, I think, and, like, I think it's something that, like, a lot of people wrestle with, which is, like, you know, how to be a good ally kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, Steve is very much, like, I'm really glad that it didn't, it wasn't Steve coming in at the end because it easily could have been. Steve coming in at the end and, like, just solving the situation for them or, like, you know, mo- moving them into a new situation or providing a bunch of money. And he's like, the best I can do is really just give you something that always belonged to you mm-hmm. and acknowledge that, you know, you were a Captain America, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And that's really the best I can do. Yeah. And I'm sorry that that's all I can do. Uh, and I feel like that hits a much more true and pure emotion of what's happening rather than it being like, I can come in and fix the thing because yeah. I'm the white Captain America and it doesn't land on that space. And I, I appreciate that. And we're at an interesting cross point because in the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, our Captain America is a black person. Yes. Or is going to be a black person. So like we can incorporate that story and have even more emotional resonance for it um as we uh, as you'll see when we talk about it in episode five um yeah this book's great and again like it's not like marvel's like trying to like erase it or anything they're clearly being inspired by it but like they're not putting it out there like i thought they would especially now like i'm wondering wondering after this after this series ends uh after the the tv show ends that this book gets like uh republished because like it's been out of print for so long and like it's important man this is like again marvel doesn't really do stuff like this anymore or or I feel like this definitely is a book that needs to get reprinted and talked about more, especially in our current political climate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Uh, thanks for picking it, Brandon. I, I, yeah. I was definitely like eyeing it myself, and I'm really glad that you suggested it because I think it's a, a solid read. I think this is a great way to have uh, brought Isaiah Bradley into the Marvel canon. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, it's it, it's so wild because like until Captain America shows up, it's very hard to feel like it truly is a Marvel comic. And I don't mean that in like a, a no, yeah. but it just like you don't get them like that a lot. And uh, and I'm glad that they went for this as hard as they did. And like why I was so impressed with our the most recent episode of for sure Falcon Winter Soldier because they're actually tackling the real subjects. They are. Uh, all right, Sparks, your turn next week. What do you got? Uh, I don't know. I didn't think about it before we talked. Hell all yeah, right. we'll find out soon. <laughs> So find out later on the week. And as always, Mag says, have a good night, guys. Be safe. And director I meant was Uwe Boll is retired. Uh, I guess he retired after his third Rampage movie, not based on the video game. (laughs) Um, Oh, yeah. Those are just Punisher movies, but way worse. Um, That's the dude. Uwe Boll is a guy who used to box film critics who gave him bad reviews. You guys can find those boxing matches online. They are hilarious. He's actually a really good boxer and beats the shit out of people who talk bad about his movies. It's so weird. Uh, wow. Next week, we're going to do 2021's Mortal Kombat. It's too real. Oh, my God. Hope for good things. I will take I will take a solid 7 out of 10. I don't care if it's... I just want it to... I just want a good action movie. Please just deliver that. I'm excited because I get to see a movie with you guys in a movie theater for the first time in over a year. Our own theater. Which makes me so excited. The movie could be a 6 out of 10 and I'd still be be happy because I'm just excited. I get to see a movie with my bros again and I miss that. Friendship's a 10 out of 10. <laughs> all right so, so check that so check that out next week when we finally talk about that um hopefully our excitement pays off um check out other things that we have on the channel such as our audio feeds for fickner book club and conversation which is my my solo show this week uh, episode as i said in the description is of ken Natsuk, and next week will be helen o'hara you can check out more stuff on this channel on the Fickner Podcast YouTube channel by subscribing. Make sure to like this video. Make sure to subscribe to this channel. And you get all sorts of things. 
You got our fake news watch series, which we have alluded to many times on this episode that we are going through. Falcon and the Winter Soldier. One more episode. One more episode of that. Uh, also, Basement Arcade and Basement Arcade Pause Menu are two video game shows. Uh, hey. Ben just put up a new episode of video, uh, Basement Arcade Pause Menu with mm-hmm. the author of the book, uh, Mike, da- Mike Diver. Yes, right I did. And That's the, the fake retro gaming. That's, he wrote that. And the first and the, the fake book club, uh, where we just finished a little char in the gang. All those are on this channel. Awesome stuff. Cool content. We took we do a lot, guys. We do a lot. Really? Hey guys, the pandemic is um not over yet. I don't know how to tell you that. I want you to check out a fake podcast, Matt. I'm gonna keep doing this until we figure out what else to do with this fabric, uh, which we will. <laughs> but <laughs> why not help us? I expunged some of the fabric of, of getting a Fickner podcast mask. Uh, that's linked below. Uh, we also have a Patreon. We also have a TeePublic where we have more mer- more merchandise. Actually, that's true. The Patreon shirt, Stephen King's best friend, just like Ben Magnet. Mm. Stephen King's best friend. I shouldn't make you. I know how I'm going to market the shirt. Okay. Anyway, oh, we're oh, going to talk about uh, and you can check out our TeePublic. We get a lot of cool merchandise, a lot of cool uh, designs on, on T-shirts. Um, all of those are linked below, and you can find it on our um, website at www.fakenerdpodcast.com. All of that is linked below. Uh, thank you so much, guys, for listening. Thank you so much for the the, the viewers who watched the live stream, who watched the yeah. the after replay, and the, of course the listeners who have been there since the beginning. Uh, thank you to Jeremy Bellucci for all of our musical themes. You can find him at Jeremy Bellucci Keyboards on Instagram. And uh, his podcast, Suburban Proctologist, at facebook.com slash Suburban Proctologist Official, or Instagram at Subproc Podcast. No episode soon? Uh, we're, we're in discussion about exactly how we want to go forward with release. Uh, because you asked, just a quick thing. This is like uh, Jeremy is doing a whole remaster on the previous episodes, and he's trying to decide if he wants to just wait to put those out before the new episode, or if he wants to drop it in the midst of him working on those. Mm-hmm. Oh, I see. Um, and Mike Patola, good friend, Mike Patola, you can find him at Mike Patola. Uh, he did our, our beautiful logos. Some of our beautiful logos. We have a lot of beautiful logos. Um, like this one. That's in the corner. That's one, that's one of the ones he did. It is uh, gorgeous. Find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all the Fake podcast, fake guys at gmail.com. I'm at BT McClure on Instagram and Twitter. Ben, you can find me getting my second vaccination tomorrow at BenMaga27 on Instagram and Twitter. I also Ooh. write for OldSchoolGamerMagazine.com. No new article this week because I was too busy watching video game movies, funny enough. But a new article is coming up soon. And like Brandon said our, uh, earlier, Base Marricade Pause Me, where I talked to author uh, Mike Diver about his book and other stuff, is in the description below. So go ahead and check that out if you haven't already. It's really fun. I really, I was really proud of this. Please listen to it. I was, I'm super proud of that. Ryan. Oh me! Did you oh, go? Sparks. Sorry, Sparks. Oh, my brain went crazy. <laughs> Sparks. Uh, uh, you can find me just waiting for that next Warcraft movie at Sparks Witty on Instagram and Twitter. S P A R K Z Witty. Ryan. You can find me waiting with Sparks Witty forever because that's never happening at DJ Tony Snark. Unfortunately. Never say never. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music Podcast, and Pandora. Great review wherever you get us. Like this video, subscribe to this channel. Until next time, guys, stay fake nerds. <laughs>